All right. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, it's Jay here. And uh, right now I'm recording this after the episode that you're about to watch or listen to. And I just wanted to come on here and give you guys an intro because I didn't really give one. I tried to, but then I kind of I got stuck in the whole... Like I got wrapped up in what we were talking about. So what I wanted to do was just come on, tell you a little bit about what we talked about. Um, we did... We talked about, we started off talking about Deshaun Watson's uh, six game suspension. Uh, and we kind of related that a little bit to uh, the Colin Kaepernick thing. Uh, you'll see how we did that. Um, obviously, the Colin Kaepernick stuff happened before this podcast was started, but you know, obviously, it was some of that polarized football. I think the only thing that was similar to this when you really had a, a quarterback, I mean, obviously, quarterbacks are, you know, they're, they're super valuable, and anything that happens with them is top flight news um but it was something that was sort of on the level of this um level of exposure wise right um and then we talk about that for a little bit then uh, my uncle my uncle chucky and also thanks to both these guys my grandfather and my uncle for coming out and taking time out of their day uh to record it was super fun i had a great time we recorded for over four hours i don't know how much of that is you guys are going to see but i know it's definitely going to be over three hours I'm going to try, I may even split in episodes, but we'll see what happens. I'm editing it right now, and I just realized I didn't do an intro, so that's why I'm here. We also talked about um, the Heinz Field name change, and then we talked about how how Steelers fans feel about it. Um, Obviously, my uncle's a Steelers fan, and then we talked about, like, how I was I was like really young when the Eagles went from the vet to the link. Um, I've, in the the years that I've been a fan, uh, well, I've been a fan since I was born, but um, obviously you don't remember when you're fucking born, right? Like, you don't remember that. But I will say that we asked my grandfather, asked um, Uncle Chuck how they felt about the change from the vet to the link. And the Heinz Field, if you don't know, it's Acrisure, which is uh, is a, a financial, it's either... I think it's a financial tech company or a medical tech company, something like that. And then I did some some notes around the league, sort of rapid fire. I mean, these were a little bit more towards the end of the the situation and um, towards the end of the episode, rather. And we talked about the Tampa Bay center, Ryan Jensen, injuring his left knee. Uh, we talked about Dallas losing the wide receiver, James Washington, to a fractured foot. Six to ten weeks, he's out. Uh, we also talked about the A.J. Brown contract dispute, uh, comparing him to some of the other uh receivers that got long-term contracts uh then we talked about Debo Samuel uh, not Debo uh, Debo Samuel signing um in relation to the AJ Brown signing then we did the DJ uh DeAndre Hopkins fails PED test will miss six months and then from that we also talked about Kyler Murray signing his his 200 million dollar plus contract uh with the study clause so uh, those are things we touched on towards the end. Um, then we talked a little bit about Eagles training camp, talked a little bit about Dick Vermeil. He said he's going into the Hall of Fame as an Eagles, uh, as an Eagle. Uh, he says Philadelphia is my home team. It's where I live and I deeply identify with the community. Uh, and then Steelers extend Deontay Johnson for $36 million. Uh, then we talk about the Steelers starting QB. Is it going to be Kenny Pickett? Mason Rudolph or Mitch Trubisky. Uh, then we touch a little bit on the tragic passing of obviously Dwayne Haskins because he was a uh, he was in the mix certainly for the starting job. Uh, and then we uh, this is also before 
again, we recorded this. So today is Friday, August 19th. I'm hoping to have this video and this podcast out, edited down today and then out tomorrow. Uh, and obviously today it came out early today. It came out that, uh, and then I think it was earlier today or earlier or late last night, it came out that the NFL, um, the NFL PA and the NFL had come to an agreement on an 11 game suspension with a $5 million uh, fine. So that was, this was after we had recorded, we recorded this on Sunday, August 14th, today being the 19th. Um, it came out after we had recorded this already. So anyway, I just wanted to hop on here, do the intro real quick. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast. I know I had a great time doing it. Um, follow us on all social medias. Uh, I'll link everyone uh, as usual in the description below, but enjoy the podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, Give it a thumbs up, like, subscribe, all that stuff, and uh, take care. Hopefully you guys enjoy. All right, peace. The Browns actually, what they did was instead of, so when you get suspended like this, there usually is a fine that comes afterwards, and the fine is based on how much you make in a year, right, like how much the team is paying you. So what they did is they only are paying him 700000 this year so that if he does get fined, it, the fine is so minimal it's almost like nothing. Then he gets paid like $40 million next year. Yeah, they backload the contract. They guaranteed the whole thing, which yeah. which has never been done before. They guaranteed this whole $230 million. Yeah. And the, his salary this year is only like a million dollars because they knew he was going to get fined something. Yeah. So they figured, you know what, we'll, we'll minimize it, and that way you get the most money because we'll back end the contract. Yeah, and that's, that's a big reason why he went there because I think it was what? It was Miami? Or no, not Miami. It was... um. Atlanta, because he was from there, and then it was the Saints. Those were like the two front-running teams because he like grew up in the South, and you know I think he's from Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so that those are like two front. He wanted to go back home, play with his family, and then the Browns just took just swang like from the like literally out of nowhere, and just said we'll give you a fully guaranteed and we'll stack everything so that's for you, and that's why he went to the Browns. Uh, that's a pretty good reason. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a good business move by him, but it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of weird for the Browns to be like. But I, I guess if you believe in Deshaun and he's like, outside of all the crazy stuff that he does, he's a top, like, five young quarterback in the league. You know, like he is, like he, like the, I think it was six games. He only played like six or seven games in his rookie season. And each of those games, he threw four touchdowns. Like he he came out he was on like he I think he didn't even start the first two games and he was on pace to break like the rookie touchdown pass record like to break it to smithereens like he was on that path so and then he tore his ACL and he came back and was even better ne- the next year but well like I said if you're gonna be great it's usually right out of the box yeah if you're gonna be great yeah and unfortunately he is but he's just also a creep. He's he's a good player, but he's also just a huge creepo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think I'd buy a shirt if I were a Browns fan. Uh, yeah. I think there's a there's a moral standard we we need to hold our athletes to, and um, can't uh, just can't budge from that. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to take Kaepernick back, then you're not going to take Watson back. Yeah, that's true. But I don't. My own, the only sort of thing I would. I would push back is that Kaepernick wasn't as good as Deshaun. Yeah, I like, get that. Like he was, he like he played 
in, you know, he Kaepernick reminds you a lot of like Nick Foles. Like he had like a kind of a Cinderella run towards the end of the season, got yeah. to the Super Bowl, and then like kind of yeah. wasn't the same after that. And then yeah. um, then he started protesting. And um, I mean, you shouldn't yeah. get kicked out or blackballed for protesting, which is why he won that huge, you know, that what I. How much did they pay him? Like fifty million or something like that, or a hundred million? The NFL had to pay him because they they proved that there was like a text from one GM to somebody that they were like, "Yeah, we're not going to sign Kaepernick because of the baggage or something like that." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's crazy. Well, you're a hero to the kids, you know. You're yeah. well, you're a Lou Gehrig, you know. You're a Babe Ruth, and you know you're a hero to the children. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I heard too that he. He kind of got lost in it, like, um, like from what I've heard is like he, after the like he started protesting and sat down, then he had that conversation with the, that Green Beret, and the Green Beret was like, "Hey, instead of like sitting down for the national anthem, why don't you just take a knee? Because we take a knee to give the flag to the fallen veterans. So this is kind of a good middle ground of it's where it's like you're protesting, but you're also being respectful at the same time. Like you're not just being outright disrespecting like everything." That's kind of the commonality. I, f- I forget the guy's name. He he was a long snapper, and he played for Texas, and he played for Seattle. Um, but he was a Green Beret, and they had, like, a conversation, and he started kneeling. And um, then after that, I think, like, where he he started that, and that, that's cool, the protest, but then afterwards, like, he's comparing, like, he had, like, a Netflix special where he compared the NFL to, like, slavery, where, like, guys are, like, walking on, like, a, like a plantation, and they step off, and they're in, like, a draft room. And people are kind of, like... But then you're doing all, you're comparing like NFL to slavery, which is whatever, everyone has their opinion. But then you're trying to also get back into the NFL. So it's like you're kind of, your, your actions aren't really matching the statements right. that you're making. And so I, I think you did get a little lost like into the, or he didn't really understand like what Black Lives Matter was and what the protests were about. He just kind of needed to do something and decided he was going to protest in that way. That's from what I heard. Yeah, but uh, you got a uh, hundred million veterans out there that are missing fingers and legs and toes and yeah. everything else, and just don't agree with that man. You know, you yeah, disrespect the flag. Yeah, especially yeah. if you've never uh, fought for it. Yeah, and I, I mean that's well, everyone's gonna have their opinion. Even like, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with the protest or anything, but like, or with him kneeling, right? But like, I understand why he did it. Right? Like I don't, yeah. and that's part of a protest. I don't have to agree with it, but as long as I understand like where it's coming from, then that's a protest supposed to be uncomfortable. Like I'm supposed to not agree with what you're doing, and then be like, well, why is he doing that? And then investigate, and then sort of use my own discretion to be like, okay, that's why. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I go to a football game, see a football game. Yeah, and I like the band and you know a little bit of the food. I don't want to see all this, you know, protesting and stuff, and using that as a venue. You know, for your personal protest. No, yeah. I don't, I don't I care mean, for that. That's yeah, not what I spent my money for, and that, that's all I want to see. Yeah. But they use the game to get the attention. Because I mean, yes, okay, if if I'm gonna go if I'm gonna go protest my cause and go stand out in front of you know Joe's Hardware Store, I'm gonna get the attention of a hundred people. Uh-huh. You know, I I, walk, I go down to Vet Stadium in Philadelphia to protest my cause. I'm going to get the attention of the 80,000 people that are walking in the door plus the plus new people TV, that are there plus, TV audience. you know, anybody yeah. else. So, you know, it's, it's, 
it's not so much it's you know that that it's part of the game kind of thing. It's just it's yeah. just hey, you you have a large audience. I'm going to go to you because yeah. I'm going to get my message out quicker that way. But if if everybody forgave that and said okay, it's not a big deal, he'd be playing, wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, so he got one message out there, and sure as hell got another message out there. Well, I mean, I can un- I can see where. So he does the protest. He un- he makes the owners unhappy, and he gets on the blacklist. Totally get that. That's not right. That's mm-hmm. not right. Yeah. You don't agree with the guy. You don't play the behind the scenes, you know, game, and you know, do the whole blacklist thing. If you play the game. Based on your ability, you play the game based on your ability. The, the NFL is any sport is totally willing to forgive you for whatever you've done, as long as you produce on the field. You know, the Hall of Fame in any sport is not full of saints. Yeah. You know, they're all people, human beings, faults, done stupid things. You know, but as long as you can produce on the field, they're willing to forgive anything, and. So when things dragged out with Kaepernick for a while, you know, then I start saying, okay, how much is this is blacklisting and how much of this is you, you're not going to be able to produce? Because I, you know, he was a good quarterback. Yeah, you know, right. He wasn't top five, top ten. Yeah. You know, he worked well in the system, you know. Mm-hmm. I can hear myself cutting out, sorry. Yeah. Um, so, but I can see it. But then when he got to the point where he got his award and then they were going to give him tryouts, and then it came the day of the tryout, and then he changed the terms of the tryout. It's like, okay, now I'm not buying it. Now, yeah. now, now it's about you, because now we, we've we've crossed the path of you're you're past this blacklist thing. Now it's go back to your ability. We give you an opportunity to showcase your ability, and you don't want to do it on this stage. You want to do it on that stage, and you want to control the message, and you want to control what's perceived, and you don't want to play with those guys. You want to play with these guys, and. Now it's okay. Now I'm doubting you have the ability to play because you're not willing to showcase it. Okay. So, you know, so him not playing now is, is so not, Mm -hmm. you know, this conspiracy behind the scenes. Now it's, he can't play. He doesn't have the ability to play. You know, if you were producing, if you were producing like Deshaun Jackson or my favorite player of all time, Ray Lewis, um, they'll be willing to forgive anything. Michael and they'll Vick. pay you money, Michael Vick, yeah. you know, and they'll pay you and you'll come and you'll play, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a Steelers homie. <laughs> ben, Ben earlier, he, he messed up. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he got the message. Mm-hmm. He straightened out his course, but. It was rocky you know, there for a few years. after yeah, that draft. You know, but you know, how much, how much are you willing to put in for it? And, you know, what point is it diminishing returns, you know? Yeah. And and that's also, too, like, with Kaepernick, I felt like, um, like you're talking about diminishing returns, it's like there's certain things the NFL is just going to railroad over and not care about. Like, it's not the end. Like, the NFL is a business, and that's one of the first things you'll hear any retired guy talk about. Like, when they, when they talk to the young kids, they're like, the NFL is a business at the end of the day. And whatever you do, like, however you pay, you feed your family – Right. If this is how you're going to do it, just understand that you're playing their game or in their league, and these are the stipulations, and they're just going to railroad it. Like, if like look at Henry Ruggs too is another example. Like, in no way is going 150 miles an hour and then killing a girl and her dog. If he somehow, I don't think he will. I think 
what it's like 50 years minimum in Vegas if you hit hit somebody driving drunk if he's able to skate on that for some reason or he's he's not able to do like 50 years if he goes to a tryout and he balls out it's really hard for me to be like it's it's really hard for a team not to be like okay this guy's still got 4-2 speed you know are we just willing to just bring him on and you know like I I I think that they are like the NFL is about bottom lines, and if you don't affect their bottom line, they're willing to forgive that. I think in a lot of ways. I think it's really difficult for somebody to have to come back from that too. No, it is. That's that's, yeah. gonna, that's gonna play on them. Yeah, you know, I don't think that four two speed, whatever it is, is going to exist anymore. You know, it's uh, yeah. Are my fans going to accept me back? I mean, you know, I got drunk and killed this young lady. You know, yeah. Uh, if I was. If I made a better decision for myself, she'd be alive. And everybody feels that. Yeah. You know, and he feels he's a human being. Definitely. He don't want to do that. He's going to have to answer for that one day. So, yeah. That, that plays on you. I, I don't think you get by that 100%. Yeah. I think personally, personally you don't. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I think we're all, I don't, I don't, I really don't think anybody's that cold. <laughs> Well, and I know, and I, I, I know, I said that, and I'm going to have to retract twenty percent of it because we have our Hitlers and Stalins and people like that out there, and it just yeah, they well, are those. Those are like Putin, and they are like the, cold man. I mean, yeah, what are the, what are the what is that called? What was the the enemy ice in um, DC? It was like the Justice League, and then it was what the League of what? Oh, the. Uh, I don't want to say League of Doom. It was like the League Legion. Of, was it Legion of Doom? Legion of Doom. Yeah, yeah. that's what those guys Something are like. like. That, yeah, like they're not the regular like supervillains. Those are guys are like, like top they're tier. Like top tier. Oh. Yeah, those are like the Hall of Fame yeah. supervillains. Super those are villains, like the Alpha yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Villains Hall of Fame. Yeah, they're in the Villains Hall of Fame. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been recording now for like fifteen minutes. So, do you think we should do the intro? Yeah, that's a pretty good intro. We kind of yeah, sure, why not? There it again. Yeah. Well, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Fly Eagles Fly podcast. Uh, today we got Uncle Chuck in the flesh. Um, last time, Zach was reading off your list for the Hall of Fame thing. Ah, yes. Um, I don't know if you listened to that pod, but it was it was awesome. It was really cool, and uh, <laughs> he got he got through it just to the end, and he couldn't like pronounce the kicker's name. That's just what it, that's all. Well, he got straight through it, plowed through it. And then at the very end, we were stopping, like, oh, look, I'll just throw some kickers in there. He's like, I can't read this. <laughs> I totally forget who I said. <laughs> <laughs> he said, it, it was like, we looked at it, and it was it was just like a C, and then it was just like a, like a line that squiggled. We're like, I don't know what that is either, bro. Kicker? I, I can't. Some kicker. kicker. Kicker or punter or something like that. Mm, okay. See, I, I have, I'm going to have to think no, about that one. Yeah. Oh, no. What are you talking about? When we did the Hall of Fame team, like, oh, we yeah, all drafted. Right. Greatest of all time teams. Yeah, Ray Guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a punter. Yeah, yeah, and then there was a kicker. kicker. We we all had like Justin Tucker because I don't know. And no, me, I'd have to go old school. I'd have to. And Justin Tucker, uh, Vanitary is something you still playing yeah, today. Vanitary. Yeah, yeah. absolutely fanatic. And and I brought up some the days of your and yeah, some of know, the barefoot kickers. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? The sixties and seventies. And that was Tony Franklin. He yeah, was Tony a Franklin. Kicker. Yeah, and it was uh, Humphrey with the. Uh, the brick toe. And Joe Donella. The brick toe. Joe, Joe, Joe the toe Donella. Lou, Lou Groza. Lou Groza. Brown. Yep. Lou the toe Groza. <laughs> Pat Summerall. Okay. Was that a kicker? Yeah, that's Definitely. old school. 
What? Pat, Pat Summerall played football? I thought he was just a commentator. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> New York Times. Uh, he took over for Ben Agajanian, Mr. Automatic in the 40s. 40s and the 50s oh with the God. New York Giants. What yep. was the one guy? His name was like automatic. They, his name was like automatic like that, but they would say it with his last name. It was like automatic something something. I don't know. I, I wish I could remember. I heard about it. I think it was like a 30 for 30. I think it was on Barefoot Kickers actually too. And it was they, he, his his last name was like super long. I think it was like Greek or something like that. Agatanian? Something like that. I mean, that's a pretty long name. Yeah, I I forget what they yeah. called him, but it, it was like uh, he was a kicker or like a punter or something yeah. like that. But um, uh, Lou Groza came from uh, Wilkes-Barre, and he was a minor. His father's was minor. He was a minor, and and that was a way to get out of there. He was a kicker with his high school team, and and they uh, gave him a free college scholarship, I believe, to Pittsburgh. Uh, no, Pittsburgh or Penn State. And it was it was, a, it was a local college, and the Cleveland Browns picked him up and. Um, and I don't think he ever missed a field goal. I mean, this what a guy, this this guy, yeah. And uh, you know, the Browns had runners like Marion Motley before Jim Brown. You know, and of course they had Jim Brown in the fifties, but Lou the Toe played about twenty years. I have to look him up, and he was just called the Toe. The uh, Toe Groza. That's that's such a crazy name. G R O Z A. The brick toe. <laughs> Lou Groza. Yeah, yeah. Who who was the who was the brick toe? Yeah, uh, Humphrey. <laughs> Guy's name was Humphrey. He kicked a sixty-two yard field goal, and I think somebody beat that since then. Was there a did O'Brien kick a sixty-three? I think it was, I think she think it was Tucker, Justin Tucker. Yeah, Justin Tucker, Tucker did. And I think Prater from the Broncos. Yeah, Matt Prater. Yeah, Matt okay. Prater. They yeah. kick a sixty-three. Yeah. Anybody Something kick a seventy? No, I don't think anybody's kicked a seventy. I think. Somebody's kicked a 65, I think. 65? I think it was Justin Yeah, Tucker. Justin yeah, Tucker. it was another incredibly high one. Yeah, 65. Yeah, that dude. Crazy. Nobody, would, yeah. I think Justin Tucker might have actually hit a 70. Because he, he was mentioned like in the... I think I heard that term, 70. Let me, let me see here. Mm. And it hey, was recent. Keep talking. I'm just going to fact check. That's all. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. This is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to run over the intro, you know, the heck God. Yeah, 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 it's cool. It's all right. Uh, Bobby Walson was the kicker for the Eagles for many years. Sixty-six. He's also their 66? wide re- okay. wide receiver. Hey, Justin Tucker's longest is sixty-six. Sixty-six. Wow, Jesus. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a long field goal. I mean, all right. So you got your fifty yards to from from midfield to goal line. Yeah. Ten yards to the to the goal post. So there's your sixty. Yeah. yeah, I mean you're you're and you're and you're kicking from past that. You got what you're eight yards back. Yeah. yeah. So I mean you're standing on the other side of the field. <laughs> yes. And you're booting it. That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. And it, yeah, that's nuts. Right. And then you know what he does like so he Justin Tucker is actually an avid. I think he sings for his church. Right. Did you ever hear him sing? He he sings like an like an opera singer. Like the dude is, he's like a, what do they call it? Like a thespian. Like he just does all these things. Like he's a good actor too. Like people were like, oh yeah, he was in like, he was in like the drama club in high school. And then he would go and just hit bombs from 70 miles an hour, like 70 yards out. And now he, he just signed, I think he just signed an extension too for three years, 24 like million dollars or something like that. Yeah. Cause he Tw- imagine making $12 million a year as a kicker. You don't have to do anything. Like literally, you, all you got to do is yeah, go out there and do. just, I mean, oh, I mean, uh, he, uh, unless you're in like the like either the most loved or most hated person 
at a given time outside and, of the and that can change depending on your kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it can. Yeah, or you know, I think it was um, Case Keenum recently was showing just how good it is to be a backup quarterback. Oh yeah, like it's so easy. Like they, you go out there with like a bunch of young guys, and the young guys are just having fun. You're throwing them right, and you just got to make them look good. So you know, you got to put the ball where the ball needs to be. And you could do that if you've been in the league twelve years. You yeah. do that ten out of ten times. Just put the ball in front of them, let them grab it, and then you sit on the sidelines, just chill. Yeah. You get paid like ten million dollars, right, and just chill on the sidelines, drink some Gatorade. You know, it, it's just a vibe, and then it, it's always fun until it's not anymore. Yeah. Until like you see like Josh Allen, like God forbid, just rip apart his knee, and you're like, oh shit! Now I got to go in here and try to win this division because yeah. the betters now have a stake in it, and the team is now like we're going to win this division. So now we got to step up and try to beat Josh Allen. Yeah. Who's the, who's the backup in Kansas City? I don't know. <sighs> see, and, and <laughs> I of course, I I, now name. I can't go home because he's from Berks County. Um, is he really? Yeah, yeah, he's from Whoa. Berks County. Oh my god, he got, he got he was a high draft pick, didn't work out, and he. He is, signed. It, is it Matt something? Yeah. See. The backup for Penn State? No, the uh, backup for Kansas City. Oh, okay. See. Yeah. Thank God for Google. Yeah, All right. Seriously. Didn't he pay? Didn't he play for the Patriots? Chad Henney. Oh, Chad Henney. Chad yeah. Henney. Big touted pick. He, he didn't work out as a starting QB, and he kind of bounced around, as, he bounced around as a – now he's bounced around as a backup, and he's been the backup in Kansas City for a couple of years. Yeah, and when he's been called on, he's done well. Yeah, but it's one of those things where you know he wasn't going to have anything for a career. Now he's with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's played. He's been to Super Bowls. He's got a ring. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah. like you know, and yeah, all they need is hey, a couple times a year, uh-huh. go play. You know, yeah, that's it. Just, hold down the fort, make us win. Boom. Yeah, just just make sure we don't lose. Just right the ship until Pat, Pat yeah. gets back, and then yeah. you just vibe again. So who's a backup goat? Nick Foles. It's got to be Nick Foles. I mean, well, it, it can't be anybody else. And how about Earl Morrow? Consistency? The hell is I don't think this guy ever lost a game. He won the entire season with the Baltimore Colts. And when he played the Jets in the Super Bowl, they figured, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give it back to John Unitas. He lost a game. And would Earl Morrow have won that game? Uh, we get chemistry with the guys. Or an opinion? I see. Uh-huh. Yes. I kind of the guy. The guy has always been just good enough, but not quite good enough. The guy that gets bounced around, like he's been in the leagues for like twenty years, played for yeah. every team, you know that kind of thing. Um, you know, those are the guys. You know, they always they always find a job. They're never good enough to really win the big one, but they always have a job. Yeah, it's like um, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, yeah. back in back in the eighties it was Steve DeBerg. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he was really good. We gave him some really good teams. He played for the Chiefs, you know, before Montana went there. Oh, you know. Yeah. But it was Steve DeBerg was one of those guys that like he he's got a uniform collection, you know, yeah. like everybody in the league. And yeah. I don't think the Eagles <laughs> you know, I don't think the Eagles have never beat Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Every time I saw that bearded wonder on the field, I knew we were going to lose. Right? Like, gonna, I don't know what was up with that. Like, we're going to play this guy down, and he just picks you apart. You yeah, know, like, it's Fitz Magic. Oh, my God. Like, it's, it's, it's always Fitz Magic in Philadelphia Jeez. for some reason. Like, yeah. we, we went to play Miami a few years ago. Yeah. We were, we were on an upswing. We won, like, two <sighs> games in a row where, like, Miami's, like, kind of a get-right game. Like, you know, you could just blow them out. And they beat us with that. Did you ever see that damn fake – 
a punt that they that they put, yeah. and the guy just shuffle passes this thing like ten yards, and it just hits this guy in the chest. I was like, this is unbelievable. This is, it's unbelievable. Devontae Parker played like Randy Moss that game. Like he was jumping over people and grabbing stuff one handed and tiptoeing. And I was like, mm-hmm. why do these guys always? This oh, I feel like it's always the Eagles, right? Or may, may I don't know if it's <laughs> different for the Steelers, but like it's always the Eagles that teams are just like. They'll be like, oh, the Eagles just go in there. They're they're a team that's better, and they'll go and beat them. And then we either just beat them, right, by like a field goal or like a last-second drive, yeah, or they blow us out. There's no leg in between. Or um, when Deshaun, the, Deshaun Jackson, like the year after he got traded to the Redskins, he came back, and Fitzpatrick hit him twice down the middle of the field, like back-to-back 50-yard touchdown passes. I was like, this is insane. I don't understand. I don't, like, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. You know, you know who else too? Um, talking about like bouncing around. Um, he retired last year. He played for the Eagles. His, his name was Josh something. Um, he played for the he when he got in. He played for the Cardinals. Yeah, I was and I was trying to think of him too. Yeah, um, damn it, Josh. He, but he he was another one that bounced around. Um, yeah, he always had a job. He's he was like he coached his son's team. Like I think it was in like North Carolina or something like that. He would play Eagles games and then fly back. To like where he lived and like in the Carolinas or down south and coach his son's like little league team. And his brother used to play yeah. too. His brother was a quarterback too. Yeah, his name was Josh something. I forget his name, but go back to um, this bad. Go to Google again. <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm thinking of a B Bowen. Bowen. I, I want At first, I thought yeah, it was Josh yeah. Rosen, but like no. Yeah, you know, Josh McCown. McCown. Josh McCown. Josh yeah. McCown. Yeah. It was. It, I follow him on Instagram. He like he has a daughter that's like in high school. And they were like, they had like a day. It was called like, uh, like Josh something day. Josh, um, was it McCowan? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Right. And his daughter and I think all of her teammates at like the field hockey team could wear one of his jerseys. Like that's how many teams he had been to. He'd been to like 15 teams and they all wore one of his jerseys to school. I was like, damn, that must be so cool though to have that many like official jerseys. But the weird thing is, like you were saying about, you know, best job in the world is the backup QB. Yeah. It's like when when the careers are over, yeah. the QBs that get coaching jobs, yeah, it's not the starting QBs. And, and I don't know, maybe it's because, you know, if you're successful, you get a job, you know, like, you know, you get a job as a commentator or, you know, you do this or that. Yeah, but the like ones that. that turn into coaches are, are the backups. Yeah. Like, and they're, it'll, you know, a lot of times they turn out to be pretty good, you yeah. know. You know, it was it was interesting too because actually I saw um, there was a similar conversation I was watching these guys have on a podcast, and they were saying like there's something about like having to really grind to get onto like a, a team versus like like LeBron is never going to be able to teach somebody how to play basketball because he's just he's the most genetically gifted basketball player outside of Wilt Chamberlain ever, like he's so big his body is built perfectly for basketball, and then like. Um, What's the other Olympian's name? Um, the swimmer, Phelps. Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is never going to be able to like teach somebody how to properly swim because his bot, like his top half, is longer than his. He's built like a fish. Like his 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 legs belong to somebody that's like five eight, and his torso is like six three. Like he's built like a fish, and he has like a what seven foot wingspan. So it's like yeah. the people that are genetically gifted are like, oh, well, you just swim normally, and you're just faster than everyone. That's not really, you know, but then when you take people like uh, like Brady might be a great coach because Brady was like sixth round draft pick, you know, but he's a little bit crazy though. Like he, he's a little bit on the edge of like obsessive, so maybe not, but um, a lot of the guys that make, sorry, that was me, 
lot of the guys that make good coaches are the guys that like had to get the fundamentals down and they know how to teach the fundamentals or uh, like Steve Kerr in basketball mm-hmm. or Andy Reid, right? Was not a great lineman, but like he just knew, he just worked with Brett Favre and worked with all these great quarterbacks. So he just knows how to do that. Um, who else? Nick Saban uh, was a defensive back in college and now has like consistently has like the best defensive backs because he knows how to teach them like uh, the small little things, right? On top of their physical gifts. So uh, I think you're, I think you're right about that. I think a lot of the guys who are second go uh, and be really successful coaches. And Chuck Noll, I think he was O-line for Cleveland and he was pretty good. He has seen several all pro years. I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame though. So you know, he had a fist fight with Chuck Bedarek in the locker room after a game one day. He's not, hall, not as a player. I don't think he's in the hall. But, no. But, uh, well, he's a, he's a hell of a coach. And, I mean, and and a lot of that, you know, a lot of that is, like, you know, you were saying you know, the grind. you got to be a student of the game. Yes. And you're not playing, but you're on the sideline. And you're watching the game. And when, you know, that guy comes off the field, if he's having a bad game, you know, yeah, all the coaches are there. But, you know, the O-line coach or the Q, you know, the offensive coordinator, he's got more than just you. Yeah, and I know the quarterback is the focus of it. But, you know, the quarterback having that bad game comes off the field. First person they're talking to is the backup. Yeah. And the backup's like, hey, this is what I saw, you know, mm-hmm. or this is what I see you doing, or this is what I see them doing, you know. Yeah, he's know. he's the eyes and ears. He's that detached on the sideline. So he's kind of that in-between QB and coach kind of thing. Which, yeah. You know, and, and a lot of your backups are like that, you know, because they know, hey – he gets hurt. He's having a crap game. I got to go in, so I have to know what they're doing. So, yeah, I that, agree. That's, you know, the guys on the sideline got to play that you know coaching coaching player role both ways. Yeah, yeah. And the backup is watching every play. Mm-hmm. Every play, just sitting there right next to the head coach, watching every single play. Yeah, because yeah, the last thing you want to have happen is you know the guy that you're the backup for gets hurt and they turn around to throw you in the game and you know you're right. you're, you're back in the locker room you know. <laughs> Grabbing a hot dog, you know, or just tying, tying your shoe. Yeah. You're like, oh, what? I'm on. What? I'm on. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Honorable mention, somebody who was actually player coach, but was actually the star player, Bill Russell. I know you wanted to talk about him. Oh, my um, goodness. Bill Russell was like an anomaly. Like, how are you the best player on the on the court and also the coach? That It should be illegal, really. Like, I don't think yeah. you – like, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, Dan yeah. Reeves was also a player coach yeah. uh, for the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, he was a yeah. tight end, and he was also assistant coach. Yeah, uh, this guy suited up for every game. I think for one or two years until you know, Dan Reeves went uh, went with coaching. Dan Reeves was a player coach. He's a person I thought about. Yeah, but yeah. this uh, Bill Russell, I just happened to be watching Discovery or one of those shows the other night, when, and I was upstairs. In, in my room, and and they were there honoring Bill Russell. And he's got 11 championship rings. Yeah, it's a record. 80 games a season, mm-hmm. plus the playoffs. And there's, what do you get, a timeout? You get a jump ball, maybe a penalty shot. But you're running your buns off for three, 48 minutes. Yeah. Try, try that. Yeah. Anybody, just try that. No basket, don't bother shooting the basket. Just run back and forth on the basketball court for 48 minutes. Every 12 minutes, you can take a minute off or two, okay? And then just keep doing that. 
And then tell me how you feel at the end of that. This is 80 times a year, uh, not including your preseason, okay, and not including playoffs, if you're lucky enough to get, you know, to earn your way into the playoffs and you get to break your bones for another 48 minutes. Yeah. And that buys you another playoff game. You get to do the same thing all over again. You know, and, and I, I think that's much more difficult than seven Super Bowls, okay? And I think it's more difficult than 23 championships uh, for uh, Serena Williams because I was talking to Zach, and he and he he talked to me about what's it like to win a championship in tennis, and every game is a playoff. There, there's no season. Every game is a playoff. So you'll play 36 games, and you're a champion. So every 36 games, you're a champion. So 36 times 23, and if you do the math, 25% of 36 is 9, so... So you get, uh, was it 90 games? You're yep. a champion. Okay. Seven Super Bowls, a lot more games than that. 11 basketball championships? Oh, my God. And it's never done in baseball. You can go back to the old New York Yankees. and What do they have, like 175 well, or something like that? They're going to win stupid, it. Yeah. They're going to go 100-plus victories every season under Casey Stengel. And Joe Torre in, in, in the late 90s, would they win three World Series under Joe Torre? I mean, that's 156 games a year plus your playoffs. And I, I do like football. Your playoffs are do or die. You have a bad game, goodbye, go home. You know, mm-hmm. you can't have a bad game. That's what I love about football. That's just 17 games a season now. Last year, I think, was the first year for 17 games. Yeah. Oh, and flashback to the automatic and the kickers and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's two different eras when the goalpost was on the goal line. Oh my God, that was like that was it the was, worst. The post was part of the field. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get ten yards off. Right. Fifty yard line is fifty yards. It's not sixty. Mm-hmm. You don't add the ten, so it was a little easier back in the day to kick a fifty yard field goal than it is today when they move the goalpost in the back. As an additional 10 yards. So there has to be two different errors to compare there when you're comparing the length, the length of a kick, you know. So that 66 yards is actually 76, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that, also, like, what we're the, saying? The, I, get, I, I would say, like, you got, like, a five yards because doesn't it curve? It curves. It's actually over, like, the middle. Oh, okay. All right, so it curves over the middle. So yeah. Your 66 yards is actually 71. About that, yeah. You know, and then I mean, back in the day, a 66-yarder yeah. would have been... 66 you know, yards, yeah. Yeah, from the 46, 44-yard line of the opposite field, yeah. you know. And then um, today, that would have to be from the 41-yard line of the opposite field. So, so it's... A, it's a, no, no, back in the day, it was 41 yards from the opposite field, right? Because it was five years more. Yeah, five yards more, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there, I think there has to be two different errors to that, but I'll, I'll tell you what, a 66-yard field goes pretty damn long in anybody's field. I don't it's care nuts. where your goalpost is. Yeah. You know, that's just hanging up there. And uh, I don't know whether this was an indoor field goal. Is that a little different than an outdoor field goal? If, yeah, the, if, the, if the windsock's hanging, it's not. If the windsock is, is moving one way or the other, then it is. Because that ball has to stay up there, and the momentum has to keep flying toward that. 
toward that goal. That that, yeah. take, that takes a lot of leg to do that. Well, and I think he, he was at Baltimore, so it was outside. <clears throat> I think it was at Baltimore Lake yeah, in like okay. December, so it's like kicking a rock. Right, yeah. yeah. Right, and Ray Guy had to kick it over a couple of times because he hit the superstructure of an indoor stadium. Yeah. So It's uh, nuts. Yeah, so uh, he had to back off a little bit on an indoor stadium. Then when Jerry Jones built his stadium, you know, they were hitting a TV and they were hitting the communications equipment up there, you know. And so I don't know what they do about that. You re-kick or yeah, you're is it a legal to. kick? It bounces yeah. off of that and goes out of bounds. You get a penalty for that? Well, there was a, there was a Thanksgiving game where they the, the Cowboys kicked off and then the team ran it in for a touchdown, but it hit the freaking the, – it hit the – what is it, the jumbotron? And they had to kick it over again. Oh. I'd be so pissed if I was oh. at the team. I don't even know who it was. But I was like, you're, you're trying to take away a tutty? Because I hit your, this is your mess up, not ours. But yeah, it, yeah, it didn't yeah. even like, it wasn't like it hit and then it shot straight down. Yeah, it it yeah. like grazed, it went, it like barely grazed it. You like saw like a bit yeah. of dust fly off and then it went down. I was like. I was watching a, a college game yeah. last night. And I and th- this referee is going to have nightmares for the rest of his life. Yeah, a lot of a lot it was a, it was a tight it was a, it was a okay it was a, okay there are three points down by uh, the the receiver I, I forget who I watched the college game you know, I think it was Oregon and Iowa or something like that you know and uh, two big the receiving schools. team is three points down okay there's eighteen seconds to go in the game okay he takes it on the two yard line. And ran it all the way in for a touchdown. Ref threw a flag. Okay, and he flagged somebody for a block in the back. And the stadium damn near emptied out to hang this guy. You know, I, I, I think I would let that one go. You know what I mean? I said, um, and, and, when, and when they replayed it, he touched them in the back. He was nowhere near the tackle. Uh, there was no tackle. <laughs> He didn't deflect him off the tackle. It was on the other side of the field, you know, and there's no rubber band on this once you make the call. Very few times can you pick up flag, all right? And, and the receiving team lost this game when they won the game. I said, oh, man, this referee's got to quit. He's got to hang it up and jump off a bridge or something. He's never going to be the same again. Yeah. The, the, the racket that went on in the stands – and this was a game, this was in the game in the days of your 2022 years ago. And I said, oh, oh, my God. I said, this guy can't be refereeing any more games. <laughs> I said. <laughs> yeah, or it's like when, when the Eagles get, like, a bad call and you see, like, they pan to, like, the fans on purpose. I'm like, just read the room, bro. Oh. Like, if it's not that yes. big, like, just kind of let it rock. Like, if, if the Eagles are playing in Denver, then throw the flag, whatever. But if you're playing in the link. You know, and, it, and it's cold. Like people are freezing their balls off to watch. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Read, just read the room, boss. Like, just let's let it rock. Just if it's not that serious, it's not egregious, just let it go. Yeah. Um, but you know who else though? The what is it? The referee that with the no call in uh, during the Rams game. Remember when that guy Nickel Roby Coleman, when he purposefully just ran, he knew he wasn't going to get like he he busted the coverage and he knew he wasn't going to get to the guy to stop. Him from running into the end of the touchdown. Oh, the Ram, so, the Ram Saints game. The Ram Saints game. Where he so took out that receiver. Yeah, he just yeah, he he criminal. leveled him. I mean, he <laughs> he leveled him. He he ran in, led with the head, and just boom, just blew up this receiver. And the ball's still in the air the whole time. 
right? He wow. leveled him, and the ball flies out of bounds, and um, the ref didn't throw a flag, and the the Saints lost that game. That was a touchdown pass. If he if if Breeze puts it on him, that's a touchdown pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he walks into the end zone, and then it was yeah. a no call, and then Saints fans were all like up yeah. in arms about it. Well, a few years ago, the Eagles won a game on Sean Jackson. Mm. Come on, kick it to me. Oh, Deshaun, yeah, miracle at the middle end. Kick it to me, kick it to me, and everybody's yeah, yeah, yeah. So they kicked it to him, and he ran it all the way back. That was, I was saying, no flag. I'm looking there, no flag, no flag, yeah. <laughs> and there wasn't any flag. Yeah. If there were a flag, I think Deshaun Jackson would have killed the guy. Would have killed, <laughs> yeah, killed the rim, him. you know? Or yeah, we would have brought was, him back though. We just talked about like bringing people back after after thing. If if he would have killed that referee, the Eagles would have got him off. We would have got him back. Probably extended him after that. Because you, know? you have yeah. to beat the Giants. You have to. I mean, if you're Eagles, like you have to beat the Giants in the Meadowlands now at this point. Oh, in the rebuilding, right. you have to beat them. There was never any blowouts. As a kid, I used to go to New York you know, to see the Giants and Eagles play at the polo grounds. You know, and now it's a Section 8 housing unit called the polo grounds today. Nice. You know, I used to watch their games in the Polo Ground, Jim Cat Cabbage and Andy Robustelli and Y.A. Tittle and Frank Gifford and all them guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I went to New York to see those games. They were just blood on the field. <laughs> they it's were gladiator sports. <laughs> oh, my God. They were. Uh, yeah. that, that, that's, that's why there's no defensive highlights of games like that, except for that huge hit that Big Narek put on Gifford. I don't know why that's played up the way it is. Because yeah. even Frank said it was a clean hit, you know, yeah. years years well, later. Because if you if you watch that play, like you know, Gifford's there, he gets hit, he hits the ground, and you 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 can almost see him deflating, like he just <laughs> he just goes flat like to the ground. It's like it's like, and, and you sit there, you watch that, you watch that clip, and you look at that, and you're like, oh, he's dead, oh, he's oh. gone. Like I know Frank Gifford lived, but uh, you look at the clip and you go, no. He, and he no, can he, he is not getting up from that. And yeah. he came back. Yeah, I was yeah. just. Uh, it really felt good for the guy to get up from that. It took a year off. Really rang his bell, you know. And uh, and uh, and he actually came back. And Chuck Bednarik, the picture is shows him standing over him, celebrating, you know. <laughs> and he was in front of him. Gifford was in back of him. He was celebrating because they won the playoff game against the Giants. They moved on to play the Packers in the championship game that year, and they beat the Packers. Yeah. And that's what Bednarik was celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You know what we're talking about, like, how they don't have any, like, highlights defensively? I think I don't think legally they could play those. I, mean, I think, like, some of that is, like, manslaughter, right? Oh, like, God. Yeah, it's yeah, like abuse. Those, yeah. yeah, well, that was the thing back in, back in the 70s. Um, um, Mel Blunt. For the Steelers, mm-hmm. sorry, Steelers, uh, Steelers Homer, sorry, I'll yeah. self-admit it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the whole thing of you know, give the receiver you know five yards and contact and all kinds of stuff. Uh, that's because no. of Mel Blunt, Mel yeah. Blunt, and guys, you know, Night Train Lane, you know, yeah, you know, they go guys like that. They would kill you. You were getting <laughs> smashed before the ball's up in the air, and you're getting murdered on the field. Yeah, if you were a yeah. receiver in the seventies and you caught balls, you were tough. Because yeah, the, the safeties and corners were literally beating the hell out of you. Yeah. And then they changed the rules because these receivers were like, um, I'm going to be out of the league in like five.
five years if you don't do something. Yeah, receivers are like running yeah. backs now. And the, and the owners yeah. are like, yeah, we're paying you a ton of money. We need to protect you. You know, it's kind of like they changed the rules for the quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, they changed the rules for the receivers in the 70s because of, yeah. you know, these hard-hitting defenses. Yeah, so we're just murdering these these wide receivers. You know, wide receivers that big around, you know. Yeah. I'm going to hit you full speed. On, you know, yeah. it's like the whole John Lynch thing. John Lynch is my favorite player. He, yeah. he would always say, you know, he's like, yep, if I'm tackling you, I'm not tackling you. I'm tackling 10 yards over, like, past you. Yeah, he's like, going he through He would you. go through you. Going through you, yeah, yeah. Every time he would hit a guy, the guy would remember it. <laughs> and, it would, you know, and he was a throwback. That's, I mean, that's yeah. how everybody played in the 70s. All yeah. these guys that we talked about, the greatest defensive people, and then you got to go back to get the really the greatest of them. Yeah. You know, and, and these are the people that hit Jim Brown. Yeah, and Jim Brown was. These are Gino Marchetti's and the Robustelli's and the Bed Derricks and, you know, and, the, and these are the people that hit Jim Brown and a and wild man, Norm Wiley's and all of this stuff. Yeah. They give up their bodies to hit this guy. Yeah, and for him to last eight years, that's why I give him number one running back. This guy lasted eight years, walked off the field and into Hollywood, you know, and. He's a handsome guy. I'm sorry, man. Nobody did that. Yeah, like, Motley uh, didn't do that. Um, uh, Steve Van Buren got beat up so bad in 1953, he had to quit. He just got too many bro- broken legs and ribs and stuff and clotheslines. And shh, when they came out with a face guard, Tommy McDonald wouldn't wear the face guard because that's what they used to tackle you with. It's a handle. On, on, it's, <laughs> it's a, a face handle. handle. Yeah. <laughs> on, until they made the rule. You know, there was wrench necks and stuff. That, that's why there's no defensive highlights. You know, they did some really dumb stuff. Yep. And making rules and uh, you know, the, the blunt rule, the five yard shock rule, is what they call it, and, yep. and they, mm-hmm. they they do call it the, you know the blunt rule, you know, because he would hold up the receivers, take away the passing game. Okay, the guys up front are going to take away the running game. You won the game, but but they're going to take away your passing game and your running brain and doing the same thing. But they didn't take it away from Jim Brown, oh. and he. You ran through all of that for yeah. eight years. You know, what else and that's is, just crazy. You know what else is a big victory for Jim Brown is the fact that he was still attractive after he went through the NFL. Physically attractive. Yeah, like, like <laughs> yes. girls are still like, oh, my God, Jim Brown. Like, even in the 80s, like, the, the stereotypical football guy role was like sloth from the Goonies. They were like, you fit that. Per- you look just like him. Like, your <laughs> eyes down here, and you're like, your head's all messed up, and you got like big, big shoulders. Yeah. Like, but Jim Brown was like in soap operas and stuff. Yeah, Jim and Brown. Like, yeah, and like westerns, good. he was like, <laughs> like what the, yeah. you know what I mean? So he, that was a big win for Jim Brown and, and just the football community in general. Because oh. like even now, guys will go in like, like who who are some of like Nate Burleson's on TV now? Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, what's um played for the Giants Hall of Famer? Um, what's his name? He played for the Giants. Uh, he's on Good Morning America. Oh, Strahan. Oh, Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan. He's in good right? shape. Yeah, look at him. Yeah. Do you ever see his finger? And he had to he had to try to get through John Runyon, you yeah. know, twice a year. Yeah. And I'm expecting John Runyon to go into the Hall of Fame because he didn't do it. He's in the Ring of Fame or the the Eagles Hall of Fame. Well, Jim Brown. Yeah. Was, Jim Brown was basically the start of the whole life after football. Yeah. You know, these guys played football. They they weren't making a living at doing it. You know, yeah. they were had real jobs or whatever and you know you yeah. retired you went and worked you know wherever yeah. and yeah. you know he was the guy who was like yeah i'm you know i'm gonna go do this now 
because I'm done yeah. doing football. I'm going to do that. And yeah. we're like, yeah. whoa, you can do that? And then <laughs> that was the whole, right. you know, that, that, Jim, that Jim led, Brown the, got, led the way for it. Jim Brown you know? got $300,000 for the Dirty Dozen. And if you see that movie, you know, when when he did what Lee Marvin and, and uh, you know, the rest of the... Charles rest Bronson, of that, Telly Savalas. Sorry, sorry, movie. Bronson. <laughs> yeah, Bronson. And, and he did well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He did a great job playing with those guys. That big guy, Cheyenne, you know, Brody, whatever his name was, Bodie, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Telly Savalas. You know, Telly Savalas plays a great nutbag, you know, and... Uh, all these guys together in this dirty dozen, you know, the worst military criminals out there are sent on a special mission. And if you do this, you know, uh, we're going to forgive all you've done in the military. Yeah. Well, I think there was the only... original suicide squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually watched yeah. the dirty dozen the other day. I, yeah. I had no idea I was going to be the acting in that is like, yeah. it's amazing. Well, well, like, he did just to own. know that you went you right. did it back in the day, like like all the you can't hear anything. First of all, yeah. like you have to turn your my TV's at like ninety. Yeah, trying to hear these people because the mics aren't great, right? They're just talking like this. That's what they sound like. They're like, yeah, we're gonna send them out there on a yeah. special <laughs> mission. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, and you are yeah. like, what is he saying? What is this colonel like saying something? Yeah. And then like when they get into like the cars and they're driving and like they're the guys like turning the wheel and there's there's they're going around to turn and he hasn't turned the wheel once you're like dude <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah, you yeah, got to yeah, like yeah, follow yeah. the road here yeah, scenery well. in the background is moving with the, <laughs> the jeep stop yeah yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, like yeah yeah and the car is like turning yeah. and going around these big t- you're like yeah. uh, i don't know if that's you know yeah. and but. jim jim did his own running in that movie oh wow and he was in that kind Very of shape true. yeah in that kind of shape to do his own running in that movie, and who's going to double for that? I mean, it's Jim Brown. I know, you know? the great one <laughs> of the like, greatest runners. Yeah, of we all need time. you to run across this field and make right, it look right, good. Right. That's what he does. <laughs> right. <laughs> but eight years, you know, fourteen games a season, Mister Suicide, and 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 he's got what five championships, you know, and yeah. uh, they weren't Super Bowls, but they were five NFL championships. Yeah. Uh, Otto Graham has got seven NFL championships, as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady has. Yeah. So they're still arguing who was the best quarterback. Yeah. But, you know, you got to give it to Brady because of all the rest of the stats that go along with it and then played it, more games. And the people he played it, against. Yeah, it's this. a different game. I mean, yeah, and, I'm yeah, not, yeah, and yeah. I, I get it. There was there was football before 1966. Yes. Yes. You know, uh-huh. I get it. And, you know. I give credit where it's due. Yeah, they won the championship, but man, it's a different game nowadays. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like now, everyone is like like um, Drago from Rocky, right? Like everyone from a kid <laughs> is like molded to be this like superstar in, in like the NFL. Like, yeah, it's it's nuts. It's kind of crazy. Like I was watching. I was I think it was like sixty minutes or something like that. Or no, Hard Knocks. That's what I was watching. And like we're watching. Like, have you, have you guys ever been in an ice bath? Yeah, well, yeah, I know right. what it's like, a similar situation, but right. yeah. Have you been in an ice bath? I don't know, an ice like box? An ice bath. An ice box. A box full of ice? No. Bathtub full of ice. Bath, bathtub full of ice. <laughs> bathtub full of ice. Oh, a bathtub full of ice. Yeah. No, I've seen that. Yeah. No, no thanks. So, I've, like, I've been in an ice bath. It sucks. Like, you're, you're, you're mentally just trying to get through the time that you have to spend in here so that your body feels good. So, like, you're in there, what, 20 minutes, 30 minutes? Oh, 20 right? minutes in that? Yeah, like, well, that's... Oh. <laughs> Seconds for me. <laughs> yeah, well, like, you just got to sit in there, or probably, like, 15, maybe not 20, but you just sit in it, and it's supposed to be good for your body. It's supposed to, like, reduce inflammation well, and wait stuff. a minute. In the ocean, 
at a 55-degree ocean, mm-hmm. you're in hypothermia in three minutes. Yeah. Well, so how not, can you not be in an icebox? I don't know how it works. I don't know. But I guess, you know, you're not, like, going into it, like, all the way. So maybe, maybe it's, like, 10, 15 minutes you're in. Uh-huh. Right? You're in, like, and, you're, and it's after a workout, too. Like, and you're not, you're not like. Well, your head's out of the water, of course. Yeah, like, you're not putting your head in the water. You're just kind of sitting oh, there. Yeah. Yeah, and wow. you're just, but you're just focused on the amount of time that you could stay in that thing, right? And may, maybe it's not 15 minutes. Maybe it felt like it was 15 minutes. Maybe it was just like five. But like, you're just mentally just trying to get through it. Like, that's all you're doing. You're just like, oh my God, please, I just want to get the fuck out of here. I want to get out of here. I want to get out of here. That's all you're thinking about. And then I'm watching Hard Knocks, and these guys are in there having a conversation. Like, these, these athletes are in there. They're like, yeah, man, I've been in here for like 10 nah, minutes. that's okay. Yeah. like, yeah, I've been here for 10 <laughs> minutes, bro. Like, what are you doing, bro? And they all, they all sound like uh, WWE superstars. They're like, yeah, man, I had like 13 offers coming out of college or like coming out of high school. You're like, why are these guys talking like this? Like, you shouldn't be that cool in like, in like cold water. You shouldn't be that comfortable. You know what I mean? And then like, then you realize like, okay, these guys have done it hundreds, if not thousands of times in high school, in college, and now in the NFL. It's just a day. It's just what you do, right? Or uh, like when you see people get tackled, do you ever see like the worst way to get tackled is to get dragged down from behind, right? Because it's like getting slowly run over by a car, right? Like I'd rather get hit by a car going like 20 where I just hit boom and then you fly onto the, you know, or you just fall off. But slowly a car is just rolling over top of you and it gets your ankles, then it gets your knees and then your your hips. And at that point, it's just your face just hits the ground. And you're falling backwards. Yeah, and you're getting dragged behind from behind, and you're just trying to like stay up, and then eventually you just get slowly run over. And guys will just they'll they'll get tackled like that, and then get up and be like first down, right? And you're like, how do you do? Like that's it's just so it's so much pain. Like I just yeah. don't understand yeah. how people could do certain things like that over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, and it's just it's just because their body just gets used to it. You just well, get the, used to the, the Cleveland the Browns games were always about six or seven minutes longer. Because the amount of time it took Jim Brown to get up and walk back to the huddle. <laughs> if you ever see an all, watch him walk back to the huddle. Looks like it's the final walk of his life. <laughs> then he gets back to the huddle. I don't know, grabs a can of spinach, you know, and when the ball is snapped, look out. All the bulbs are lit again. This, this guy's going crazy, you know. And Yeah. Yeah, that slow walk back. He's putting everything, you know, all the muscles and bones are getting back in alignment. It's like, okay, okay, ready to go. I know, he's like a transformer. His arm is like, it's like coming back. He's like, okay, we're good now. You know, the foot, the foot's back here. Okay, now I'm ready to go. Harold Carmichael, the cornerback that used to guard Howard Carmichael when the Washington games was Pat Fisher. And Pat Fisher was five foot eight inches tall, and he would cover six foot eight Harold Carmichael. Wow. And he would hit him in the midsection, leave the ground, and fly into his midsection. Okay. Hal Carmichael said, you know, I feared this little SOB. I would create my separation. I would get the, I could jump higher to get the ball than he could. But it was Wednesday before I got out of bed. It was sore ribs and bruised ribs and. His entire midsection, and even it was it was heavily padded there. I still couldn't get out of bed by Wednesday of the next week. And and these days, if we had to play a Thursday night game, and I don't think that would have been doable. You know, this yeah. guy, this guy's not in the Hall of Fame. He's an excellent cornerback, 
But uh, as far as uh, Hal Carmichael says, you know, he was excellent in his coverage. He says, if you threw a ball a little bit too low, I didn't get it. If you threw it 10 feet in the air, I got it. You know, but how are you going to do that 60 yards away? That means Ron wasn't that good. <laughs> Ron Jaworski? Yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who covered Carmichael in the 1980 championship game against the Raiders, but uh, Carmichael only caught three balls yeah. the entire game. And, and uh, Jaworski was trying to hit, um, oh, geez, okay, Charlie Smith. Charlie Smith was 5'11", and he was covered like a blanket. He had a cornerback and a safety on him. But he only had one cornerback on, on, on uh, Carmichael. And uh, he was supposed to beat a Polish rifle, and he couldn't hit him 50, 55 yards away at 10 feet in the air. And I got to admit, it's a tough throw, but here's, here's a quarterback. That's the worst throw. That's not many guys are making a 50, 60 yard throw accurate. Holmes might be able to, but. Yeah, you're right. And at the end of that throw, you're still 10 feet in the air with it. You know? Yeah, so you have to, you have to, that's like a houser. Yeah. So you just got to like, you just got to shoot that thing out of your shoulder. Yeah. Because like, you got to, you got to hang it up there and then yeah. it's got to stay up there. And I don't know. So you really, you're really actually trying to throw it like 70 yards. But well, on but on a rope, seventy yeah, yards, yeah. and you got to throw it faster than the receiver is because it has to catch up to him. They have to all get the, in the way stride. down there, yeah, because you yeah. don't want him stopping and waiting for it, you know. No, because yeah, then that's no. yeah. I used to love so the no punt comes over and just yeah, that's, your that's, whole... that's where that little guy's smashing in, in the ribs, <laughs> oh, and you know, yeah. down you go. That's when he rearranges yeah. your organs. I used to love to watch Brady and Moss yeah. that year where they teamed mm-hmm. up with twenty five TDs. You know, and Brady could hang it. I mean, almost the length of the field. And Moss can. could get under it. I don't know why he ever left the Patriots. I don't know why they let this guy go. Like, oh, are you kidding me? Patriots fans are wondering that right now. <laughs> yeah, yes, they, they, they don't they understand are. why. Yeah, He would have been, he would have bypassed Jerry Rice if they would have stayed with the Patriots. Because, you know, cause Tom could put it up there. And I was, I was watching this duo, and I said, these guys might well play catch the whole game. You, you yeah. know what I always wonder? I always wonder that, like, why is it that every quarterback record has been eclipsed probably three and four times now, right? Like, like at one point, Dan Fouts had the record for touchdowns in a season. It was 36. Yeah. Now you throw 36, you may not even be MVP, right? That's yeah. just normal. Your 36 touchdowns are like, yeah, it's normal. That, like, that's kind of normal. Yeah. Right? So... Yeah. But how? But every, but almost all of Rice, it like Jerry Rice, like as much as the quarterback game has got so, so crazy, and and four, four and five thousand yard seasons are still just like good. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like you're just like, oh, he had a great season. He threw for five thousand yards. That's a good season, right? Or Mahomes had a bad season last year and still threw forty five hundred yards, right? So, but how come none of Jerry Rice's records ever been broken? Because much as the passing game has advanced, why hasn't the wide receiver game advanced either? Yeah, and that's been like, 20, like I've always wondered, like why is twenty two years? He's just he's just that. Like I, I think he is the best athlete probably of the nineteenth century, and, and that was the thing. Yeah. He was, yeah. you know, he was good for so long. Like it yeah. wasn't just he didn't just have a long career. He was yeah. good right up to the end. I mean, yes, he, like he retired I mean, in his, his off years. You know, he was catching, you know, 
10, 12 touchdowns, you know, which <laughs> yeah. is like, yeah, okay, I'll take that. You know, most guys would be like, oh, I'll make a career out of that. You know, that was yeah. an off year for him. Right. You know, yeah. You know, he's, you know, he, he's like, you know, he was like Brady. He was playing, you know, close to 40 and at a high level. Yeah. So he, even he, like, he was just so good for such a long time. It's like he, yeah. he put things almost too far out of reach. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Right. Yeah. And who's got a shot at topping Tom Brady besides Mahomes? <laughs> I don't think that guy's been born yet. I think it might be Burrow, actually. A Burrow? I, I like okay. Joe Burrow a lot. Okay. But, but yeah, I, me too. I, I also think that they put, like they did something that I don't. I don't think that they put a team around Burrow way early. Like this is only what his third year in, mm-hmm. right? And he's got a stud wide receiver. He's got a great line. He's got a really good run game. The defense is pretty. I would say they're pretty good. They there's not like a bunch of standout stars, but when they play together, it's pretty yeah, effective. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Burrow is probably the closest thing we have to Brady because he's not. He's not exceptional. A, he's not an exceptional runner, um, but he just he knows where to go with the he's football, and he has the ability yeah, sure. yeah. to get it there. Yeah, yeah. So I I think Brady or Burrow is the closest to Brady, but in terms of someone who's going to eclipse him, I don't know if I don't even know if I'm going to see that. Oh, I because that's mean, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, what is it? he's going into his twenty second year starting right. or twenty first year starting? I'll be shoveling call on the fire. He, he, yeah, twenty three years. He's forty five. I mean, he, years Holy ago, he shit. said, how long do you want to play? He said, I want to play to 45, and everyone was like, oh. And then like, he got to hit 40, and it was like, okay. And then he left, and he went to the Buccaneers, and he won the Super Bowl, and I was like, yeah, 43. Years ago, he said 45. He's going to freaking do it. <laughs> he's going to do it, dude. And yeah. here he is. You know, he retired last yeah. year, and everyone was like, oh, see, oh, okay. And then he come back, no, no, I'm doing it yeah. to 45. Yeah. yeah. Do, you know, yeah do you know why? Do you, when he, do you hear the crazy conspiracy theory as to why he came back? Do you know about this? No. You guys don't know? Okay. So here, here's what was was here was the the situation, right? Is that he retired because the Miami Dolphins offered him ownership stake in in the Dolphins, like in the in the ownership right of the of the Miami Dolphins, wow. right? Um, and he was gonna he was gonna just sort of had this big announcement, retire, go be an owner, and I think maybe coach too or something like that. Or well, or, in in that sorry, yeah. As soon as you started bringing it up, in that vein though, they were also going to be getting Sean Payton, yeah, from the Saints to be the coach, yeah, for the Dolphins, and then and he was going to play for the Dolphins, yeah, and he was yeah. going to do and he was going to play a year or two. For the Dolphins as the QB and Sean Payton was going to be the coach and they were going to be this. So Tom Brady was going to be the quarterback for the Dolphins. Yeah. Sean Penn would be the coach. Sean, Sean Payton. Payton. Yep. Sean Payton is going to be the coach. Yep. And then when and Brady was, was, and there was a deal on GM or ownership yep. partnership mm-hmm. with the Dolphins after that. Yep. Yeah. But then the Dolphins, the Dolphins had Brian Flores and that when that relationship sort of went nuke and Brian Flores like sued the NFL and. The owner got suspended. Brady yeah, was yeah. like, oh, and then they leaked it. The I think it, I don't know if it was Miami directly, but like it came out that Brady plans to retire. Like Adam Schefter, like in his in his relentless pursuit to be the first person to tweet everything, he leaked. He said sources have told me that Brady intends to retire. Like I think it was what two or three days before he actually like said he was stepping away from the game. Oh, and okay. so the whole situation, the whole deal of ownership and all that stuff, just went like to nothing it just it totally dismantled yeah. into just nothingness and um then he was like you know what i'm just gonna play it on 45 now and then i'm gonna return to the buccaneers and we're just gonna see how this goes 
You know, somebody can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's nuts. When you, when you have those kind of results, yeah, I'm going to retire. See, I'm going to hang it up. And then uh, a couple of months later, no, nope, coming back. Okay. <laughs> Whatever plans you put for a quarterback are now on the shelf. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was the thing, though. I mean, Tom's Tampa, Tampa didn't have any plans for a quarterback. Yeah, they, they drafted know? Kyle Trask in, like, the third round. Uh, out of out of the University of Florida, yeah. I think that was it. That was like their contingency was like just to be kind of shitty for the next couple of years, and hopefully Mike Williams and Godwin stay healthy to where we can bring another young quarterback in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know what? Um, I was gonna say something else, man. Oh, I think that that retiring and unretiring, I think that has a shelf life because you don't want to be like like Brett Favre. Brett Favre. <laughs> you don't want to be like I'm just gonna retire because I don't want to do training camp. Right, and then come back and, be, and just walk into a job every time, and um, I, I think you know what it is though. I, I think with Green Bay in general, like I don't, I don't want to be like a victim blamer or whatever, but like Green Bay always seems to have issues with their quarterback, and I think yeah. it's because they don't have like a dedicated owner. Like the city owns the team. I think that's really nice and sentimental, but they should just appoint one guy that's just a dick and just have him be like just yeah. just like have a billionaire come in buy like half a stake and still the town owns half or whatever like the disciplinarian almost like you kind of know like because aaron Rodgers right now like he's talking about how he went on an ayahuasca trip in the mountains of chile or some shit like that right he's like yeah you know it's like he just took some ayahuasca and you know went on this trip and found myself and found who i was it's like I mean, yeah, nice. it's like, bro you, what are you 37 you don't know who you are yet hey. but it goes back to that conversation of you know how much are you willing to put up with you know yeah i mean this and Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, you know. Yeah, yeah his ability you know, is great. But, but I, you know, I like to look at things as like, okay, you know, yeah, he's, he's and we may have this end up going down this rabbit hole, but, you know, is he a Hall of Famer? Maybe. I mean, he's won a boat yeah. ton of, you know, MVPs, but one Super Bowl, guys. Don't ever forget that. I mean, Packers like yeah. to say we're title town, title town, title town. Yeah. It's just named after you, your coach. You know, <laughs> you, 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 you know. The guy, the guy that you're lusting over and saying you got to give him all this money in the world, you know, and he puts you through the ringer. Yes, he wins in the regular season. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, his postseason record, not too much. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, how much are you willing to put up with? I mean, if somebody else wants to take him, yeah. he'd have gone somewhere else. One he Super would Bowl. have gone somewhere else. I guarantee yeah. you. He'd yeah. Gone somewhere else. One ring for how many years? 16? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was drafted with, to what, 2004? Yeah, with one team. Yeah. Yeah, you know, here's a team he got to the playoffs with. But the there's thing a with, team he got NFC Championship with. He can't win a bowl. But the thing with the Packers was, and I really do think the Packers are snake bit on this, is that they they were good, 60s, 70s, then it fell off, and yeah. they were terrible. Like no one, who who the hell are the Packers in the 70s and 80s? <sighs> Nobody knew. Yeah, and then they got a quarterback, Don Mikowski, the Magic Man. <laughs> you know, for those of you who remember the Magic Man, yeah. and and they were like he brought him to relevance, and people were like, oh wow, oh the quarterback, the quarterback, you know. And then he kind of went away, and they were kind of this, they fell off a little bit, and then they got Brett Favre, yeah. And then they were relevant, Brett Favre, Brett Favre, Brett Favre, and that's I think the whole thing is I think the Packers are locked into this whole brainwash thing of we have to have the quarterback, we have to have the name, the face, yeah. otherwise we, we're not going to be relevant anymore. Yeah. And and you, I think. You know what, too, though? I mean, I don't know if you're, are we, are you still making a point or... No. Okay, I was saying, like, a lot of that is just fan stuff, too. Yeah. Like, I'm an Eagles fan. If it was up to me, we'd probably still have Wentz, and we'd probably be like, we'd probably have the second pick every year, right? Because I just liked what I saw from Wentz. 
So at a, at some point, you need like when when we got rid of Wentz, I'm sure you could, like everybody in Philadelphia. Like I think it was um, Howie Roseman had to get tint. He had to get tinted windows because someone threw a frosty at him on the freaking on the school kill. Or like someone was like, "Oh shit!" And then they threw something at him because they were like, "You're an idiot. You don't know what you're doing." And blah 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 blah. Like they went off this on this tangent. So it was like you need someone that needs to make those decisions. Like you need someone that says, I know where the league's going. I know these GMs. I know these people. I know what direction this is going to. We have to do this. This is what needs to be done. Like period. Like that's what it is. And again, when you're owned by the fans, right. And they dictate everything you do. You get stuck with a man child that does like ayahuasca. You know? Yeah. Nothing wrong with ayahuasca. I mean, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. <laughs> but you know, I'm not going to, a shaman in the mountains to to trip balls for thirty minutes. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. That's because um, you're not getting paid a hundred million dollars a year. That's true, <laughs> right? Maybe when I'm thirty seven, I'm like, I gotta find out who I am yeah. and all my millions, yeah. and go to the and go to the hills somewhere. Yeah, I hope and, I see that. Oh my god! Yeah, no, man. not not me tripping on ayahuasca. I hope nobody sees that <laughs> no except for the I'm shaman. Not. But that, that right. that's a weird thing. You know what? Um, like a lot of the psychedelics and stuff, they've been experimenting with that stuff for a long time. Like you can volunteer, like all of us, we can go volunteer to go to, to a retreat for, I think it's like three or four weeks and we just, they just give us mushrooms every day and we, we just make like a thousand dollars a week just eating mushrooms and just get, tripping balls. Get, get paid yeah. yeah. It's it's for research. It's like a, leg, yeah. it's a legitimate research thing. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. I'm not seeing this in the water. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> I know. This is, this is, it's like stranger things. Do you ever watch stranger things? I oh, okay. I'll, I got to admit this. I watched the first season of Stranger Things. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Second season of Stranger Things rolls along, mm-hmm. and I started watching the first couple episodes. For some reason, I stopped watching. Something just, happened, and I and I fell out of it. You just and then season it? three came along, and I'm like, okay, yeah, oh well, maybe I'll watch it. And I didn't watch it. And yeah. At this point, I have to restart because yeah, I'm too far out of the loop. Yeah, it's well. You saw the first, the first yeah. like yeah. Thing? First so the first. They, they're, they're, they, the whole point is like how they get their powers is like they just microdose their moms into having like into having like this create into like a mental break pretty much, and then their kids are born with like superpowers. So maybe, you know, we all go through, you know, we get we get our thing going, and then maybe I have a superpower kid or something in the future. You know, maybe I meet like a weird chick dad with like dreadlocks for some reason, and we have like a superpowered kid. Yeah, that would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? But then I, but then I'd still guess what I still wouldn't know who I am. No, see, because <laughs> still cause, be, yeah, yeah. See, because I would end up going down like the boys. Do you yeah. watch the boys? No, I I have not watched okay. the boys. The whole thing is that 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 whole thing is you know what if superheroes went bad? Yeah, you know, kind of thing. And to be like, yeah, if I ever had a super kid, yeah, yeah, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm not so sure he'd be Superman. I'm sure he might be more Batman-ish, like kind of plays on the dark side. Yeah. You know? yeah. Just like beat somebody up. For yeah. Like shoplifting. Yeah. <laughs> like breaks their yeah. leg. Like, ah, yeah. I'd like him to be yeah. Captain America, but he's probably not. Maybe yeah. more Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. Like I like an anti-hero, yeah. like a Dr. Doom or something yeah. like, yeah, man, maybe guys, not a sadistic man. You guys lost me. I'm still with Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. It, it's, um, I don't know. I think it's weird. How, how do we get on? We were talking about. Oh, we're talking um, about Aaron Rodgers yeah, and his yeah, psychedelic yeah. drugs. See, this is just what he does. Like he, he just gets you like caught up in this. Like, and then he he came in like um he you ever see when he when he showed up at training camp he looked like Con Air. Yeah, Nick yeah, Cage. From he Con looked Air. like yeah. Nick. Can- yeah, that was so yeah. funny. He was like he just kind of shows up and he's like, and then he was John Wick last year, which I actually thought was a dope costume. Yeah. I really did like that one. 
Well, for me, the combination of Carson and Nick equaled a win. Yeah. Because it did. And that was two consecutive years. You know, yeah. and one was Super Bowl, one was playoff. Yeah. You know, and that, that, that equaled a win for me. And he, he, even Nick said, all right, I'll take a million-dollar cut to stay. Yeah. And Carson can have the starting job, and I'll be a backup. And I think, oh, he's got an Earl Morrow. I guess, well, we are so deep in the quarterback. This is crazy. You know? And I said, um, geez, I hope this comes to be. Because Nick said, hey, I'll, I'll take a million-dollar cut, and I'll be the backup. That means you get $17 million a year. That's not too shabby, and you don't have to move. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You know? $17 million? Yeah. That's nuts. Imagine making that a year. $17 million. Sign right. up. Seriously, go, just to do nothing? And I go all the way back 30 years before that, and uh, the Cardinals had an O-line guy, and he was obstinate. He had an attitude. He was a lot like John Runyon. I'm trying to think of his name. They paid this guy $800,000 a year 30 years ago. Right, and his contract came up, and he says, "No, I'm just going to sign a contract next, you know, for the same thing. That's plenty of money." He says, "I don't understand why anybody needs to make more money than that." I mean, I I, I live a a lifestyle I've dreamed of, and I'm an O line dude. I can be an O line dude for another ten years, you know, and and I'm just going to go ahead and do that, you know, and I I like that attitude. Says we have a good team. We have Jim Ray Hart as our quarterback, and you know, and we have an excellent defense. We've got an excellent offense, and we're just this far. We're the best shitty team in the league. Yeah, we just have to get this far. He says, "How far is it from? How much do you have to do to make the club as not making a club in spring training? It's, it's not much. How much do you have to do to make the club and be an All Pro?" And that's not much more. That's a pretty fine line there. And how much do you have to be an all-pro and play together and get that spirit in the locker room to be a champion? And you're not talking about this much. You're talking about these intangibles, which really you can't even talk about. It's the togetherness that you feel in the locker room. You know, we had it with Jim Hart. We, we had it with Kurt Warner. You know, and it just seemed to weld like that. Oh, it's just a lot long before him. I forget this guy's name. But he was an instigator on, on the line. And he would talk about people's mothers and the people that he was <laughs> facing. And, you know, you know, and all this stuff. And he would insult your family you know, before the ball was snapped. Sounds like John Randall. He was just, <laughs> he was just trash talk like crazy. And Oh, I, I know his name. And he's, even today, he's a smart ass. You know, when he did his guest spots on Jay Leno and Johnny Carson, he was a smart ass, you know, and, but he backed it up. You know, he, he walked the walk. He was, John Runyon is the second generation to this guy. And John, he's a politician. Uh, okay. Yeah. He and, was, I don't think he is now. Oh, no, okay. Now he, work, he works for the NFL on rules and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And the Stan Walters was another O-line guy, and then, and uh, he he had an attitude. It's pretty much the same attitude, you know. To, yeah. uh, not not as bad as John Runyon, okay? Because he didn't let Strahan throw, <laughs> right? You yeah. know, and <laughs> Strahan always had a problem with Runyon, and he would trash talk each other and all this stuff. You hear some of the conversations that 
that Michael Strahan has with with announcers and commentators when they bring up John Runyon, you know. And um, uh, Strahan made the Hall of Fame because he tied the sack record for the season when Brett Favre Brett folded. Favre gave it to him. Brett Favre yeah. folded and went down and gave it to him. But, but hey, Michael Strahan says, okay, you can criticize all you want. I'm going to fall on top of the guy. Sure, because it's a sack. sack yeah. He can get up and run if I don't. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. It just happened to be the 22nd or 23rd sack of the year or whatever it was, and it just happened to be to break that particular record. And if you're going to criticize it, well, fine. You know, suit up and go to it. Beat it. And if you can't, shut your mouth. That's all. So I kind of like when people talk like that because they not only talk it, but they walk it. You know, and yeah. I'm still trying to – Conrad Dobler – that was the name of the St. Louis Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was one. He was he was nasty. He was nasty. <laughs> he was nasty. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the stands, he would he would he would egg on people that rooting for the other team. Man, he wouldn't have shut his mouth. When they, but they turned around with their fists clenched and all he did was sand up all six foot eight of them. The other guy sat down. Because yeah. Conrad could handle that six foot eight. You know, this other guy <laughs> Yeah, the, oops. Yeah, the, the other guy's like a, a deli shop worker yeah, yeah. <laughs> in yeah, downtown yeah, yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. He's just like, he's like, I own a hoagie shop, dude. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to get pummeled by this, this freaking giant. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. you know what's funny going back to Aaron Rodgers is that they asked him, they said, what, what was the funniest heckler like experience? And he said when he was at Lincoln financial field, oh, somebody boy. behind him kept yelling at him. Right, and he, he like he kept hearing him say he could hear him say Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, but one one time like he actually like heard what he was saying, and the whole night he kept yelling Rodgers, get the splinters out of your ass because he was riding the bench, right, and he kept yelling that like he would he yelled it like he said from the fir- from the first quarter he said finally he just kind of like went like this and like waved to, like thanks buddy you got me at like third and then he switched to something else, and yeah. he just kept yelling at him. I'm like it must be hell to play. At the, at the link, I wouldn't like if I was a football player. I wouldn't want to play at the link either. Well, there was a snowball game. I mean, they yeah. booed Santa Claus for God. Didn't, didn't they hit him with like a with snowballs with batteries in them? Yeah, and they, something like that. Yeah. They used to throw beer bottles. That's that's yeah. why they have plastic cups yeah. now. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's why awesome. they. That's why they limit. I don't. I even think they took away the beer. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure, but you can't bring anything in, and no. you have to buy whatever you buy there, whatever they want to charge. But it's all paper cups or plastic cups or whatever it is. Yeah, you know? I think and, like yeah. I think yeah. you can bring in you can bring in water, but it's got to be in the plastic bottle. It can't be like anything with yeah. weight. Well, didn't didn't they make you guys dump it out yeah. when we went yeah. down? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, it depends on where you which gate you go into. Oh yeah, because yeah. yeah, we, 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 we got all the rules. Yeah, because <laughs> we we got through with the water bottles, and we were like, oh. I was like, oh thank God, like yeah. <laughs> I was so hyped. I was like, we had to dump it out because I then, used to I used to watch them throw Valentine beer bottles. At the Eagles home games and the Eagles yeah. home baseball games. I didn't go to many of those, you yeah. know, but I went there. I saw Dallas hit four home runs yeah. in that in that one game, you know, and for, for bad calls, I mean, the umpire, the home plate umpire had a duck, <laughs> uh, and he wore a soft hat <laughs> and was throwing bear bottles. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine this. And this is years. This just doesn't. Since age of the brown beer bottle, man, they were sailing through the air. 
Oh, it, yeah. it, I, and, I went to a, I went to an opening season game, Eagles. It was Cardinals, Eagles, and the Cardinals. This is back when the Cardinals were still in the NFC East. Oy. And so, of course, division game. It was like, yeah, it was going to be ugly. It's turned out to a you know. And yeah. we sat down. We were in the lower level, so I mean, there were decent seats. You know, 30, 35 yard line. We're like, yeah, great, cool. You know, yeah, yeah, and. The game hadn't even started, and I knew we were in for a bad time <laughs> because two rows in front of us, directly in front of us, were two idiots who came to the game wearing Cardinals jerseys. And I'm like, oh, no. it's over. Oh, it's over. Oh, my God. By halftime, we were drenched in beer <laughs> because they kept throwing beer. Beer was coming from the upper level. Beer was oh, coming my. from behind us. They just constant sprout. Like, I was showered. In this yeah, was, the beer would, was people, still in the bottle. People would like get the beer vendor. Yeah, I'll take two. <laughs> Down they come. And we were just, and by halftime, these guys were gone. Yeah. <laughs> but in just the stuff you heard them getting yelled, you know, just like. Was, what was the funniest one? Oh, it wasn't. They weren't. They were vulgar, like they were like. Oh, eh, it wasn't. Know. It wasn't like okay. Oh no, no, no! It was no. straight to the jugular. Yeah, it was. Thing. It was like they left at halftime because I think if they would have stayed for the whole game, they'd have found their bodies in the school goal. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Along oh, with the other ones. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was bad. <laughs> the, I mean, there's a reason they put a jail. Yeah. In the oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's one you of know? the biggest ones too. It's if like it's wanna, a huge jail. If you want to increase your vocabulary? Forty-two yeah. percent go to an Eagles or Phillies game. I want to go to one bad. It's just it's so expensive to go now. It's crazy. Oh, they're too much. Yeah, I know. But yeah. Well, I gotta say, we I, a few years ago, thanks to you know mm-hmm. inter interleague play. Yeah, I can actually see the Indians play. Yeah, in Philadelphia, which is nice. That's cool. And hey. so, you did know, you wear a jersey? An I Indian did. Jersey? Okay. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. Oh, you know, you know what? And it was like yeah. nobody bothered me. It yeah. was great. Oh, it was yeah, a, yeah. You know, yeah. it was fine. Yeah. No big deal. It's it's. I think it's gotten better. Than it yeah. was. I mean, uh, yeah. I went to um, a few years ago. Do you remember the the Eagles Packers game? I do. That was yeah. supposed to be a Sunday night game, and then we got the snowstorm, and they kept moving the game, and it moved it to yes. like a Wednesday night or something because <laughs> there's so much snow. Yeah, I went to that game. Really? I had tickets to that game. I'm like, oh, God, I'm never going to get to this game. Yeah. But I mean, we went. There were people there, Packers yeah. jerseys, and they, you know, they got rig them, but I mean, it wasn't anything yeah. violent. It wasn't anything nasty. It's not like it was yeah. used to be, but yeah, you know, it's gotten better. But yeah, Philly fans are a different breed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I took Debbie and Becky, and the other two were way too young to, a, to an Eagles-Jets preseason game in 1974. Just a side note, hey. the, why do the Eagles always play the Jets in the preseason? This is in Meadowlands. I don't know. No this idea. This is like the fourth year in a row right. that I can remember yeah. we played the Jets first right. game. It might be a location thing. Yeah, because they're they're not too far off. It's easy to yeah. schedule it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? I, I just, I mean, you can't always, schedule the 49ers all the time because you know they got to fly. Somebody's got to fly across yeah. the country. <laughs> yeah, it costs money. You know. Yeah, you, you yeah. play New York, you play Baltimore, you play Washington. You know, it's a bus trip. Yeah, yeah. or the Steelers. Or the Steelers. Yeah, yeah it's a bus a trip. I think I yeah. still have the pennant. Yeah, the Eagles won that game because they never lost a preseason game against the Jets until Friday night. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, oh, by the way, from Zach. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. I said, this is from Zach. <laughs> oh, Jack. Who's Jack? Zach. Zach. Oh, Zach. Oh, Zach. Zach Your Zach. grandson, the Eagles, <laughs> the, J- the Jets fan. Yeah. Uh, oh, are yeah. we like 60-0 and 0 against them in the regular season, though? Yeah, yeah. That we beat them, like, what, six times? Yeah, yeah. Or something like that? We're like, we're, like, undefeated against the Jets in the regular season? Yeah. I think so. All I, I got to all, yeah. all say is that anytime the Cowboys want to say it's Ooh, their beat year, them, yeah, yeah. I, I say, yeah. Well, the last three times you played the sucky Jets, you've lost. 
Yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, Senate came down with the, the winning, supposedly winning touchdown drive for the Eagles. And Eagles went ahead. I think it was 20, 21 to 17. Yeah. And, the Eagles, like, and then fourth team defenses really suck. And, and then they kicked off to the Jets. The Jets ran all the way back to the 40 yard line. I guess, okay, they got to get a touchdown. Field goal's not going to do it. And they marched right in. And they got a touchdown, be- obviously, before the end of the game. I said, yeah, geez. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like you said. Yeah. You know, who was ever playing defense just punched out, you know, and yeah. we, we we couldn't hold that off for, you know, uh, 31 seconds. That's how much it took him to go to field. Yeah. We couldn't hold that off for 31 seconds, you know. Oh, man. Tell me, the, the, e- the Eagles are, like, really, like, top-heavy, you know. But I, I guess also, yes. too, yeah. like, you're not going to have a starter playing with four strings. You know what I mean? Like, four-string guys are, like, you know, fringe guys that are going to play special teams or, you know, be on punt team or something like that. So, the, these are, like, the, these are all the reps these guys are going to get. Yeah. Like, like I don't – I actually think that Carson Strong, the other guy, the other quarterback, is going to is gonna be the third-string guy. Just because, like, if you see him in, in Nevada, his highlights, I mean, he's, he, he had, like, a reconstructed knee, right? And he wore, like uh, – like remember, you remember the old school, like um, the Dan Marino, like his knee braces he used to wear that just looked like a trash, like they looked like a yeah. trash can around his knees. That's what he was wearing, and he couldn't <laughs> even move. And he was wearing that, and he yeah, was like, yeah. he was like throwing dimes, like fifty yards flat footed. So I think that he's probably going to make the team. This Randy Sinnott guy, I don't know about that, but it's also his third year in the league, so he's just kind of bouncing around. But yeah. Yeah. Well, who do you who do you think is going to start for uh, the Steelers? Oh man, kidding me, uh, Mr. Trubisky or uh, uh, Willie Pickett? Kenny, that's that's his brother. Oh, Kenny. Close. Yeah, his brother's Willie. You know, I I, I love the stat line from last night's game. It was everybody played well. Yeah. The problem, it's it, you can you can you can write off Mason Rudolph right now. I think so. Just, he's he's had too many chances. He's had like. he's had the chances to it. He and he doesn't have he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the fans backing. Yeah. If it, you know, he can he can go out there and have a stat line like he had last night. You know, could be rating of a hundred touchdown, no sack, no no interception. He can he can do that, and they won't accept him. They just at this point yeah. they won't accept. And it, it's sad because he should. You know, if if he could have produced in the in in a regular season on a semi regular basis, they'd have taken him in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, for everything that happened with him and the Browns, you know that. That kind of you know blue yeah. collar, get in the dirt, get muddy, you know that kind of thing. Steelers fans love that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's, like that, a, it's a blue collar city. Yeah, yeah, I mean that they'll love that. But he just he he hasn't produced. He's had he's had he's had his chance. I mean, the yeah. only, I think the only real reason he's still in camp with the team is because Dwayne Haskins died. Yeah, I was to say. I think if I think if Haskins, Haskins was still here, they'd they'd have jettisoned Rudolph and they would have gone with the veteran. Yeah, Trubisky. They would have gone with okay. You've been with the team for a couple of years. You had you're young and you have potential. You have Haskins, yeah. and then you got the pure rookie in in Pickens. Yeah, yeah. Pickett. Excuse me. See, you screwed me up. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a rookie, George Pickens. Oh, George Pickens. Yeah, our wide receiver. Oh. I I hate how good the Steelers are at drafting wide receivers. The yeah. wide receiver yeah. core we have, I like them a lot. 
Yeah. I like and, it a lot. Yeah. And also the luck that you guys have too. Like you guys just tra- yeah. traded away James Washington. Yeah. Who just obliterated his foot in camp and he's gone for six to ten. Well, fractured. I shouldn't say obliterated. That's kind of insensitive. Yeah. But he he fractured his foot in camp at Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, and then even before that, right, like you got rid of Antonio Brown. Everyone's like, these guys are crazy. And then he turned out to be. And he lost his mind. He literally lost well, he his lost, mind. He lost his mind last year. He was at Steelers when he sat when he, out. When he live streamed. Yeah. And all he that. sat out for yeah. the year. That, that, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, shout out to uh, the cuff. I I always want to say his name's Coughlin for some reason, even though I know it's not. Tomlin. 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 He is. One thing I will say, that it's the Steelers have always, they always scout well. Yeah. We're never going to have, you know the big name guy on the team. We're never going to have the big money guy. And we had Roethlisberger, but you got to pay your quarterback. That's just, that's just the way that we're never going to have, you know, the top guy at a position because he's going to want too much money, but they always do well finding those mid-level guys and getting the most out of their potential. You know, like offense, defense, you know, they just, the the scouting staff is just, phenomenal for that yeah i agree and, and one of the only blunders i think in the last few years is trading away javon hargrave that's one of the only like i think blunders that that the steelers made because as soon as he got to the eagles i mean he was like it was like him and aaron donald and fletcher cox that were like the top interior defensive guys or top interior yeah. pass rushers like fresh out of the box like we got him we put him in he was in the system and then and then yeah. immediately i think it was like what two sacks first game Right, a sack another game, three sacks his third game. It was just over and over and over. That was the only like I guess blunder. But then you look at what they have; it's almost like there's like not enough room, you know, right? Because they have Casey Hayward and then they have T.J. Watt, and then it's like it's like you kind of had to you kind of had to just bite the bullet and get rid of somebody so that you could pay your two huge you know ends. So I understood it, but like I was like, damn, thank God, thank God. But then also too is the Eagles and Steelers. I don't know if you know this. But they share a ton of personnel. Mm-hmm. Like a, a bunch of Eagle Scouts just went to to Pittsburgh, and three. I think the head of the scouting, head of scouting, I think it was, or the head of like the scouting department for Pittsburgh just came to Philadelphia. Like people just stay <laughs> in PA. Yeah. Well, then they've been sharing since nineteen forty three. The Steagles. I did some research on that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I was I was thinking about it. Nineteen forty three. If you got, if you're an Eagles fan, you on the camera, you should know about the Steagles. Yeah. Because, but this is this is what I read, right? So it was like three owners. It was Art Rooney, Burt Bell, and then it was Alexis Thompson, right? And he came into what, like $6 million in like 1929? I was like, how much money is that? Like, that's crazy. Um, and then he bought the Steelers, right? Art Rooney sold him the Steelers and then bought, and then took $160,000 from that and bought half of the Eagles. And then... Uh, they all of them sort of had second thoughts. Like Burt Bell was like, I come with the Eagles to myself. Um, Alexis Thompson renamed the Steelers to the Iron Men. And then he was kind of like, I don't know if I like that name. And then, no, I think Art Rooney was like, I don't know if I like that name, boss. They all had second thoughts and they all just kind of like reverted, like switched back. And then the team switched. So okay. it was like the guy, the guys that were in Pittsburgh became the Eagles because they stayed in Philly. And then the guys that um, left to go back to Pittsburgh Right, were the original Eagles players, so it was just like a swap. Bell was also the commissioner. Yeah, so it's he, crazy. He owned the Eagles, but he was also the commissioner in the NFL. Yeah, and he took the commissioner's job because he was tired of seeing tired football players on 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 the weekend. 
because they would play all during the week. They yeah. would play for the or they were Akron Bulldogs one day, and then they'd come up with the Michigan Tigers another day, and then the, the New Frankfurt York Giants another day, and then and then and, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, which are now the Steelers, play another day. And by the time the weekend rolled around, they were beat. But they said, "Hey, I got to make a living. You know, I got to put bread on the table." You guys are only giving me twenty five, thirty dollars a game, and I can't play one game a week for that. Oh my gosh! So, so even Burt Bell put a stop to that. We're going to pay you more money, okay, to stay with one team, unless, of course, if you're traded, then it'll be, uh, then it'll be a, a personal thing because sometimes they couldn't get all the guys together. Here's a guy coming from New York to play in Pittsburgh, and he got stuck on the train. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it was, and, and then then he had to go to Akron the next day to play for the pros. You know, and all of this stuff. And things are not really crazy. Missoulian Tigers and Canton Bulldogs. And they were just, hey, we've got to be a little more organized than this. We can't have guys dragging their ass in here on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. You know, and they just got done playing four games. You know, and we're pissing them on about have to play on Sunday and then Thursday night. <sighs> you know, and then and look at what they were doing back in the day. So Burt Bell put a stop to that. But, yeah, he, he wanted the Eagles to himself. And he, he named the Eagles, the Eagles, 1933 when he bought them. Who? Oh. It was a DeBert Bell, the defunct Frankfurt Yellow Jackets. <laughs> and they were like three, four-time champions in 1919 to 1933. And Frankfurt section of Philadelphia wasn't part of the city then. Frankfurt became part of the city, and Burt Bell bought the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets and named them the Philadelphia Eagles. The Chicago... Bears were called the Staley Bears when they first started out because Staley's section was not part of Chicago. And that's just evolved into the Chicago Bears when Staley became part of Chicago. Chicago is a conglomerate of little communities, just like Detroit. It's just like Philadelphia is, Richmond, Bridesburg, Tarconi, Wissanoming, Germantown, and all of this stuff. And they all became incorporated into Philadelphia. So while this was all happening, the cities were evolving and, and becoming a city at the time that these football teams were starting to blossom as well. And that's pretty much what happened. And uh, Burt Bell was stuck with being a commissioner too. You know, and uh, so uh, Burt Bell died commissioner of the National Football League. Jesus. Yeah, he was the first commissioner. I think he died in 1952. Wow. Yeah. Bell. When was he born? Uh, uh, like 18, 18, 1885, <laughs> somewhere around there. Oh my God. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's so crazy. he was, he was in his seventies. He was younger than me when he died, but you know, yeah. the guys lived, uh, lived a hell of a life. A lot of fried foods. Everybody smoked like a chimney, you know, so, so there was, there was, there was a lot of body abuse yeah, isn't know, back it? in that day. Even in the eighties, yeah. like, like in the eighties guys were just like ripping lines of cocaine. They were just like, yeah, this is just like a pick me up. Well, like they just Mar- didn't understand. They're like, yeah, so, so, yeah. whatever. And then they're losing their teeth. And yeah. <laughs> Gina Marchetti lived to be 91. Yeah. Um, uh, um, Chuck Vanderick lived to be 91. Both of them were born in 1927. They died in 2018. Wow. You know, so these guys that ran this tough life, you know, they lived a long time, some of them. Chuck Vanderick. You know, Tom M. McDonald, 91 years old. Chuck Vanderick, 1927 to 2018. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, was 91 years old. Gino Marchetti, 91 years old. Uh, uh, 90 years old, Tommy McDonald. Some of these guys lived a long time, you know. And uh, they played back when football was pretty rough. 
anyway, my take on the Steelers game. Yeah. The preseason game. They scored every corner, no matter who was at the helm. That That's impressive in itself. A great debut for Pickett. So you have to, uh, Will, Willie Pickett? Kenny Pickett. Kenny okay. Pickett. Yeah. Yeah. Willie. And, and a, his brother, Willie Pickett. A for Kenny Pickett, the winning, T, the winning TD drive. Guy comes off the bench and just wins the game with a, with a, with a, with a really good drive. Uh, with, with the, that was set up by a uh, strip sack from Mark Robinson, which was an impressive defensive player the whole game. All three quarterbacks played well. It's going to be a tough decision between Trubinsky, yeah. Rudolph, and Pickett. I like Pickett, okay, because the way he played and his attitude. You know, I like the yeah. way he engineered that final drive. This guy looked like he's been doing it forever. He just yeah, that's, that's so that calm. Was, that was the key to it. That was he just fit. I think it, I think it was a perfect storm for it last night because I think he might have played differently if it was on the road. But he came in. It was a home game. The, the place was packed because it's Pittsburgh, and that's what they do. Um, yeah, yeah. And they were behind him like the whole way. Oh like, my god! You know, yeah. So I mean, even even you know fourth down tie game, you know, and he gets a sack. You know, Robinson got the yeah, sack. Yeah. No, when 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 Pickett got sacked. Oh. You know, and you know, which effectively ended the fourth down. You know, turns the ball over on downs. The play should have like booed the living snot out of him. But they didn't, you know, because they know yeah. he's a rookie, first year quarterback. This guy might be the future, and he showed them some stuff. You know, yeah, they showed him on the opening drive that he had, you know, and the reward for that is the defense steps up, creates an opportunity for the offense. The rookie goes back out on the field and he produces, yeah. you know, and and we, you know, we were talking about the, the receiver core, you know, oh my you got gosh. you got you, you know with, oh my with, gosh. with Johnson Claypool. Um, you know, when Pickens. And Pickens, you know, but he's not playing with those guys, you yeah. know, and that wide receiver caught that, that curl pass, you know, and <sighs> throws off the defender and runs it in 20 yards. Denver says, yeah, can he pick it through the winning touchdown? That wide receiver made a hell of a play. Yeah, you know, that play was ridiculous. That was, that was great. Yeah. But the fact that he came in and he, he showed that it wasn't too big for him. Like yeah. he can play, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. that said a lot about it. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you hand the keys to the franchise to him though to start the season. You don't think so? No. Okay, it's no, only think, one game. Yeah. I think. I think. And I mean, I mean, he comes if he comes out and he's Peyton Manning the next couple preseason games, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think at this yeah. point, I think at this point you you stick to the plan. Trubisky's your starter. Yeah. Uh, Pickens, Pickett. Yeah. You and the Pickens. <laughs> <laughs> Mess me up. Um, Kenny's Kenny's your backup. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And if you want to keep Rudolph on the team, he's he's your third guy. And maybe you don't sink it that way. Maybe you sink it that that Rudolph's your backup, and Kenny's Kenny's the third yeah. string. If you want to play it that way, just to protect him. But if it yeah. comes to shove, depending on the situation, you throw in whoever you think is going to work best. Oh. Yeah. You know, you're playing you're playing the Ravens. You're getting you know slaughtered by fifty points. You know, and Trubisky, you know, gets cut in half by the defense. Now you got to throw somebody out there. Um, yeah, Mason, <laughs> this is your deal. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get, get hit a, in the you, face, and yeah, yeah, you know, you get another game where you know you're beating up the you're beating up the Browns. <laughs> you know, at home, and Trubisky twists his ankle. You know, and you're winning the game by like a hundred points. You know what, Kenny? You yeah. know, this is your opportunity because you know yeah. I think it's really going to depend on what they're playing. But I think the 
I think they're going to go with Trubisky is going to be the start. Yeah. And, okay. and, and he's got, I mean, yeah, he, he didn't, he wasn't the quarterback of the future for the, for the bears, yeah. but um, he was the last quarterback to take the bears to the playoffs. Yeah. He knows, he knows how to win. And yeah, that bro. team got a solid running game. Mm-hmm. You got solid receivers. You know, if Claypool gets his head out of his ass, mm-hmm. you know, He's he's yeah. he's a number one guy. You got you got Pickens now as a number one guy. Possibly yeah. Johnson's a number one guy. You got great receivers. Yeah. Frymuth shown you he can play tight end. You know, yeah. I he's mean, a you, beast. you, you, you it, yeah. set the weapons up for whoever's going to be running that offense can win. You yeah. know, they just center center's an issue. Yeah, we're, since we're, the, you know, since Pouncey left, it's been you know, a problem. The, yeah. the, we got a new guy in there this year. If he can if he can solidify the offensive line, that would be that would be huge. Yeah, for whoever's quarterback. Yeah. Um, who was in front of Pickens? Uh, who who was the center for Pickens? Um, oh, gotta Google again. Oh, I know. Some uh, Steeler Pickens fan. Goes, I am. Pickens goes thirteen for fifteen at ninety-five yards in a TD, mm-hmm. and he rushed for sixteen yards. Yeah, I don't know who the center was, but he was pretty damn good. Well, yeah. I th- I think uh, I don't I don't know who was playing I definitely when he went in. I, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the yeah. game, um, except for the last you drive. Mean, you guys um, did get Daniels from the Bears. Am I am I right? Um, he's a he's a lineman from the Bears. I think he was the Bears' best offensive lineman, and I think they that the Steelers got him. And that's that's going to be an issue with, with we talk, talking about the Bears and, and Mitch. Um, the Bears really don't have a good offensive line. Like they they let uh, they let. Kyle Longo, um, who was a tackle. Uh, they let Daniels, who I believe was their best offensive lineman, they let him go to Pittsburgh, um, and now he's the starter there. Uh, so they're, they're, they did draft, I believe, I want to say Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State a few years ago. Um, and he's pretty good. He's more of like a uh, – he's a he's a mauler. Like he's sort of like a throwback guy. Like he just gets his hands on you, wants to bury you every play. Um, and that's great. But that's better in the run game, whereas the pass is a little bit more finesse, a little bit more footwork, a little bit more, you know, it's a kind of an art thing. But yeah, um, yeah the the Bears probably have one of the bottom shelf offensive lines, and unfortunately, thank God Justin yeah. uh, Fields can run because if he if if you had like, I think he's more mobile than Mitch is. Like Mitch doesn't really want to be mobile; he's just like he's getting flushed out all the time. Um, but I personally, if we're talking about you know who we want to to start, I mean, obviously, as an outsider looking in, I think it'd probably be Mitch, um, and then I would probably put Mason as like a P squad guy, like a, a practice squad, because you know that he's going to prepare. You know, you're playing against practice squad guys. You want guys that are similar, you know. And he's he he's been in the game before. He's played in big games. Played against the Browns when they had that super team that they had a few years ago, um, and he has real experience in a real tough division. So I think he's a practice squad guy, and I think Pickett kind of slides into your your number two because you you don't like waste a first round pick you know yeah to have a guy not dress I think he's gonna dress on Sundays, um, but he like following his career like he started off as in Pitt he he was a starter for three years he didn't really come on until his senior year like it was it was kind of it was kind of rough for him in the first couple of years um, and I I only watched him play I think twice when when uh, Penn State was playing because that's that's the only college team I watch and. Um, Penn, like he he had a rough go of it like when he was playing Penn State like he had like a uh, I think it was like one of the stat lines was like 63 to 3 
right in in pit and then the next year was like 54 to like seven so he didn't have a great go of it but this year thank god we didn't have to play pit again because this year he was just blowing teams out obviously won acc championship beat out like clemson who always has solid classes um you know so i i think if his career follows just give him give him a couple years to learn and then he'll, he'll put it together at some point probably sooner rather than later but i don't know i like pickett i, th- I thought he was good i did I did think that he was going to go a little higher, though, but you know, yeah. I well, guess not. I, I guess think, teams didn't value it. Yeah. Well, Pickett is my pick. I mean, I saw this game. I was just really impressed with this guy. I saw play after play after play. Yeah. Christ, where was this guy? And I'm always with the philosophy, the great people are going to start off like that, and they're going to stay like that. Yeah. And down through history, that's what we've seen. Uh who came out of nowhere at the end of four or five years of stumbling around? I don't know. I'd have to think. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had two seasons in the beginning. First year, oh, set, okay. the, with interceptions, set yeah. the interceptions record. The next year, had a really bad, had yeah. a decent year. He led his, the league in interceptions. Then his third year, he like everyone <laughs> thought he was going to take this big jump. He was like 6-10. and 10. And the yeah, Colts were like, yeah. yo, what, or did we make a right decision here? And then he took off in his fourth year and well, it then, went crazy. The hit on the Colts was they could score, but they didn't have any defense. Yeah. I mean, if they could score 50 points, they're going to win the game because, you know, defense is going to give up 38. Yeah. So and Some of it, I mean, a lot of it you know, is yeah. your talent. But, I mean, you gotta yeah. you got to be in the right situation. I mean, Kurt Warner. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, Undrafted, you, know, yeah. He was, you know, he floated around at camps, this and that. He was playing for the Iowa Barnstormers in the Arena League. <laughs> you know, he gets the call – Hey, we need you know we need a body in St. Louis. You know, come be come be the backer for Trent Green. Yeah, you know, and it just it just worked, and, and it just you know, and here we are. You know, first game of the season, Trent Green goes down. Oh, that's it! Greatest show and turfs that they became after that season. You know, and all these all these you know big guns that they have on offense, and everybody's saying, and Dick Vermeil, and, and this is why this guy's in the Hall of Fame. Love that guy. He said. We have Kurt Warner. Uh, we know what he can do. He had a good preseason. We're going to rally around Kurt Warner, and we're going to play damn good football. And he did. And because that's what this man expected. And that was a message that he had for his team. Kurt Warner's a winner. He's a proven winner. Just like Trubisky, okay, but didn't have a name. After that season, he certainly did. And like you say, he fit. And they rallied around Kurt Warner, and they played damn good football. And Kurt, he could hit a freckle on a flea's ass at 50 yards. This guy was very, very – if he had an accurate year, that was 1999. That was the greatest show on turf, and it was. It was. And his defense, uh, they, they allowed an average of uh, 17 points a game, which is a great defense. And Kurt, uh, their team scored more than 30 points a game. And that, that adds up to a winning season and went right through and won the Super Bowl. That was terrific. Did they? I, I got to admit that tackle. They won the, the Super Bowl in 99? The, uh, the, I, I think the they Rams. played. The didn't they play the Did Tennessee Titans? Yeah, it was and the that. first year with Kurt Warner. Yeah, yeah. they went. They played, they played the Titans in the Super Bowl. Oh, because oh, yeah. they had the reach. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, he reached for the ball. And even his knees hit the ground, but the ball hit the ground on like the two-yard line. Right? And that would have been a Titans win. If that tackle was made any time a millisecond later, 
Okay, that would have been a win for the Titans. But wow. And it wasn't to be. Yeah. And uh, he made that tackle. Yeah. That, that's what they call That's what I call coming down to the wire. That is the wire. Two more yards, and the Titans would have been uh, the champions. Her first <laughs> championship ever. You know. Yeah, and the Titans are, like, not once they butt now, but they're, they're yeah. Derrick Henry's going to get, what, 400 touches this year? That, well, yeah. Yeah, and no. his, I'm, He's he, Titans used to be the Oilers, you know. Yeah. Now in yes, but in the seventies, yeah, the they were you know nobody but Earl Campbell, you know, oh, as a running back, you yeah. know. But now and the Titans are kind of that way now, you know. Yeah, like we've got, no, we've got you know we're in flux. We've got okay guys, but all we've got is Derrick Henry, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you when know. he's and he's getting dinged up. Yeah, and he's yeah, and he's, he's running the ball forty because, times a game. Yeah, because he's the focus of everything. Yes, and he's you know. Yeah. Do you know when you hear an insane stat, like a crazy stat, is that he went down in week five. Mm-hmm. He still was like top five in rushing yards. Yeah, at the yeah. end of the season. Yeah, with a week off. That's crazy. He he, he didn't play twelve games. Yeah, yeah, and he still finished top ten. That's that's stupid. That's crazy. Can you imagine if we finished that year? Uh, I think he beat beat Derek Dickerson's record. Well, I think yeah. with flying colors too. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Two thousand this season for him is is is, is okay. That's, yeah, that's, yeah you know, most guys are like two thousand seasons. <laughs> like I'm retiring right now. You know, Derek Henry's <laughs> yeah, like Derek Henry's like yeah, okay, that was week ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like we're just cruising. And any team who plays uh, Tennessee Titans with Derek Henry knows that they're going to have to tackle Derek Henry. Yeah. 40 times a game. And, nobody wants to and he's that. still getting these yards. Because yeah. nobody, nobody wants to tackle a, a running defensive tackle. Like, I mean, the dude's yeah. a defensive lineman, and yeah. he's running downhill with four, what is it, four three four four speed? Yes. I mean, he's he is running towards a linebacker. Like, you know, there was a, they scheme him onto linebackers. Like, they like they will be like, oh, yeah, you'll just take on that small six foot one, 250-pound guy. You'll just take him on. You'll run him over, and then, then you're gonna outrun the safety. Like that's so stupid. Like I, that. That is another thing that like should be illegal. Like he, he's just yeah. six foot four, five, two hundred forty pounds, fifty pounds, and he's just he's a freight train. Nobody's gonna want to tackle that guy. Well, Herschel Walker was real big. Yeah, you know, and he got his yards. Yeah, and uh, oh my goodness, the Eagles had a player like that. Oh, geez, no, I'm trying to think of a name since back in the 70s. But he was a tank. Uh, and so did the Giants. Very recently had a really big guy. Yeah. Uh, the, they had Brandon Jacobs Brandon before Saquon Jacob, got there. Brandon yeah. Jacobs, that, that's what I'm thinking of. He's a monster. Yeah. You know, and, and the man who really stood out on above all else was a really big guy was Eric Dickerson. <sighs> man, I used to love to watch this guy play. He was big, but he had finesse, which is like up the middle and around the edge. Acceleration it was just crazy, and you get those knees up and run like a deer. Yeah. No, he just run right by everybody. I didn't see anybody catch him from behind, and yeah. he just um, watched this guy play. And uh, who did he play for? The Rams. Yeah, and they weren't champions mm-hmm. because they depended on him. Yeah, his nickname is the Rambassador. Because he's like he's yeah, like yeah, a yeah, social yeah. media guy for the depend Rams. On him. Same thing with Derrick Henry. Same thing depending on him. Same yeah. thing with the old Houston Oilers. Earl Campbell. Yeah. Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell. Big I call legs. him the Skull Brother because he had that commercial. He had a Skull commercial. 
Oh, mm-hmm. Yep. Right, and he was a black guy. He was a Skull commercial, and he called himself a Skull brother, <laughs> you know, and maybe not sold a shitload of Skull. Who knows, you know. Uh, I certainly didn't buy any, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is Skull? Is that like dip? Yeah. It's a oh, tobacco. Yeah, you just... You little pinch between yeah. your cheek and gum. Yeah. And tobacco kind of leaks out. <sighs> burns a hole in your lip. And it just yeah. <laughs> burns a hole in your lip. It ruins your mouth. It ruins your stomach. You know, but... It's fun. Hey, he's a Skull, brother. You know? Sorry, you're not going to get any sponsorship from the tobacco industry. From yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's no Skull or Copenhagen. Sorry, guys. No, but, yeah. You know what? Speaking of sponsorships, did you see that the beloved Heinz Field is AcroSure Field now? I did. Um, how do you feel about that? What's well? What is on behalf of Steeler Nation? You not speak for everyone. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. Lord of all. Yeah, you're now Lord of the of the, of the Steelers fans. Um, how do you guys, how do you feel about that? Not happy. Not happy. No. I get it. I get it. it's a business thing. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's a boat ton of money. For licensing fees. Yeah. Like they're getting boat tons of money. And it's, you know, hey, if, if, Acrisher is them. Acrisher. I don't even make sure I'm pronouncing it because I'm just in denial. <laughs> um, I mean, if they're willing to step up and pay, that I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, you're, it's years ago, you know, Montana, I don't know, old guys, um, played in Candlestick Park, you yeah. know, and then they yeah. moved. And or they they renamed it. It wasn't Candlestick Park, but it was still Candlestick Park. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. The, the announcers wouldn't call it that, but the fans did. You know, yeah. and and it's going to be that way in Pittsburgh. It's yeah, it's always going to be Heinz Field. The, you know? the, the yeah. LA, LA Coliseum. It's always yeah. going to be the LA yeah. Coliseum. It's always going to be the Coliseum. Yep. Yeah. Always have the Rose Bowl there. Yeah, always. And that's the LA Coliseum. You know, and uh, it's always going to be that way. There's the other one um, up in Greenback, you know. Limbo. Yeah, I don't think they're ever going to have a closed-in stadium. No. That's the Green Bay Packers. You go up there, you're going to freeze your buns off. <laughs> you know, they're not going to have a dome. And and the th- I mean, the Heinz the Heinz company is just it made sense. It's they're from the area. I mean, it's yeah. a Pittsburgh company. They're yeah. you're uh-huh. never. It's not like you know. It's it's not like the Heinz was a company from you know who knows where that bought the rights and we had success and we liked the company and now we're just going to switch the name. Yeah. No, this, Heinz helped build Pittsburgh as much as the Steelers. I mean, it yeah. was just one of those things that it makes, you know, you're still going to walk in the stadium and go get your hot dog and you're still going to be pumping out, you know, Heinz mustard and Heinz ketchup. Yeah. Relish. Relish. It's, yeah. it's still, they're, they're still in the stadium. So, yeah. you know, you, you know, just because the name across the board is gone, <laughs> you know, and credit and credit to Heinz and credit to the Steelers. You know, people were like, oh, you know, they're taking down the bottles on the outside. Well, they did come to an agreement that they're still going to have Heinz displayed inside the stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, when they get, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but when the Steelers, you know, would be on the field and they get within, you know, in the 20-yard line, they get in the red zone. It's the Heinz red zone. Okay. And these little ketchup bottles would tip on the sides of the scoreboard and they would turn red. Oh, that's dope. Not cool. sure if they're still going to do the ketchup bottles, but it's still going to be called in the stadium during the game the Heinz Red Zone. Right. So they're right. still with it sponsoring the state, you know, the yeah. team. They're still there. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're not on the board out front. They're not going to be, you know, you know, you're not going to hear, you know, 
Aikman and Joe Buck, and welcome to you know Heinz Field. Now it's gonna welcome to Akron Stadium. Yeah, you know, Akron sure. Yeah. You're still going to see that. that. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it's still you know you can call it whatever you want. It's still mm-hmm. gonna you know my hat from the okay? turn. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a Reading Indians hat. Yeah, because I'm a Cleveland man. Sorry, I'm a Cleveland Indians fan. Well, and, right, yeah. But they're the Guardians. I get it. Someday, one day, I'll call them the Guardians. But you're Indians. still going to hear it fly out of my mouth. They're the Cleveland Indians, and yep. it's it's a hard thing. Really, that's it's their a, name now. The Guardians. They're the Guardians. Yeah, I would have named them the Redskins just for the hell of it. Actually, you... to go on a sidetrack. Sorry, to go, no, on, no, to, go on, to go on a sidetrack. Now we're going to go. We're going to go away from the Steelers, and we're going to go away from football. Yeah. Um, when they were when they said they were going to change the name, I totally get it. I understand the world we live in. You know, so whether you agree with it or not, I understand why they're doing it. Okay, I really wanted them to become to be the Cleveland Spiders. Okay, because before they were the Indians, they had a they they used to change names of the team like constantly back yeah. in the early 1900s. Yeah, um, for a while they were they, they were, I think they were the Blue Waves. <laughs> um, they were you know something else of that, but Spiders was one of the names that, yeah. that they were that really stuck, and I was like, that's kind of you don't hear of a team called the spiders say, like there's, there's no college teams there's no other sports you know the, the spiders i mean that's kind of cool you could do you know the spider and the baseball and it, you know, the contrast is good yeah. you, you could really run with this and it's a historical thing you know mm-hmm. and then they went guardians and i'm like All yeah right. yeah you know what though the spiders i think i might have like a little bit of arachnophobia because you said the spiders and i was like i got like a little chill and i was like oh my god well yeah like spiders like the little you ever hear like the like they have that yeah. they make you mentioned doing that like in the in like the stadium, and someone has like arachnophobia, like freak out. That'd be kind of funny. See, we put yeah. f- it, the name itself just puts put fear, fear into people. You know, <laughs> they just because they just sneak out. Like you never see a spider coming. Like you just see it after it's already where it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you just see a spider. It's like oh, it's like right next to me, right? Um, no, that that actually would have been cool because uh, there's no there's nothing named the spiders. There's no there's not a lot of insects really. Yeah, there's the hornets in basketball. That's it, maybe. Yeah, like all, everything else is like the eagles, you know, like and you the can, commanders, and, and which is so, also stupid, you know. And 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 you want to go different, you want to go unique, you know, yeah. like the hockey team in Seattle, they're the Kraken. That one, you know, that one's cool. like yeah, and it's cool, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's different. Kraken. Nobody else did that, so they could have done including, but they, you know, and yeah, there's nobody else called the Guardians, but I don't know, it's it doesn't have a con- it has a connection to the city because I don't know if you guys know the reason why it's the Guardians. No, I don't know. The, the the river runs through the Cuyahoga runs through Cleveland, mm-hmm. and right, right through the middle of town. Right, and there is a bridge that crosses the Cuyahoga, and it's one of those old bridges been you know built a billion years ago kind of thing, yeah. and it has it's out of stone, and on on both ends of the bridge, they have um, statues built into, and they're the guardians. Oh okay. Oh okay. Um, if you ever seen the movie Major League, no, I have not. It's it's, it, it's an eighties movie, but it's about the Cleveland Indians. The comedy yeah. movie about the Indians. Um, but the very first shot of the movie, it it's different different shots from around the city. But the very first shot they have is the Guardians, the Guardians on the bridge. Okay, oh, so that's cool. I mean, yeah, okay. the, so they are part of Cleveland history. They are part of the city kind All of right. thing, which is why they went that route. You know, yeah, so it makes sense. It you know, yeah, that, that the name the name's not catchy. It doesn't roll off your tongue. It's you know, yeah, it's probably going to take like but, 
it's going to take a yeah. little bit. Like five to ten years before people are like, oh, it's just, it just becomes accepted. You know, people are like, you know, they ask me, like, oh, you're Indians fans. Are like, yeah. you, are you going to get new Guardian stuff? I'm like, no. <laughs> no? Like, why, would I, why would I do such a I have, I have a closet full of Indian stuff I need to wear before it falls off my body before I replace it. You know? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. you know, I got yeah. this hat for 10 years. I've, you know, it's broken yeah, exactly. in. It's my favorite hat. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the same thing. It's like if... Like going back to the Akershaw thing, if they if they change the the name of the Eagle Stadium, if I can't call it the Link anymore, oh, I'm gonna I might kill myself because that's such an iconic. Like everyone says, I'm going to the Link. Like oh, we're here at the Link. Like it's synonymous. It's the Link. But that you know was. I mean? But see, that was the thing though. When you guys before you played at the Link, and before the Phillies played it. They call it the vault, don't they? Isn't that the nickname for it? Yeah, the bank, it's the vault. It's the bank, yeah. the vault, yeah. You know, they played at the vet, and the vet was iconic, and it was this, and it was, yeah. you know, but it didn't have a naming right, so it wasn't like, you know, the vet was the vet kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, you know, what are we going to do? Well, you know, they came up with, okay, we have a licensing thing, and we're going to call it the link. And it's yeah. and it and it, and it helped. Dope. It helped. Yeah. You know, we're building this new stadium, but we're not going to call it the vet. We're going to call it this. And it was like, okay, we have something we can latch on to. The link, yeah. That's you know, Philadelphia is going to be in a in that situation when what happens when Lincoln Financial stops? Yeah, you know, I mean the the what is it the Wells Fargo Center now? Yeah, that's not you even know. going to be a they're, they're building a new one. Well, right. well, the Wells yeah. Fargo Center was it was when it was originally built was Core States or something something like it, that. You yeah. know, when it replaced the Spectrum. Thank God. I love the Spectrum. Oh, oh my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a special place in my heart for the Spectrum. I, I've never, no, I've just, I, I've never been to any one of them. I've, I've seen the Wells Fargo Center. I've never, never heard about but, the Spectrum. But there was, it, I think it was originally Course. It was a, some bank was the it's name. Like Wachovia to it. or something like Yeah. That. And then it was Wachovia. Yeah. And then it was First Union. By the way, First Union was the best name for the place because they called the FU Center. Oh, if that ain't Philly, if amazing. that ain't Philly, <laughs> where you playing it? We're playing at the FU Center. Right. <laughs> yeah, boy, bring it. That was it. That was the shit. Damn, that was no, the yeah. one. <laughs> that was the thing. And cool. Now it's Wells Fargo, but you know. And yeah. So I mean, the names are going to change, and it, it's yeah. and when you're latched, when you're as you know, and no one cared, no one said anything. You know, the Flyers fans, Sixers fans, yeah. they didn't you know yell and scream and this and that. But I guarantee you. Lincoln Financial comes off the front of that. Eagles fans are gonna, it's they're gonna lose it. It's blood in the streets. Yeah. It's, it's, they better it's, grease up the poles because we're know, gonna be climbing up them again. You guys are gonna know how the people in Pittsburgh felt, you know, because yeah. that's just you're you're just invested in it. Well, it's just what you do. Even when they when they changed Heinz Field, I was like, I, I was even telling like like uh, like I was watching it with with Charles and I was watching it with my uh, mom, and I was like inexplicably offended. Like I was just like offended. They were like, they were like, yeah, it's gonna be Acrisure Stadium. I'm like, this is gross. Where'd they get that name from? Acrisure is like a financial technology company. It's no, really, is that their name? Acrisure. Acrisure. A C R I S U R E. Yeah, yeah. Did I spell it right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Acrisure Stadium. I'm a real fan. I know. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's but this Acrisure sucks. That's an awful name. I mean, sorry to the company. I'm probably never going to get spon- <laughs> sponsored by a financial company. Scratch, Acrisure, scratch. Yeah, first union. Yeah, scratch. <laughs> F you. No, no, we don't want that. Yeah, the link. There's still hope for. There's still yeah. hope for the link. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I didn't I didn't like it because again, it's it's like a staple. Like whenever you hear somebody like, I remember we I remember being down in Florida like when I was a kid, right? And people were like, oh yeah, like I'm from Pittsburgh. Like you know, I grew up X amount. Of, I grew up next by the. Uh, 
Heinz Field. You're like, oh, shit. Okay, you're from Pittsburgh. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like a staple of Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Or, like, I don't know. It just it doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even like saying the name. And I'm not really yeah. even – like, I, I would say that my – like, if I had to root for a team other than the Eagles, it's probably the Steelers. Just because I don't – like, everything – like, I just like Pennsylvania. Like, I'm just a homer like that. So. Yeah, ditto. Yeah, like I just, I'm just a homer. Like I, I, I'd rather, and the same thing with like the Olympics too. Is like, like I'm like heritage wise, I'm Puerto Rican, right? But then I saw that the woman who runs for Puerto Rico is from the U.S. I'm like, you traitor, bro! Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how dare you, yeah. you know? But like, yeah. but no, but I'm, I'm happy for it. But like, I'm just, I'm just a homer when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I felt like ugh, I was just offended. It just, I don't even like saying the name. I'm still gonna call it Heinz Field. But well, uh, what do you think about it? I used to watch my baseball games at Shide Park. <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies played. Yeah. At the 23rd and Hunting Park. That was Shibe, S-H-I-B-E Park. Yeah. And uh, Philadelphia Athletics. Under, and then it became Connie Mack Stadium. Oh, my the, God. The owner. Damn. The owner of the Philadelphia A's. Yeah. Player, owner, uh, um, player. Coach and owner of the Philadelphia Athletics. That's all he ever was. That dude doesn't get cut. <laughs> he's batting one twenty. We should send him down. No, he's the owner, yeah. dude. He's, like, he's, hey, he's batting yeah. lead off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you try to fire him and then he fires you the next day. I don't even think that Connie Mack Stadium is there anymore. Yeah. That's uh, why I remember football, like baseball being called. I remember like in yeah. in Whitehall they were like they had a, a Connie Mack league for yeah. like little kids. I had no idea that that had the. Anything to do with with, with yeah. Philly? Connie Mack, his statue was outside of his all statue was also. They moved that statue when they wrecked the park. They moved it to the Baseball Hall of Fame. The oh. statue of Connie Mack, you know, yeah. and what he did for baseball, just uh, what that man did for baseball. Yeah. And he was all Philadelphia, he was all Philadelphia Athletics, and that's the only thing he ever did was yeah. a baseball player. Then he was a coach. Then he was an owner. Then he was a Philadelphia icon. So yeah, then uh, of course in football it was Bert Bell, born and raised in Philadelphia, first NFL commissioner. You know, yeah. and uh, I'm I'm used to listen to the Vet Stadium. That's where the Eagles won their championship in 1960. Uh, they won their championship in 1948 at Scheib Park, mm. which was before Connie Mack Stadium. Okay. Um, we, we that's where I went to see it. Nineteen forty nine. I didn't see that game that was played in L.A. That was a deal. Yeah. when they beat the Rams. When they repeated and beat the Rams, fourteen to seven. Uh, high scoring game. Oh, high scoring game. Yeah. And 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 I like uh, Soldier Field, Veteran Stadium. I I like these uh, tribute to Americana, you know, which is yeah. the country where we are, the red, white, and blue, and anything that's in tribute to that. You know, Soldier Field is just a First World War term. Mm-hmm. And that comes out of 1919 when the boys came back. The, the soldiers out. came back from the First World War, the Doughboys and all. And they <laughs> the called that, yeah, and they, they called that Chicago Soldier Field in commemoration to our boys in the First World War. And it's still that way today. And I hope it never, ever changes. Well, and uh, that'll be the thing. I mean, if the Bears, if the bears move, oh, you oh, know. man. If the bears, Damn. if the bears move, I mean, they're not gonna, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna go the same, and that's what happens. Like the Steelers for a long time, it was three rivers, you know, for three rivers. It was, it was the vet, you know. Yeah. It was they were these stadiums, and then when they build the new ones, we need to get some revenue. 
name the stadium. Now it's now it's naming right. So the minute the minute the Bears move and they're out of Soldier Field, yeah. <sighs> what are they going to name it? You, you think Holy you think crap. the Steelers fans were upset? Holy cow! The Bears fans they might burn the city down. Yeah, you know if they don't, don't it, if if whoever does the name if, and I know they've said the, the idea is they're going to try and renovate Soldier Field, but I mean how many. How many times can they've you renovate it, like, it? Yeah, they've done it like you know, six times already. And I know the one group has already said they've they've already got a spot for it outside the city in the whole nine yards. But yeah. if whoever does the naming for it, they need they need to be smart about it. No, like you said earlier, know your audience, know yeah. know know the know the fans. They got to call it Soldier Field by, you know, yeah. and then their name is. The secondary, their, yeah. their company is the secondary, you know, yeah, or or it's got to be like Lou Malinati's or something. Yeah, like that. Like it's got to be like the pizza right, or right. something. You know, yeah. it's it's right. got they've got to incorporate it because if they if they walk in there and they're not something, you know, like for the vet Lincoln Financial, you know, yeah, they're, the vet, the Link, they're they're yeah, part yeah, of Philadelphia. Yeah. They're part of Philadelphia. They're not something. Something you know, people Chicago. in your Acrisure, nobody yeah. knows who that is in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You got it. You got it. You got to bring it that connection. If you're not naming it Soldier Field, you got to have some connection to, to Chicago. Because yeah. otherwise, the, the the Bears fans will I, not I, accept it. I, I yeah. don't think it can be Capone Stadium, though. I don't think they'll get away with that. Oh, that's such that, a that would name. that would be more that would be more like the where the White Sox are. That's right. more you know that side of town. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. But, well, uh, how did yeah. how did you feel about when they like you were when did they when the link was built like recently like in the early two yeah, thousands sure. right Freaking, yeah yeah so, in the last twenty years yeah so like how, did you feel weird like when they moved from the vet to the link. Yeah, like, did oh, you yeah. have like an odd feeling? Well, because I was too uh, young, I was like four or five. Mr. Philadelphia was Mr. Eagle, and that guy's name was Chuck Bednarik, and yeah. he uh, he went to school right here in Bethlehem. And when they played for the city championship and the state championship, that was played at the Veterans Stadium. That was um, Penn, Pennsylvania University's football stadium. It's still there? And still oh there. yes, it is Pennsylvania. Penn uses that stadium as their college stadium. Yeah. And then Chuck Bednarik went to Pennsylvania University. Yeah. Did he go to Penn State or UPenn? Four years, Penn. Penn. That was the football college. The Ivy Leagues were (laughs) huge before and just after the Second World War. Yeah. Okay, long before the, you know, the the Auburns and the Michigans and then all the LSU and all that stuff. Long before that. The Ivy League was the big football conference. Uh, Cornell and Harvard and Princeton, Princeton Dart- Dartmouth, you know, and Penn, you know, and all of that. Yale, Yale, Harvard was actually a good game. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. Now, Yale, there's like there's like ten Yale, people there yeah. watching. Yeah, jeez, yeah. And the stadiums were packed, you know. Yeah. And the Army Navy game was played at the Municipal Stadium in Philadelphia. That that seated. 100,000 people that was built by the city of Philadelphia for one game a year, the Army-Navy football game. Called Jesus. the Municipal Stadium right along the Delaware. Oh, my God. That was a big horseshoe stadium, 100,000 people, and they jammed that once a year. So Chuck Bednarik played all of his home games, okay, in yeah. college at the Vet. Yeah. And he played 17 years professional games at the Vet, all of the home games this guy did not move football stadium. His home football stadium was the same stadium for twenty three years. You know, and so that's nuts. So that's uh, and uh, and the older you get, 
and I, and I and I guess I might classify myself as old. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like change. I mean, it's I'm just I'm very resistant to to change. Yeah. You know, and I got a ten-year-old car, and I got a thirty-nine-year-old house, and I don't like change. Yeah. And you're not going to move me out of here. I'm going to move <laughs> out through that door, feet first, and and I just don't like change. And once I see something that I like or I enjoy, the Cleveland Indians, oh, that's an American staple. That's that's a tribute to Native Americans, the Washington Redskins, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. These are really cool names. I mean, you could go with uh, you could go with the Akron Savages. That's a really cool name, you know. Uh, you can't help Akron. That sounds kind of corny. It's a steel city, you know. <laughs> it's an industrial city. That's not a great name. I don't know who they named that after. They went Toledo, you know. It's his name after an Italian immigrant, I guess. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, but uh, th- these Indian names, you know. Um, are really cool. They're, they're, they're tribute to Native Americans, and I think we went the other way with that. I yeah. think we never should have got away from that. You know, the Redskins are a damn good name. The Savages are a good name. The Vikings are a cool name. Somebody come out with the word Giants. That was so cool. Really big, tough people. And Vikings. Oh man, you know, Eagle, the symbol of America. The Bear, which is a symbol of Russia. Teddy Roosevelt wanted to make the bear the symbol of America. Hence, we have the teddy bear yeah. in honor of his bear. He, he wanted to change from the eagle to the bear. No, 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 no. Instead, I mean, I like Teddy, but I like Teddy, but no, no, no. Instead, he got teddy bear, which is the first toy <coughs> any child, male or female, gets as a baby, a yeah. teddy bear. Unless your name is Jason Thomas, then I got an alligator. That's, <laughs> That's what I got. I got an alligator I, that I would wrestle I with. got you a teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. No, my, oh, mom, and, mom okay. got me an alligator. Uh, and it might not have been the first. Yeah, mom got Go me an alligator that okay. I had since I was like yeah. you know, two or three. And, and I think it had a, real scales and everything, and I would sleep right. on it. I was I, like, I got a teddy bear for Victoria. Yeah. All of my children and all of my grandchildren. Yeah. Teddy bear. And that's how famous it is, and that's where it came from. Yeah. And and the whole, you know, the Indians had to change. The I think the Indians' problem was the logo. When they first changed the names of the Indians, they didn't have the Chief Wahoo logo. That wasn't the character. Like they had a C on their uniform, like they started yeah. to recently, and they still do. And um, everyone has a C. You know, right? it it yeah. turned into this logo because they wanted to. They did a contest, and it's actually I think it was like a seventeen-year-old kid. Came, came up, came up with the first Chief Wahoo, and they were like, "Oh yeah, cool." And they tweaked it a little bit and cleaned it up, and you know, and they ran with it. And people actually started protesting the Indians in the seventies. Yeah. So, and I think it was because the logo, you know, yeah, it, it, you can do it. I mean, you can use a Native American name. The Florida State Seminoles. Seminoles, yeah. They they have been associated with Seminole Nation forever. And the way they did it was they went to the Seminole Indians and they're like, "This is what we want to do. Yeah. Advise us. Tell us what is. Tell us what's right. Tell us what's wrong, because we don't want to go out there and do something that's going to disrespect you. Yeah. You know. And they have this partnership with the Seminole Nation. And yeah. you know when they 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 have they have their I don't want to call it a mascot the 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 representative that rides out on the horse. You yeah. know, in in garb." That's authentic garb. 
And yeah. it's because the Seminoles told him, this is what you do, and this is how you act, and this is what you do. Like, if you do this on the field, you know, we wouldn't do that. That's not acceptable to us. So mm-hmm. you can do it. You can make it work. Yeah. You know, it's just when you do, like, the Cleveland Indians, you come up with this ridiculous caricature that, you know, yeah. looks very close to caricatures of African-Americans from, you yeah. know, the early years. Yeah, the, I the can blackface. Yeah, the stuff, blackface. Yeah. I mean, I can really. Uh, you can kind of understand why people are upset about it. And the in, in the Cleveland organization years ago, okay, they phased out Chief Wahoo. Yeah, you know that's is, not, that, is they, that the one that had the big smile or whatever. He had yeah, the, it's this one. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. That's 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 yeah. him. Right. Um, actually, big smile was, on it. You I, know, I, I actually liked that. I thought it was pretty cool. It, yeah, but I mean, we're also not Native American, so <laughs> yeah, right. I don't, I don't, I'm not yeah, from yeah. from my viewpoint. It, oh yeah, it looks fun and this and that, and that's fine. And I and I get people were upset about it. And Cleveland went the way they phased out the logo. Yeah, but I think it had gotten too big, and there was nothing that was going to stop the fervor short of changing the name. Yeah, plus you know? when you have like what sixty thousand fans yeah. that regularly come to games, yeah. like. And then those those fans goes back and they say they have two kids and yeah you know and then it just doubles and stuff but, but you know what though even even I I remember um a, a little while ago when when the Redskins stuff first came out that was like twenty seventeen ish is when they were talking about changing the name um and the people weren't even like a lot of like at least the Native American people that I had talked to were they were like we don't even really care about like that kind of stuff like we we actually just kind of want like healthcare. And we just kind of want to like not live on a reservation, like you know what I mean. Like we just want to. How about we not be in poverty? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I was like, you know what? That's a good point. You know. But then my, um, I remember I had a teacher in high school, uh, Mr. Kahalen, right? Um, and he was like, he was like also, but you have to like realize too that if 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 like a team came out if like they were and they were known as like the Long Island Blackies, then people would be like what dude like be like they'd be like uh yeah that's that's not like or or if like the the mlb started like a negro league again you'd be like um this yeah this isn't like going over well you know like it just it, it kind of you can see if you kind of backtrack just a few years you can see like oh like i i see where people are coming from like i understand yeah. what this is and at the time like the negro league was huge like it it was it was like uh, you know, it was the MLB, and then during the segregation, you had the Negro League, and people would watch it. They were fans. They would sell out these stadiums, you know, and it was a good thing because you had, you know, these young black people from, you know, every corner of America that could go and they could play a game that they loved. But now it's just we we wouldn't even think about segregating today, you know. Yeah. And so I guess when you when you put it in the context of today, it puts it into perspective. But then at the same time we also have to look at history through the context of history. You know, we have to look at it through like, was this acceptable at the time? And I'm sure in the seventies it was like, you know, it was always okay to have like an Indian logo. And, and again, like we all are like, Oh, it looks kind of cool. Like it's kind of an awesome thing, but we, we, yeah, we don't, we don't know where the actual people of that race or ethnicity, how they identify with it. So I see, I see, but I, I kind of see both sides of it in a way, I guess. Um, it but, all comes from the hippie movement of the sixties. Yeah. When they started questioning everything. Yeah. And everything was either okay or it was offensive. The word black is yeah. night. Night is black. Black equals shadows. Black is bad. 
sunlight is sun. Sun is good. It makes flowers grow. It gives us sunshine, vitamin D. It is light. It is safe. The bad guys in the movies back in the 30s and the 40s and in the 50s, the bad guys wore black. They, drove, they, they rode a black horse, and they had a black hat. And, yeah. the, main, and the leader of the bad guys was Blackie. We're going to take it to Blackie. So every B cowboy movie out there, the bad guy was named either Blackie or Trent. Trent? They were the only T-R-E-N-T, Trent. They're the only two black guys That's out such there. a white name, though. <laughs> right. Now the Blackie good, or Chad. Now the good guys <laughs> wore a white hat, they wore a white horse, and a lot of white in their garment. It's a Lone Ranger. This guy wore a set of light tan tights. That's oh, nice. kind of weird when you look at it, okay? Yeah. And, and then this guy came out of the 50s, Clayton Moore, the Lone Ranger. White horse, white hat, and so forth. So black became bad, and white became right or good. That's where the separation took place. And that separation, you know, bled into our society, okay, into skin color. Black was bad. And white was good, which is wrong. It should have never made that leap. Yeah. Somehow, it did. You know, and uh, as I was growing up, you know, um, if if you were a black kid and we played cowboys and Indians, you couldn't be an Indian because you weren't red. <laughs> well, nobody else was red either. So okay, so that means the, the white kids could be red. Okay. And, and the black kids were the cowboys, the same as most of the white kids were cowboys. So we played cowboys and Indians. Oh, okay. So, and we, we just, that, that's just a way it's separated. If you weren't, if you weren't white, you, you couldn't be an Indian because you weren't red. You were black. So you had to be either a cowboy, and if you were a cowboy, you were a bad guy. You were the robber and the thief and all of this stuff. And the, and the white kid, well, he was Sunset Carson. He was Hopalong Cassidy. Uh, he was the Lone Ranger. And the Lone Ranger was a black man, by the way. Yeah, they're coming out with a movie. His name oh, is... Oh. And if... No, I didn't want to... I don't want to get off the subject. <laughs> but if the, who played Lethal Weapon? Who was a black guy that played Lethal Weapon? Danny Glover. Danny he, Glover. He's, he's, my, he's my Reeves. If he was younger, <clears throat> that's Bass Reeves. He's big, and just stick a handlebar mustache on this guy, and he has the persona, the character, to play uh, uh, Bass Reeves as the Lone Ranger, apprehending 2,400 bad guys, former slave, as an Arizona, as an Oklahoma Ranger. What uh, a goon. He's part guy, of the goon squad, that guy. This guy was bad <laughs> what a dude. news. Right, he shot and killed 600 people with his badge on, Arrested twenty four hundred another eighteen on twenty four hundred altogether. He had eight children. Right? And his good friend was a Native American Indian named Tonto. So in the thirties when um well television came out in nineteen thirty nine and the thirty nine World's Fair, okay, uh they didn't feel that America was ready for a black hero. And so comes along Clayton Moore with a black mask, okay? And everything else was white or light-colored. 
he was a Lone Ranger because they felt America could buy that as a hero. He was a person that was put on all the cereal boxes and and all the cowboy uniforms that you could buy. You could buy Lone Ranger pistols and with the, and all this stuff with the Lone Ranger. Anyway, that's where all that came from. Yeah. So we've evolved into a kinder, gentler America today. Yeah. The black can be good. Black can be great. Right. You know, black can be all of this here positive stuff. It doesn't have to be a shadow anymore. You know. And this is a better America. I think we've evolved through all of that. And I'm really surprised to see Cleveland change the name from Indian to anything else. You know, this is in honor of, like the Seminoles, this is in honor of the Native American people. Boston Redskins. That's where the name came from because they were the Boston Redskins before they moved to Washington. And they were the Redskins because white people painted their head faces red and stuck a feather in their hair, that wig they called hair, okay, and threw all this tea off aboard ship. And that's where the name come from. That didn't even come from an American Indian. Yeah. That came from people impersonating American Indians. And uh, should we we honor that? Sure. Because we were demonstrating against taxes. No No representation in Parliament. What are you taxing us for? That's a good argument, and that's a way of, of, of propagating that argument at that time in Boston. And I think we should honor that by saying Washington Redskins. Why not? Why change? And me, I'm so resistant to change. I mean, just, yeah. it's just I, like changing Cadillac. And I, and I think it kind of goes back to, you know, you can do it. You just have to do it the right way. I mean... You know, yeah. if well, and the Cleveland Indians went with the name because at the time the Boston Braves, yeah, were, were successful. Yeah. So they were kind of linking it in that way, and it and it it's fine. You can you can use a name, mm-hmm. but I think what you you can't appropriate it is what I think the problem is. Is that you know? It, well, what do you mean by appropriate? Um, I'm not challenging just, you. I just want to know. No, I'm, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to, to yeah, word yeah. word it the right way. How Sorry I, about that. Until it makes sense, you just can't say, oh, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna okay, it's this," and you know, if it has to do, and because back in the 30s, the 1915, you know, 1930s, whatever, it didn't matter. You just you change the name, and that's what it was. But nowadays, you have to be considerate of who who your audience is. You know who you're speaking to. You can't just say, you can't just appropriate something. You know whether it's you know heritage, whether it's namesake, whether it's whatever. You know and say this is what we're doing. Um, you know it's. I always like to throw it out there as you know, you don't hear Irish people you know protesting at Notre Dame. Yeah. You know we, you know Irish people are like oh you know you make mm-hmm. us all sound like we're all leprechauns and all we do is fight you know this and that. Yeah. It's like okay you know that's. Wow, that's they, not. They, 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 you know, they understand to get it. And I'm sure some people don't like it, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, you can't just, you know, roll out there, you know, like Florida State. You know, you can't just roll out there and say, okay, you know, we're going to be we're going to be the Seminoles and you're going to, you know, run out there and throw a teepee out there on the 50-yard line and you're going to throw smoke signals and this and that and, you know, <laughs> and, op- and basically like just appropriate <laughs> yeah. what you think it should be. And then people were like, wait a minute, we live this, you know, 
you're that's not what it's supposed to be. You know, you can do it. You can do it the right way. You can, you know, if you know you you want to be called the Redskins because of this, you have to you have to from the start point you have to make it work. You can't just do it. And the problem is is that it's like like with the Cleveland Indians, protests started back in the seventies. Yeah, fifty years later, people were still protesting in this. And well, so it got to the point that yeah. Cleveland couldn't do anything but yeah, scrap the whole thing, change it because they changed the logo, which was the most offensive thing. And at that point, the, the it was the beast was out of the box. It was yeah. too big. It well, was, it had taken on a life of its own. There was no end result other than change the name, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and. Right now, the Boston, the Atlanta Braves are still the Atlanta Braves. The Kansas yeah. City Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Yeah. And, yeah, you hear protests. You hear people say they should change the name, this and that. But there isn't that wholesale something to latch on to. You know, with, with the Washington Commanders, it was the Redskins. It's like the along, along the lines, it was Redskins became an, the offensive word. You can't use that because it's an offensive word, yeah. and I don't know. I don't know if it is or it isn't. I'm not a Native American. I don't live in that world. Is it true? Is it perceived? There's no Native American out there. It's offended. I don't know that. I don't well, know that, and I can't say that it is or it isn't. Well, I'm, but I somewhere talk, along the line, yeah. what that became the accepted truth. So, at that point, you know, when that became the accepted truth to everyone. There was no going back from anything other than changing that name, you know, and that's what happened in Cleveland. It it got it built itself to the point where whatever it was that offended, oh. getting rid of that wasn't enough. You needed to wholesale change it from the well, from from the jump. Yeah. When I saw you know? the logo of Cleveland of Chief Yahoo, I saw an American Indian with a smile on his face. You never see that. That's because they were persecuted and they were hunted, okay, only because they were getting ripped off. That's not going to make people smile. So maybe maybe that's what they said. Maybe that's what they said. Yeah. We're making fun of, of a chief by calling him Yahoo, okay, and by putting a scoopy grin on his face. Maybe that's what they said, and I can understand that. Uh, that could have been serious. The Viking is not smiling, all right, the eagle is not smiling. I never saw an eagle smile anyway. They don't have no right. teeth. Right. 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 Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, just yeah, eat yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's pretty poor. Okay. I, I, I've never ever seen a giant smile, you know, like this. So I, I guess the cartoon was probably the turnoff. Although the cartoon's cool. I think that's a really neat looking cartoon. It didn't mean that to me. It didn't mean like somebody was making fun of the American Indian. Okay. It was a. To them, it was a damn good way of life. And they didn't believe in owning anything. You they, know, and we talk about owning land. I own this little piece of property out back. Have I touched it in 39 years? No. Have I walked it in 39 years? Two or three times. What in the hell do I own it for? It's <laughs> there when I see it. It's mine as I see it. Okay? Okay? It's yours as you see it. And it's yours as you see it. And, and this is how the American Indian felt. We share the land. Oh, wait a minute. Communistic. Uh, no, 
what do you call that philosophy coming in here? But Marxism. We'll share it. <laughs> we'll hunt on Socialism. it. Socialism. We'll farm on it. In England, if you shoot a deer on somebody else's property, it's their deer. Yeah. Well, we don't feel that way. The Indian didn't feel that way. Nobody owns them. Can you own the sky? Well, we're trying to. It's called air rights, which is really getting fuzzy. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to own the sky. We're, we're, we're giving that a shot. Okay. And we're but, the closest ones because we could just enforce it. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. the same thing. And then they, they were okay with sharing. And there are communities in Texas, uh, communities where Indians and black folks and Germans, okay, are sharing the land, and they're all getting along great. In October, there's an Oktoberfest down there. It's uh, south of Laredo. No, it can't be south of Laredo. It's south of Austin, Texas, mm. okay? And they do an Oktoberfest for three weeks every year. And you'll see the community doing the Yompa Band. You'll see them doing powwows. Okay, um, and you'll, you'll you'll see them doing African traditional dances and uh, food and all this stuff down there, and they still get along as a mixed community. There have never been any problems, social problems in that community. Uh, before I die, I'd like to see that, and that, that's the way it should be. There was a, in that community down there. There was a. There was a, a white person came through with eight wagons tacked on back of each other, full of black people in cages, and they were selling these people. Well, they came into this community. They killed the dude that was selling the people. They freed the black people, and they showed them how to create a home and a, and, and a garden and a farm and how to hunt and how to survive. And that's how that community was founded, by sharing. And... uh that community still exists today. And I would definitely like to see that. And this, cool. is, this is what need to, we need to celebrate today. Not so much the Indians and the Redskins and the Braves and the Savages and all this <laughs> stuff. You know, that's, that's not even window dressing. That, that's honoring the American, Native American. We need also need to celebrate Bass Reeves, um, uh, uh, Biddy Mason. I could go on and on. This this uh, this community down there in south of Austin, Texas, and that's what we need to celebrate. That is American. That is truly American stuff. Uh, jazz is American. You're not going to hear that anywhere else but America, and you won't hear it good anywhere else but New Orleans. And that's where that's they true. mix. Yeah, that's just stuff that's just absolutely awesome down there. They call it Dixieland that jazz. Jazz and, and, and American country is Dixieland down there. To me, it's the most comical type of music. That's where every instrument is playing something different, and it fits. It's just comical to me, you know, and that's the truly American stuff that, you know, that, we, that we need to be celebrating, including the Indians and the Redskins and the Braves and the Seminoles and, you know, and, and uh, Chief Yahoo and... Um, I don't say Chief Yahoo. I, I, I'd rather see Sitting Bull or something like that there on Crazy Horse. Well, there's a caricature for you. Crazy Horse. Make a caricature out of that. I, 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 think, that would, <laughs> I think that would go. I really do. Yeah, but that dude is a death stare. Anyway, that's Did you just, ever see that guy's picture? Yeah. Crazy Horse? He's just like <laughs> staring at the camera. He looks like he's trying to kill you. 
right? <laughs> and the guy was that picture was taken what two hundred years ago. Well, that's that was nuts. Well, that, that's that, that's why they called him that. Yeah, you know, they were very matter of fact people. If your name yeah. was Gentle Fawn, that means you were a female, and you were a very gentle person, right? And, and if you were uh, named something else, it really what you did, crazy horse, you know, or they named you some one of their own names, okay, yeah. uh, Sitting Bull. Uh, I guess the guy didn't move around a lot, and he was big. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's probably why I didn't move. This is, there's just a lot of, like, you know, stuff involved with that. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, again, whenever we, unless we have, like, a Native American that we can, like, talk to about it, then I guess we're never really going to know, just us three sitting here. But um, I don't know. I, I guess the at the end of the day, the, the Guardians did what they had to do. They felt like they had to do. And yeah. um, the community rallied around and did something that they felt was necessary as well. So, um I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't hate it. It's just, that's just the way things are now, I guess. But um, there's a couple of things that we have here to talk about outside of the AccraSure change. Okay. Um, and namely, uh, I think go, sort of staying in the past a little bit, uh, Dick Vermeil, this is what he said before he went into the Hall of Fame. He said, uh, I'm going into the Hall of Fame as an Eagle. Um, he, he said, Philadelphia is my home, my home team. It's where I live, and I deeply identify with the community. Um, so even though he coached, like, you know, the greatest show on – was it the greatest show on turf? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, coached them. Uh, he said he, he still lives in Philly. Um, I, I, th- I, I think I have an idea where he lives, but I'm not going to say it on here because I don't want nobody to, like, you know, find Dick Vermeule for some reason. But um, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. And he said that he, he couldn't talk about Ron Jaworski because he didn't want to cry. Um, yeah, in yeah. front of everyone, and uh, I thought that was kind of cool. And I think, like, even um, did you guys see last year when was it Jimmy Johnson when he got when that that big dude that the biggest dude I've ever seen in my entire life just come like with this huge deep voice, and he shows up and he's like, "You're going to the Hall of Fame. Thank you for what you do for the game." Right? Did you see like Troy Aikman was crying like in the booth watching it. Yeah. You see that last year? I I never realized how much like a coach and a player like really bond right until like, I mean, obviously you know, it's there because you spend, I mean, as a man, you probably spend more time with your coach than you do your own dad. Right. If you're playing at that level. Um, but it's just kind of crazy how like deep, like the connection is with these guys. And um, it kind of makes you feel bad for like guys like Josh Rosen and people that just don't get a fair shot because like they just don't have consistency at the coaching position. And it yeah. kind of like you, you see like, the reason they were so successful is because they had such a like a connection, right? And they were so like, I don't, I wouldn't say involved with each other because maybe it was like, you know, they weren't like the best of friends, but they have such an immense respect. But you almost feel bad, like you, if you have like four or five different coaches in your tenure at like a team, it's like you never really get a chance to build that. And you, and you yeah. see why chemistry is so important, you know, in um, like in trying to win a game because it's like you got fifty three men men together and you're trying to get like 22 of those guys to play together it's like that's that's tough that's like a tough thing and you see how much work those guys really put in to like get to that point i don't know i, th- I thought that was kind of interesting like uh just that relationship you know it's kind of crazy if you think about well it. let me see there was uh, uh joe gibbs and and, uh, and uh, doug williams and, uh, joe theisman there was uh marino 
and and the name of the Miami coach slips Shula. my mind. It shouldn't. Shula. Don Shula. Don Shula. Don Shula. Those two guys were brothers, and you know, every day um, there is a meeting between the quarterback and the head coach. No. You know, they set the game plan for each and every game, for each and every practice, and they have their offensive meetings, and they have their defensive meetings, and they have their quarterback meetings. And, yeah, the coach would meet with their second and third string quarterback. They would meet every day with their first string quarterback. And they would plan, and they would watch films, and they would go over the playbook, and they would go to the board and do they form a bond between Jimmy Johnson and Troy Aikman? Yeah. And in, in the Troy Aikman story, when Barry Switzer took over, and and according to Troy Aikman, we barely won that Super Bowl that year. We were not as good a football team under Barry as we were under uh, Jimmy Johnson. But you still won uh, a Super now, Bowl. Now the, these are, I barely won one. Like you still Got the, a bowl ring, though. Like, yeah. some guys don't get that in their whole life. That's one of those things you, where I could have coached that team and won the Super Bowl. It, that, oh, they were that. That's yeah, that Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson is the coach of that team that won, like but he, don't, he doesn't get the ring or the credit for it. Right. Wow. He named his, that sucks. He named his boat three rings, and he only got two. Oh, Jimmy yeah. Johnson. That's the name of his boat, three rings. There and that was his team. Well, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson and, won that every right. level, though. And um, even Troy, in his own words... Uh, Barry Switzer said, you know, I coach college and this and that, and they're boys. You guys are men. You know what to do. Get the hell out there and do it. And that was his huge motivational speech. Well, I'm sure that meant something to some. I kind of like that because yeah. personally, uh, I get to know my job so well that I don't want nor need to any supervision or coaching. I like that. I like to be yeah. dependent on for, for those results, not just a meal on the table, but to be the best at whatever you do. Okay, so I kind of like that. But that didn't ring true with everybody. Okay, Michael Irvin didn't have as good a year. Neither did Harper. Neither did Emmett. Good enough to win. Okay, good enough to win that Super Bowl. But uh, I think they went 10-6 and six that year. And they're used to going 13-3 and three and 14-2. and two. <laughs> So then... They got division, okay, and they got through the playoffs, obviously, and they got to the Super Bowl. But Troy said, if we would have had, he said, I wish, he said, if Jimmy Johnson didn't leave, we would have had at least three more balls. And that was Troy's words when I saw in football life Troy Aikman. And that's exactly what he said. He said, the year after that, the year after with the uh, 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 the year after, I don't know who coached the second year. Did um, Barry Switzer coach the second year? Uh, Switzer, I don't know how long he coached. But he, was, he was there for a few years. Okay. But the second year, he said, I was so upset with this team. I was so upset with their performance. I was so upset with the defense. I was just ripping everybody up. Because I, I left the game because... I, I just got tired of it. I just got tired of seeing people just show up. I got sick of that. You know, and we lost to teams in no way. We, we should have blown out. You know, which is them. And he didn't mention who the teams were because Troy's just a classy guy. You know, yeah. he said, but uh, if you look back, they lost against the Detroit Lions, and they haven't had a good team since the middle 50s and Bobby Lane and 
Joe Schmidt and I train lane, you know, and, and people like that. They, they had a championship caliber team, and they won two championships in the mid-50s, you know, with, with those people. And they haven't had that good of a team even with uh, Barry Sanders. They had Barry Sanders. Did they have Barry Sanders with uh, with uh, who's uh, who's a quarterback now of of the, the Rams? Oh, Stafford. No, did, no, did they no. have Sanders and Stafford no, at the same think, time no. with Calvin Johnson? No. Okay, Th- that would have put them over the top because yeah. really good people do make other people better. I, I've heard this, and then I never really had an opinion on it. Years. It doesn't take anybody to make me better. I'm just going to be the best I can be because that's how I get up in the morning. And I always believed that everybody should be like that. But then as I got older and I realized that everybody's not. They're just not that way. If they have somebody to look up to on that team, which is a real standout, they're going to be as good as that person. So are they going to play above their head to be as good as that person? No. They're going to play as good as they can be to be as good as that person. Because if they were playing above their head, they'd never get there. I'll never be five foot five. And how can I play above my head? I think that's really way off. Okay. I can be as good as I can be. And that'll, as long as I can satisfy myself that I can be. And that's in business, and that's on the football field, and that's as a father. As a breadwinner, a homeowner, you know, a husband, you know, that was always kind of important to me, you know, and that's, that's just the way I grew up, you know. And um, so I, I don't think, I don't like that where people are going to play above their heads. No. I think other people can make you better because they can make you study better and they can make you put it out there. All these intangibles that come in, that's yeah. what lights the fire in you. The design, everybody has enough talent to play professional football. You wouldn't be there. Everybody has the potential to be great because this is what you can grow into. And what puts you there is the intangibles, is the hunger, uh, the thirst, whatever you want to call it, the aggressiveness, the swag, or, you know, anything you want to call it that puts you where you at your best, not over the top. At your, there's such thing as 101%. That's idiocy. There's 100%. Anything that puts you there is intangible. If you didn't have talent and potential, uh, you wouldn't be there in the first place. You have that. These intangibles put you over the top. And I think this is what, what Calvin Johnson and, and, and um, Matt Stafford and, and, and Barry Sanders together would have done to the Lions. Because this is what Troy Aikman and, and Emmett Smith and um, Michael Irwin did. Uh, Harper never be in the Hall of Fame, but he was at his very, very best, and he was damn good because of the people that he played with. And um, and we got this. Uh, they got this big man from the Forty ers who won three Super Bowls with Dallas and two with the Forty ers He's got a fistful Super Bowls. Who's this huge man? He's a huge defensive man. Um. Damn, I know who you're talking about too. Yeah, I had it. I had it, and I lost big, it. Big, bold guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huge man, you know. And Jimmy Johnson was after this guy. Oh my God, yes, he's just, you know, he puts our defense over the top because he made everybody better. He he was like he was he, crazy though because he kicked guys in the ass. That's what he did. 
But that's okay. the thing, like you, like you were saying, you know, with Vermeil, you know, he he couldn't talk about Jaws because he had that special connection. Yeah, and you'll you'll have coaches that can motivate a team, but your really good coaches, they don't motivate all fifty three men. No. They find the leaders, mm-hmm. they yeah. motivate the leaders, and they have it trickle. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, the great example is when the Giants signed Coach um, Coughlin. Oh, yeah. They players, coaches, butted head, butted head, butted heads. It was a fight. It was ugly. It was bloodshed. And the minute Coughlin and Strahan found a common ground, that team turned around. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's all it takes. If you can, if you can find the right people, and it doesn't even have to be the quarterback. Like Coughlin with Strahan, yeah. you know, Parcells with the Giants yeah, with was, LT. was was LT. Yeah. You know, yeah, he had a special relationship with Sims, but nothing, nothing like he's got with with LT. And he knew if I can get out, if I can get LT, yeah. and we we think the same, we're pointed in the same direction, then I can I can it can spread. You can you know? get you can get you know? banks. Banks made the whole thing. You know they they you know you say the yeah. whole you you look at you look at leadership like a pyramid, you know where your head coach is here and it all trickles down. It's flip it. Your head coach is down here at the bottom. He's raising up somebody, one or two guys. They're raising up one or two guys. And if you can filter that, because you're not, you know, you can, can you motivate 53 guys all at one time? Definitely not. You might be able to do it. Yeah. You know, but you're not going to do it long term. Yeah. You know, it, you're, you're never going to do it alone. Yeah. Always got to, you always got to yeah. bring that team into it. And you always got to get everybody to buy in because the second you start, you start losing guys, you know, like Switzer went to Tech, went to Dallas. You know, you start losing, you lose the pieces. And then yeah. it, it just all, it all falls apart. I did the same thing, though. You know. I, and our breeze rushed in, and we both were like, oh. I thought somebody was over here. <laughs> so we both looked over. It's the ghost moving the microphone. Yeah, wow. yeah. Right. <laughs> He's back. Shit. Oh, when I was in human He's resources. a cowboy fan. He's mad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, had, I had the pleasure of being a human resource manager. And teaching SMC supervisory management courses, you know, for the American Management Association in seminar. And and my feeling on motivation, as long as I've studied it and worked with it, and other leaders have worked with me, okay, and people that that um, I bought into, I'll, I'll take somebody that I respect, and I'll see something in, and I'll take something about the way they operate, and I'll put it in here because I like that. That that particular quality attracts me. It could be such a little thing. It could be putting a pen in your pocket. I got that from Larry Hubs. I never had a pen in my pocket until I saw that assistant manager, and it was always there whenever you needed. So from any time I have a pocket here, there's always a pen in it. Even today in church. So and it just becomes a part of you. So a good manager, and as far as motivating is concerned, I can't motivate you. I can't motivate you. I can motivate me. All I can do as a team leader is to set the tone or create the atmosphere to uh, help people motivate themselves. They're the ones that can motivate them. Motivate means to move, to move in a desired direction either mentally, physically, or emotional, or all of the above. That is what motivation means. And you have to give people a reason to do that. And part of the reason is, if you're on a team at 
Chipotle, if you're on a team at Kentucky Fried Chicken, the Dallas Cowboys, the Steelers, the Eagles, is people want to become part of a good team. The United States Marine Corps never had a draft. They always needed a few good men. They start right from the bottom, what people hear. Uncle Sam needs you, boy. We need a few good men. Are you good enough? And he's going to convince himself that he is. And once he gets in there, and if he makes it, he is. And he convinced himself of that. Everybody carry your part. Because now you're getting shot at. You're not playing football. This is another whole game altogether. And you better be good. That's why people coming out of the military do very, very well in other areas of our society because of the discipline. Or they come from a military family, you know. And I could never, ever motivate people. And for leadership, you take a piece of string. You take a piece of string on the table and you push it. You see the way it bunches up? I'm, I'm leading from behind. No. I'm going I'm to lead from ahead. Watch the string pull out straight and everybody follows. You lead from up front. Okay, so I don't believe in that. You lead from the bottom. I believe you lead from the top. General George Patton sat on the lead tank. He stuck his head out of that lead tank. He had a license plate light, big red one with three gold stars on it. Here comes the Third Army. Here comes George Patton. Bring it on. And he led. And you saw what the man did. His results are just astronomical. Dick Vermeil, we're going to rally around Kurt Warner, and we're going to play good football. This was a message not only to the fans, this was a message to the players. Dick Vermeil's in the Hall of Fame because when he took over the Eagles, there was a guy on the O-line, he was a very good O-line guy. But he wasn't giving out the best. He showed up, and he was... He was very good at what he did. Okay. He allowed zero sacks. But he wasn't as good as he could be. Dick Ramil talked to him. He said, Stan, I've seen your films. I'm watching what you do. You want to be in the Hall of Fame? If you're not in the Hall of Fame, get on a bus. You're a lot better than what you put out on that field. You know where you got to be to be where you need to be. If you're not there, okay, the next game will find you on a bus going somewhere else. Stan Walters played the next 12 seasons for the Philadelphia Eagles and made All-Pro 12 consecutive seasons. That's what motivated Stan. It's just a little bit. And who motivated Stan? He did. Dick Vermeil called him on his shit. Okay, you can do a lot better than what you're doing. So Dick Vermeil set the tone and created the atmosphere for Stan to get off his duff and, 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 and be great at what he did. That's why Dick Vermeil's in the Hall of Fame, and that's what the leader does. Yeah. The leader leads from out front, and he leads from the top. He leads <coughs> by example. And that, that's why Dick Vermeil's in the Hall of Fame, and he definitely should be. Bill Belichick is going to be there one day because he did the same thing to yeah, different people every year. Yeah, but he he did. He had, Bill Belichick is like a real prick, though. Like so, so was Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, some some, some like, of these some sometimes that not yeah. Chuck Knoll. Chuck Knoll, yeah. was, you know, four time Super Bowl champion. You know, perennial. He they ruled the seventies, and yeah, everybody tell you he was a dick. 
Yeah. He was a dick to his age. Even like Bill, Par- Bill Parcells. He was a Phil Sims, his quarterback, you know, yeah. will tell you he's the greatest coach ever. And I hated him. <laughs> you yeah. know, Some, yeah. something you got to yeah. You got to be what works. Yeah, yeah that's know. true. Jimmy Johnson's kicker came to him one time and I, there was a story of Jimmy Johnson and he was on the boat trying to catch fish with Troy Aikman and, and there was another uh, head coach on there, you know, and uh, he said, uh, he said, I had a kicker come to me one time. I don't know what's the matter with me, coach. He says, uh, I'm really having a bad practice here. I missed two field goals and, and I think that, uh, I think I'm losing some confidence. <laughs> he says, well, come in the office in the file cam, they're under C confidence is under C. There's nothing in there for you to grab. You get on the bus and get the hell out of here. I can't teach you how to kick. You know what I need? Either do it or get on a bus. He did it. That's what motivated him. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Johnson didn't motivate him. He said the key words so that man could motivate himself. Yeah. I, th- I think the best example of that is and he, he had great results. He's loved by all the fans that he ever ever coached for. It was Buddy Ryan. Yeah. You know, he had Chris Carter. Chris Carter for the Eagles was a phenomenal wide receiver. He was the greatest. He was yeah. the best player they had. And he caught him. Drugs. Because of drugs. Because he knew he had to do something to get him to motivate himself. Yes. And Chris Carter will tell you, that was the it was the hardest thing he ever did. Yep. But he thanks Buddy Ryan to this day for doing it because right. it saved his career and it saved his life. Because it was him and Moss, and he stayed around. And Moss said he was that, that Chris Carter was my mentor. And he gives Chris Carter, who's in the Hall of Fame now, okay, and much of it because of the leadership of somebody who didn't even lead him. And mm-hmm. that was yeah. Buddy Ryan. Yeah. That's it. Leadership yeah. is an amazing thing. It's just... It's, um, uh, there's a whole bunch of intangibles in leadership as well. Yeah. Okay. I took over a store that was failing the Board of Health, and they were going to close it down. And and the labor department came in. There was no working papers for the miners. My first day there was absolutely awful. We were breeding roaches, breeding rodents. Yum. Okay. Oh, and this was a restaurant. <laughs> this was in the middle yeah. of Elizabeth, New Jersey. Table for two. But the, <laughs> yeah, I'll go there. But the crew stayed. And I, I met them. Maybe a week before I was going to be there, I knew I was coming there. So I stopped in and I met the night crew during the night. And I met the weekend night crew. I met the weekend day crew. You know, and, and, and I met the day crew. Day crew. You know, and I was just talking to the people. And I'm looking around and I've got my old pencil on the paper. And I always have that. Okay. And I'm making notes on my situation analysis and what I have to do. Then I go home, take some of my family time, and I put the priority to this situation. Here's what I'm going to do, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Well, the health department walked in and messed with my priority list quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> How dare they? They said they, were yeah. going to, oh, they said they were going to flunk me. The guy's name was John Sharp. I said, give me till Friday. Uh, I'll get a conditional Friday. He said, uh, but I'll stay open. He says, I inspected you in Island, and I inspected you in Route 1 Elizabeth, Rich. He says, I believe you. you got a long way to go. Friday is it. If you don't make conditional, okay, and he was right by the book. Call him tough, call him a prick, whatever you want to. Okay, that Friday I got conditional. And we ripped the walls apart and I bombed the store. 
we took things out of that store that just weren't working for the store, and I shoved them down in the creek into the river and, and all of this stuff. <laughs> I think the statute of limitations may have expired on those, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know if we should be putting this the out. dumpster <laughs> apart and everything, and painted it and, and all of this stuff. And when John Sharp came back on Friday, he says, uh, you earned a conditional. I don't even think I was home yet, you know. You can even talk to Janet upstairs. I think I came home to take a nap, and I went nice. back in again. And it was terrible. When we bombed the store, I left a broom and, and, a, and, a, and a dry vac up front. When I opened the door, there was a carpet of roaches going from one end to the store to the next on the tabletops. And Damn. all the ceiling, I took the ceiling out and stood the ceiling tiles on end. They all fell out of the ceiling, right? And I... And, I had a super sucker about this big, as we call it, a dry back, <laughs> right? It's about this high. <laughs> super uh, sucker 9,000. I filled 23 of those with roaches. I had to close the store for the day. I could not open. Man, I'm okay. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to eat after this. Yeah, I dumped these things in the dumpster. <laughs> we worked our tail off. Got new marl laid in. Got new ceiling tiles in. And uh, everything, just construction crew came in there. I got a hold of the area manager. I got a hold of construction. This is what I need. Okay. And they responded. And I responded. And my team responded. Nobody left. Wow. We got them all brand new uniforms and new name tags. And, and I, I didn't like them. Nice press uniforms. And that, that Friday when the, when the Board of Health came around, we were shining. A copper was shining underneath the sinks. We polished everything you could see and in back of it. In the ranges, there was no grease on the ranges whatsoever. I sent them all out, had them bathed, bathed, put all new parts, and we worked our ass off in this place. And John Sharp came in and he passed us. He said, I'll be back next Wednesday to inspect you again. And we got a conditional, okay? And Wednesday we got an exceptional, which is an white certificate. It's a gold decalaged certificate and he hung it in the window and we kept that thing got the gold star and you hung it on mom and dad hung it on the fridge <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. two years later i was i was renting out my crew chiefs to run other stores in the area that were short on management they got so strong as a team that they wanted to be team leaders that they wanted to be managers they wanted my job and i said fine I said, if you can have my job, all you can do is push me up. You can't push me out. And that was how I looked at it. And they were became a motivated group of people. And I just loved every one of them. Okay, I got rid of a couple of assistant managers that were duds. They weren't doing a job. And that team motivated itself because of what I did to the store, mm-hmm. you know, and to the surroundings and the environment and to the product and that the people were getting, and that store became number one in sales, number one in sales growth, and number one in profit. And hands down, all of my assistant managers made store manager, okay, and my crew chiefs went to college, and they came back if they wanted to as management trainees, but they were all, every one of them were, were leaders in their own way. And I was there for two and a half years, and uh, I would do that again. That they responded to um, leadership, out front leadership. We don't need this wall. It's full of roaches. <laughs> Take it down, throw it the hell out, drag it out in the parking lot. 
they brought in the five pound or twenty pound sledgehammers and <laughs> took that wall out of there. You know, yeah, we we did things, and then quickly now, you know, to improve the conditions and all, and they responded, and 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 better people came to the store, better quality people came to the store to apply for jobs. I got nobody walking in the store like this here. You know, Steve Trupo told me about Tommy Huff, and I said, get him. Right, six foot nine inch, eleventh grade kid out of Union High School. As soon as he walked in the store, and I said, "Here, here's your promise of employment. Go get your working papers and come back. I got a schedule for you." Okay, and that was that. He says, "Oh, I, I got a couple of really sharp young ladies. Bring them." Okay, we're rebuilding a crew here, and uh, people didn't want to respond. Well, they, they they went somewhere else. And what what did um. What did Vince Lombardi say to the Green Bay Packers when he took them over? We're going to be in first place at the end of this year, with or without you, with or without the people that are in this room. We're going to be in first place. Where do you want to be? And that's all he had to say. I think there was a bit more to it than that. I mean, you can you can say yeah. what you want to say, but like when you walked into that store, yeah. You had to do. You, 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 you put you put action in motion. You started to do something, and you got noticed by the crew. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, he's going that way with it." Yeah, and they went that way with it. You yeah. can, you can, on the flip side of of this, you can take a guy who was successful everywhere he's been, named Urban Meyer, mm. and you can drop him in an NFL franchise. And he can say all the things he says, all the right things, but his actions say something different. Oh, yeah. And you lose a team. Well, that's a phony. You, you got to be consistent with what you say. And exactly. You 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 have to set yeah. the example. You set the bar where you want it set and bring people to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. but if you're setting the bar here for everyone else, yeah. And you're down here? Oh. No one's crossing that bar because no a, one's going to go any higher than you. That, 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 that's a phony baloney. Uh, Deion Sanders. Ain't nobody likes this guy. But he talks the talk and he walks the walk. You, you like him, you got to respect him. I mean, I, I, I was never crazy about the guy, okay? But I always said he not only talked, but he walked. And he was the best CB that ever set foot on a field. Yeah. And he told you that. And he did that. Uh, you, you can't deny stuff like this. And and I heard he's a college coach now. Yeah. He said, I Good would one. never coach professional football. And my ears perked up. And he simply said, there are too many people in professional football that are along for the ride. And I can't. That turns me off. I wouldn't have anybody on the field. He said, and I'd have half the people on the field. But if I got half... If I got six that want to be there, then that's better than the other five that don't, or just along for the ride. I could never just, oh, that's what he said. He said, they pay people handsomely to play professional football. The least they could do is earn their pay. He says, in, in college, everybody wants to be a pro. Everybody wants to be the best. You're working with self-motivated people. Not everybody makes it but they want to make it. The spirit and the desire is there. He says, I love this atmosphere. 
the camaraderie is there, you know, and, and they just love this stuff. They eat it up. The cheerleaders, the band, the majorette, you know, it's all part of the camaraderie of the college, you know, and it's just, you could be a Grambling, you could be a Morgan State, Penn State, or Michigan, it doesn't matter. It's all there, and, and, it, and it all plays a part. Just, I, I love coaching college football. I'll never coach anything else. You know, and there's not many college football coaches came out of there and, and did well. Pete Carroll, okay, uh, he did well with the Seattle Seahawks. He didn't do well when he first came out, and he went back. And he got in trouble with paying players that got out of there, got <laughs> out of Dodge, and came back to the Seahawks and, and did well with the Seahawks. And the other one was Dick Vermeil. He did well coming out of Stanford, you know, and in, into the professional ranks. He did very well. Okay. Um, people liked what they saw. Call it whatever it is. A frontline supervisor, like a coach or a manager, has to know the job of everybody that reports to them including your assistant coaches or assistant managers, including your employees or your team players. They have to know every nuance of every job because they have to teach it. At one time or other, they played it. At one time or other, they didn't play it as good as some of the players that are on the field that they're coaching. Okay, But they all have the ability to teach. teach is, is, discipline comes from the word disciple. It means to teach. And it has two parts. That's a compliment or reward for a job that's well done, which is incredibly important. You're showing the good people, you're showing everybody else the direction you want them to take by rewarding good behavior. And you either adjust poor behavior or replace it. Okay, adjustment always comes first. And it comes right back to teaching. Adjusting poor behavior is teaching. The difference between what they are doing and what they should be doing. This is your job to teach that gap. And, and some people do it really well. Chuck Knoll, uh, the Perex, uh, and the Dick Vermeil, and the Jimmy Johnson, and the Donnie Shules, and, and the Bill Belichick. And some people do it really, really well. And some people just miss out. Okay. Um, we're, we're looking at John McVay. Uh, it's just a... Uh, putting that together out there, putting the pieces together, and hopefully they blend. And I'm like, is Aaron Donald really quitting? No. He, don't, he just signed a big extension. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's coming back. Oh, I, just, I, I read that on Instagram, and I said, no. I commented, no way, capital letters. <laughs> but I, can't, I can't believe you bought a house for 22000 I'm still stuck on that. <laughs> you can't wrap your head around I that can, my, my brain is like on the ceiling right the now. The home of the month. Because I knew that I couldn't spend a lot of time fixing this thing. I wasn't going to buy a corn shed. Yeah. You know, so this home was tight. had brand new copper tubing, aluminum siding, and a roof, and a brand new kitchen. And, and it had a john downstairs with a shower downstairs in the shop room. And I had my own garage. And I had my own driveway. And I had a two-and-a-half-story house. And it was just just what I need to put four children in there. Well, they weren't four children yet. There's only two. Two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> two with one. Yeah, yeah, room. yeah. <laughs> Becky was nine months old. Yeah. yeah. When we moved into that house in Roselle. Um, you want to, we'll just do quick fire. Some just quick stuff. And then uh, we'll wrap this up. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So uh, these are just some things around the league that I heard. Um, I just wanted to get you guys opinion on uh, the Tampa Bay center. Uh, Ryan Jensen potentially lost for the season after an injury at training camp um, that he, Ryan Jensen was a, 
I think he was all pro pro bowler last year. Eagles? Um, no, 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 Tampa Bay. Oh. The Buccaneers. Oh. Yeah, so Tom Brady's okay. losing his center. Um, and then obviously wow. I think Tom is out for this preseason game and the next one, I think, for personal reasons, whatever that is. some personal stuff. Yeah, right, so yeah. he's going to be out from that. So um, how do you think that impacts the season? I, th- I think it's probably going to impact it, but in my opinion, the pass rushers now or everyone's invested in edge rushers. They have two really good tackles, Donovan Smith and – Tristan Wirfs, who is probably the best young tackle, I I feel outside of maybe Jordan wow. Mailata, um, and Rashawn Slater as well. But um, I don't know. I think it's all right. I think they they have Shag Mason now from the the Patriots. Uh, so it, the the center is kind of going to be the he's more so cerebral than he is like physical, right? Um, in my opinion, but I, I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on Tom Brady. I, I it probably won't have that great an impact on tom yeah but the the problem is going to be is now you have your backup and he's not like they're taking you know somebody off the street it's he's played center before so he knows yeah yeah but you're still you're bringing in a new guy and he's not practicing with the guy he's going to be playing with starting in the year yeah so you know the person who the quarterback's having the most contact with is not the running back it's not the wide receivers it's, it's the, center. the center you know yeah. and it all starts with the exchange yeah. And something that simple, you know, you can do it a million times, and that's great. But if you don't do it right, it starts there. Yeah. It starts there. You know, he's he's the center of the line. He's the center. He everything starts with the center. Yeah. So you know, yeah, they have a backup. Yes, he's he knows the system. And that's great. You know, yeah. but I think he really should be working with Tom. He should be yeah. working with QB one. You know, yeah, whoever it's going to be. Yeah, you know, and it's going to take. And it might not affect them that much. You know, they might look rusty. You probably won't even notice it. You know, yeah. there'll be, you know, little hiccups here and there that you'll see. But I think yeah. for the, for it to be clean, they should be using these two games for preseason to to get it down. Now, yeah. if Tom's not in there, you know, now it's now you're now you're doing these things during the regular season that. Yeah, you know, it can make a break, you know. Yeah, but yeah. is it going to affect them? Yeah, probably not for the long term. You know, if yeah. somebody if they bring in somebody brand new, doesn't know the line, doesn't know that could that could be the issue. But if you're bringing somebody up, yeah, it it shouldn't be that big of a hiccup. But he really should be practicing with the guy he's going to be doing the exchange with. Yeah, again, those reps in. And I hope we keep Mars backup center Jergens. This guy's exceptional. He's a rookie. We just drafted yeah. him. Yeah. Well, you're, you 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 guys you, you guys need him because you know. You're going to be. He's going to be. He's going to be center one next year. Next kind year, of thing, you know, run blocking, pass blocking, long snap. This guy does it all. It's phenomenal. Guy's phenomenal. Did you ever see a pulling center? This guy can do that. I never saw a pulling center. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I watched this guy play. This he was a standout. Yeah. Him and Gowan, cornerback uh, Gowan, my two standouts from from the Eagles' depth chart. For the, for the game Friday night, so these two guys and uh, Gowan had a p- pick six, and uh, that's, I was very impressed with that. This guy was on it, and he also had several bat downs. Uh, they stayed away from Gowan all night long. Yeah. Anytime they got to Gowan, he picked it or he or he batted it down, and he was, did not draw one penalty. Yeah. He's he's going to be a this guy's going to name Sanders the second. This guy's going to be good, this Gowan. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so let's go ahead and um, so Dallas. Well, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, Washington, James Washington fractured his foot. He's out six to ten weeks. Was a former Steeler. Um, and now, I mean, what does this do for Dallas? Because Dallas, I mean, arguably the wide receiving core was their strength last year. Uh, C.D. Lamb. They had um, Amari Cooper. They had Michael Gallup. They had Dalton Schultz. They had a, a bunch of different guys. Now it's just C.D. and company. Um, yeah. You don't have Cedric Wilson, Wilson anymore. Uh, they don't have Amari. They now don't have James Washington, who they think they brought in to be that kind of route running Amari yeah. type. Um, is that is that what's kind of his forte, like route running and stuff like that? Yeah, he was he, he wasn't ever you know wide receiver one. He was more um, you know the third the slot yeah. you know yeah. kind of thing, like a route guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then that kind of throws now Dallas. Dallas is looking for wide receivers, right? Dallas is looking for it's CD Lamb now. Michael Gallup's banged up. Cedric Wilson's obviously gone. Um, Amari Cooper's gone, and now you lose uh, James Washington. So now it's it's CD yeah. Lamb or bust at this point. Well, I got Dallas for nine and eight, and that was nothing with these recent in- injuries. I got yeah. the Eagles eleven to six. If their first team stays healthy, yeah, this is all things being equal. Seventeen games, really? Yeah. Okay. Washington six and eleven. New York five and twelve. That's what I got. I have New York three and I don't have many fourteen. Oh, okay. Because I, I I don't I no. think I, like I obviously love Saquon, but um I don't know you you can't put like the game on a running back for yeah. that long and expect yeah. him to be, you know. And I feel bad for him because now it's like he hasn't played a full season. I mean, yeah. I, I hope he does. I mean, I hope he plays up to his potential. Yeah. And uh, he can motivate himself to get back to where he was when he was with Penn State. Yeah. You know. Um. Uh, <clears throat> I'm hopefully he can do that. Yeah, I hope so too. We're all kind of rooting for him. Uh, yeah, same whole, thing with Miles Sanders. Yeah, he hasn't played a full season either. I think these yeah. two guys were bunk mates. Like yeah, yeah, they, they were friends. Yeah, and they um, have, yeah, they have the same disadvantages. Yeah, it's 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 just when you you get those nagging injuries, you know, that you never really uh, take yeah. care of, and you know they they tend to sort of rear up as like the worst times. So um, then we got the AJ Brown. Uh, had a contract dispute with the Titans. Uh, so AJ Brown signed what I believe to be a three, three, he signed for three years, 20 million, which if I'm, my math is correct, it's about $60 million, right? With the Eagles? With the Eagles, with the Eagles yeah. yeah. And so yeah. he's making $20 million a year. Um, Debo Samuel just got signed also for $20 million. And I believe the Steelers extended Johnson for 36 million. So that's 12 million yeah. a year. So that's not, that's not too crazy. But with all these different signings, uh, I think De- uh, Devontae Adams got a similar thing about, I think he got like 25, and then you know Tyreek Hill were left and got in around the ballpark of 20, 25 as well. So everyone that left sort of signed this huge contract, and it looks so far to seem as like A.J. Brown sort of is on the lower end of, the spe- of, like, of, that ex- of the expensive wave of young guys. Um, I mean, Devontae Adams isn't really a young guy. Tyreek Hill really, really isn't a young guy, but AJ Brown is 24. Like, this is only his, what, second or third year in the league? Well, so, good. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when he, he got drafted by the Titans, yeah. so he was working off his rookie contract. And he, he performed, wanted to get paid. Yeah. Now the whole thing is, you know, now you don't want to set the example of restructuring a rookie contract. 
Yeah. Because that just puts you down a rabbit hole that nobody wants to. I mean, there's enough rabbit holes right now in the NFL. They don't need to go down that one. Um, So they knew they weren't going to, they weren't going to restructure the deal. They weren't going to put up with a year of him doing a hold in, which is now the latest thing, you know, I'll show up for camp. I just, I won't play, won't play, you know? And so now you're paying him and he's not there and we can't do that. So they had to, you know, it was one of those, they had to cut bait with it. So he, so he plays for two years there now he signs three years with the eagles yeah which is basically how long his rookie contract would have been four years with a fifth year option yeah so he's he's no worse off i mean he's he's better off because he's making more money um you know and i I, and i think the the eagles are a better situation for him um you know you say what you say what you will um about jalen hurts you know is he the quarterback for the future is he not We'll have to figure that out. Yeah, that's that's what this year is all about. This is going to be the defining year for him. Um, they don't have anybody to take his place, though. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. This year was not the year to cut Jalen Hurts. There, yeah. there wasn't a QB in the pipeline to do it. You know. Yeah, and not you know, with was, their pick, not with the you current know, crop of rookies. Right. Yeah. Next year, next year, there's projected to be better better quarterbacks in the, in the line. <laughs> They're better. set up better pick wise. You know, multiple picks. They can trade around if they need to. If there's a guy that lights the world on fire and they want to drop into the top five. They have two first-rounders to do that. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're in a great position to do it. So you load up you load up Jalen Hurts with wide receiver help. If A.J. Brown succeeds, he succeeds with Hurts. We continue on. He succeeds with whoever they bring in in the future at the end of his three-year deal. Yeah. It's like Jalen – or it's uh, A.J., we're here. We're set. We're ready to go. You're the key to this. You stick around. We'll pay you a boat ton of money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's a win win for him. It's you yeah. know, and he's in a position where they have other tools that, like we were talking about with the Titans. If he stayed in Tennessee, it was him. That's it. it. Was him as the wide receiver. There was no other option. You know, the, it was the running back and Derrick Henry's. You know, the running back. Mm-hmm. Now he's in Philadelphia. He's not. He doesn't have to be wide receiver one. Yeah, because there's plenty of guys that could play that role, and that's the versatility that they're going to have is they can throw so much different stuff at you. Yeah, you know that now they've really given Hertz the ability of okay, show us what you got. It's it's really it's going to be on him. Yeah, um, and they gave him Miles Sanders, got him, and behind him is Huntley, who played a really good game. Yeah, uh, Friday night and Brooks, kind of like a C plus. And, 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 my, my favorite is uh, and, and they let Jordan Howard go. I, I, I don't think yeah. I would have done that, but Don Stone. Yeah, and, and another thing that I think the Eagles did that, to your point, talked about like the replacement is like the Eagles are like a free agent destination now, right? Like, is what's either if you are in Miami, if you're in LA, if you're in San Francisco, uh, even Dallas. Or whatever, you're either when you're to be a free agent like destination, you either have good weather like Miami, LA, right? Like LA is pretty much all they haven't. They, the, only, the only guy they really drafted was Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford's from another team, Cooper Cooper Cup they drafted, um, but most of those guys, the core group of those guys are from other teams, right? Uh, Jalen Ramsey, um, a lot of those guys were free agents or were traded for. So if you either have a like a big market, New York, L.A., Miami, nice weather, 
guys are more willing to go and play for you if if you're in sort of a destination, right? Or you have to be a good team. So last two years, Denver Broncos, great offensive line, really good weapons. Um, I mean, one I think one of the most underrated defenses, you know, Bradley Chubb and guys like that. They ha- they were just set up to win. The only thing they were missing was a quarterback, and now they got it with Russell Wilson. Um, the year before that, it was Tampa Bay. They had the same thing. They had a really good offensive line, great weapons, great defense. Um, the only thing they really needed was a quarterback, and Tom Brady filled that role. So I think now, because Philly isn't like a, a destination where you can go and um, you know be like a movie star or like whatever, you need to have a good team, and you need to be in a, in a place that allows that. The NFC East is not like a great division right now. And on top of that, all if say it doesn't work out with Jalen, there's going to be a quarterback that's going to be disgruntled. It happens every year. There's going to be a big-name guy that's going to be like, I don't like where I'm at. I hate the situation. Maybe even Aaron Rodgers. I don't like where I'm at right now, and I want to go and I want to win. And the Eagles can say, look, look who we have. We have A.J. Brown. We have Devontae Smith. We have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, top five at least, one of the best defensive lines that we just added to that with Jordan Davis. We filled a big need in at linebacker with N'Kobe Dean, who's sort of the hybrid linebacker and Kaiser White. And we have two Pro Bowl corners at each side, right? So now you're starting to look at the NFL. Or you're starting to look at the Eagles like, if I want to win now, if I'm sort of – say I have three or, or four good like top-tier years left, I'm, I might want to go and play for the Eagles and put them over the edge. Right, if Jalen doesn't work out, so I th- I thought like just acquiring AJ and drafting the way they did, I think how he set it up, great for the future and to be like a destination right now, which is uh, something I've been thinking about a lot uh, leading up to like next season and stuff. And um, I don't know, I feel good about it. Also, the Browns too were another one like that. You know, top tier offensive line, great weapons. Uh, the defense is kind of up and down, but if you have a good quarterback, you can kind of overcome those things. So. Um, that I I really liked the AJ Brown contract and everything because of that. Um, and especially now too, you look at what's going on with uh to transition to another topic I have here, which is Debo Samuel in the Forty ers That's like a really sticky situation. I mean, they're going with Trey Lance, who was their their rookie they drafted last year, but Jimmy G, they just kind of have him there. Like, they signed into a big $100 million con- contract, what was it, a couple years ago, four or five years ago when he left? And now they're just like, oh, well, you know, we're just going to have to either eat the money when we trade him or try and trade him with, the, with you know, we have to find a team that's willing to pay him the amount of money that we were paying him um, because he won, what, like five games towards the end of the season? So yeah. I, I would rather the Eagles situation right now than deal with a quarterback controversy like you did with Foles and – Wentz and then what hurts and Wentz, I would much rather like have a one year prove a deal with a guy that I actually like and you can actually see um, if he's that guy. I don't know that maybe that maybe that's my personal feelings on it, but I don't. Know. Do you feel this? You guys, what do you guys think? Well, Chuck says it's a make or break year for Jalen Hurts, and I agree. Yeah, you know it's 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 on him. He's got all the tools in the box now, mm-hmm. and they're all working together and they're all in spring training and. It's all about Jalen Hurts and his first-string team, okay, uh, getting off to a really good start. So we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's all about – it's on Jalen. Mm-hmm. I don't know who else is going to be on if he don't make it. You know, maybe uh, Pittsburgh will cut picking. Or no, no. Pick it. No, no way. way. 
No way. You guys, actually, I, I like your backup, um, Minshew. I, I like his... Gardner, yeah. Yeah, Gardner yeah, yeah, Minshew. Yeah, yeah. I like his I like his attitude. I like his... Yeah. Um, his, his whole thing was he, uh, he, he bought a camper in the offseason. Oh, yeah, the, and he bus. And he parked it behind the gym yeah. that he works at, that he worked out at. And he yeah. literally lived in the gym all summer. He, like, went in, used the bathroom and the shower and all that, and yeah. just worked out and just did nothing but work on his game, work on his game, work on his game. Yeah, that, that and, was and cool. And he's always, Minshew's always kind of seen as, like, that guy who's just a little weird, a little off, and, you know, nothing wrong with that. He probably is, but you know, like whatever. But, but he, if he's willing, if he's that invested in it, you know, yeah, and he, he played well. He played well with Jacksonville. He played well, you know, from what I've seen in Philadelphia. So I mean, is he the the solution for the future? No, but no. you know, if if it hits the fan in Philadelphia and you know Hertz ain't working or Hertz actually gets hurt, yeah. you know, yeah. you guys aren't in that bad a spot. Yeah, because he he's a guy. Like yeah. I mean, he's a he's like a dude. He knows 100%. he knows how to play. He knows how to win. You yeah. know. Yeah, and I also I mean I mentioned this earlier too. I I'm a big fan of Carson Strong. I mean we 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 did a, a whole draft thing, and I had Carson Strong go in the first round. Because I mean, I mean, the guy was playing like on one leg, like he was literally playing like on one leg. He had this humongous, like his legs probably like this big, right? And he had like two watermelons on either side of his knee just to keep it in place. And he's played through like a reconstructive knee surgery, right? And he was throwing like he was just in the pocket and he wasn't moving very much, right? But he was in the pocket. I mean, he was throwing darts like everywhere on the field, and he was. He went to Nevada, so they're like Nevada's not really like a, a huge you know market school, but the dude was, th- was he was thrown all over the yard on one foot, you know, and so and he was accurate. He was putting the ball, you know, in tight windows and tight spots. I I really liked his his tape, um, and I think that he was probably one of those guys that you know we talk about like I don't even really like this word, but like arm talent, like a guy that could throw it all over the field. Um, I I like him a lot, but again, he's a rookie. And, you know, it's it's kind of a long shot to be like, oh, this this. You know, well, six round pick guy is going to go off and do anything, even though Tom Brady is the goat. But you know, it, it's still hard to make that case. But I'm a big fan of 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 Carson Strong, and the more like I kind of watch him, and I I really am, am excited to see him like more in the preseason. Um, now that he can actually move his knee and he's mobile, but um, I do like that. But it, next next year, like you said, I mean, the quarterbacks draft class is loaded. I mean, you got Bryce Young, who like just set college football on fire. I mean, he, I think he threw 60 tu- 61, 62 touchdowns last year um, for Alabama when they won. Did they win? No, it was Georgia, right? It was Georgia. Yeah. So, I mean, the dude, like, who was that? Um, wow, that's, an all, that's an all-time collegiate record, isn't it? 62? Yeah. And, and it was just it was just set by, by Joe Burrow, and then two years later it was broken by Bryce Young, who, by the way, is, a, is born in Philadelphia. Bryce Young plays for who? Alabama. He's a college. Oh, he's today. a college football. He's guy. still in college. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So the Eagles are probably potentially looking at somebody like that. Does Alabama have a running game at all? Um. Yeah, but not like a Derrick Henry. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Not <laughs> like not like not like a Najee Harris. Yeah. yeah oh, boy. I love I love I Najee love Harris. Najee Harris. Yeah, yeah. 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 He was he was at that um that charity game we went to, and I think mom sent a picture. I think it was I think it was to Aunt Becky. This fly is like flying all my face. Do you see this thing? Now they're okay. gnats and little gnats and mosquitoes. They're coming out now. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I don't. I don't mind because mosquitoes back at our house are like our front yard turns into like a, uh, 
it gets all flooded when it rains. So the yeah, seals yeah, over. Yeah, I was like, get in front of your face like that. Oh my god, those things. The nets, but, um, yeah. But yeah, Na- Najee Harris. By the way, humongous human being. Oh my god, he's, he's so big. Like he came over to sign. So we were sitting in probably like the third or fourth row from where they, the players would come up and sign, right? And I was just to eye level with him. Like he just walked up and like we're elevated and we're three up and I was like. I was like looking down at him by like this much. I'm like, why, why is that guy so big? And then his quads are like human. It's like, it's nuts. And then we we saw uh, Barrett Brooks, right? And he's another guy that's absolutely humongous. We're like, this, like, is this the kind of athlete that you have to be to be an NFL player? Like, I'm glad. That, Pretty much. Yeah. Like, and we we saw me and Wayne were walking in. We're going to our seats, and Wayne's like, "Who is this? Who's that guy over there?" Right, and he said over there, like the dude was close, right? Like, like you would say, like who's that? You know, and I look over, and the, it's Dallas Goddard standing in the middle of the field, but he's so big that he just looks, he makes everything else look small, right? And like, uh, he's just he's huge. Like you look over at him, and you're like, he just looks big, and we're we're all the way up here. It's like, oh, it's it's kind of wild. Like I, I would never assume because like sometimes you see people like like Messi, like Lionel Messi. You're like that guy's like five four. Yeah, I mean he's 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 just good, but he's like five foot four. He's like my height. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's Lionel Messi. But then, yeah, you meet like, you know, Dallas Goddard, and the dude's hitting softballs out of Coca Cola Park, not like an in like hits the stands and bounces around. That he's hit, he's hitting him by the jumbotron out of the park. I'm like, that's what you have to deal with. That's the person that you have to try and tackle when yeah. he's running full speed down. No, no way. No way. It's crazy. But yeah, Najee Harris is cool. And then there was there was a kid that uh had a sign that said Najee Harris is number one fan is here today and he went over and he signed it. He was he's 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 the man. I he's, love he's, I, I love Najee. Ah, I missed it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love Najee. He's the man. He's really Charlie cool. Toller, the old running back for uh five foot six, two hundred pounder for the old San Diego Chargers back in the sixties. Yeah. Oh but he only lasted about four years. He got that shit kicked out of yeah. him. You remember we were talking about Sam Mills? Remember we were talking about Sam Mills? Oh my goodness! Yeah, you know he's in the Hall of Fame. Linebacker yep. Sam Mills. Oh my God, he was a beast. Yeah, five oh, foot nine. Yeah, he was a yeah. junkyard dog. Yeah. Man. Keep like pounding. Sam. Yeah, I, I didn't know that's where the 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 Panthers got their slogan from. Yeah, yeah, that's that, insane. Yeah. yeah, that was him. Oh, he that's played crazy. for the. Yeah, when he when he played yeah. for the Saints, like it was him. And oh, the names are falling out of my head. But like they had a linebacking core that was the three linebackers they had would probably be equal to just about any linebacking core ever. Yeah, they were outstanding. Yeah. But it was the Saints at the time, so you know they sucked. <laughs> they were ass, you know yeah. they had Bobby Aber as their quarterback. So you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, the renowned Bobby. Yeah, yeah the, the world Bobby. famous Bobby Aber. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bobby Aber took over for uh, uh, Archie Manning. I think. Art, yeah, Jesus, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, they had they they had a defense. Holy cow! Yeah, the decent quarterbacks were just didn't have a team around them. They had a, a running back by the name of Mountain Mount McAllister who ran all over the Eagles in Tulane uh, in Tulane Stadium. Deuce, Deuce McAllister. They, they couldn't stop McAllister. Yeah, Deuce McAllister. You know, Bill Berge got by Bill Berge. McAllister ran right over him. I said, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and then one of the last things uh, before we get out of here and probably, I don't know what this says for Arizona. I'm just kind of indifferent, but two things. Number one is DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss six games 
for PEDs, performance enhancing drugs. He's suspended for six oh. games. Um, and then on top of that, Kyler Murray signed a two hundred and what thirty or forty million dollar contract. And in the contract, there was a clause for studying. So you had to study at least four hours a day or four hours a week. Um, Why? I, what, Why they want to make him smarter? We'll study film. Oh, yeah, study so like film. watch yeah. film. Yeah, yeah oh, watch oh, film. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What was that all about? Yeah. <laughs> Real week in training? Or? That, uh, my thought on Kyler Murray was the injury bug was always his thing. It it. I never really got the impression that he was he wasn't prepared, but somebody yeah. in the office, somebody on the coaching staff has it must have come up because that's the only reason that the only reason why they would put that in there is to yeah. question it. But my whole thing that bothers me is why in the name of the Lord would Murray sign it? Why would his agent have it in there and let him yeah. sign that? That's nothing but a PR nightmare. Which is why yeah. it turned into the, the storm it did. Yeah, and you know what? It, it seems like I, I don't. I don't think that Kyler would have an, a vetted interest in having this out there because it makes him look bad. Yeah. So what I what I think it is is like um, I think number one he probably doesn't come in prepared, which again is sort of news to us because he's always been an improviser and he always can kind of just escape using his legs. So maybe. Maybe there is a kind of preparation thing there, but I thought that was I thought that kind of kind of came with the package of the improviser quarterback, right? Like I thought that that was, you know, like if if you're going to get a guy that can run, you know, just like you used to say, if you have horsepower, you're going to use it. Like if if I'm sitting on 800 horses, well, I'm going to go 35 miles an hour right on the highway. Like no, I'm 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 cranking it up when I get a chance to, and I'm I'm going all out. And so that's kind of the thing is like. Even even Michael Vick said it. Like Michael Vick was like, when I was in the league, I really didn't prepare as well as I should have prepared because I had my get out of jail free card. I, I was so athletic, I could just make people look stupid, right? And it's not everyone. You know, you have guys like you know Rogers who came in who studied. Um, I think Lamar is one of those guys that is very cerebral with the game. He he's gonna be, he's gonna be a, a film room addict. Um, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, a lot of guys can can do that. Can uh, come in and, and be cerebral in how they play the game. But if you're an improviser, you're going to use that. You're going to use sort of your yeah, But abilities. you're watching films for more than four hours a week anyway. Between games, you're, on, you're, you're either practicing your own films. Well, and that's, that's the thought, that maybe he's not. Maybe that's why they had to put it in writing in a contract, because he's not. So he could and, be better prepared. So they, and, they pay and, a boatload and, and, of money for a guy who, who doesn't prepare himself. And it's, well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe, you know, like Jason was saying, that, you know, he's got the pure ability that he can improvise and all that. But how long of a shelf life does that have? Yeah. And he's got the potential to be this better, this much better. So the coaching staff is like, okay, or management is like, okay, if he hones his game more, he can be this and he won't, you know, his career will be longer. It'll be better. It'll be more successful kind is of it, thing. Is, yeah. it, is it guaranteed or is it or incentives? Uh, well, uh, the, the clause in the contract, you would you would think it'd be like any other clause in the contract. You have to do it or you void the contract. You know? Okay, but there's but so they've much since removed it. But there's so yeah. much guaranteed. Yeah, and, and nowadays, nowadays the, it's, I'm sure a lot of it was guaranteed. You know, just $24 million a year is guaranteed. 
you can you can you can thank you can you can thank the dummy in Cleveland for that one. Well, they're right. Uh, the age-old principle that effort equals reward, no effort, no reward, loss of effort, loss of reward, is being violated here. You don't yeah. give the reward first and expect the effort. It's like you said, shelf life. It's the same thing. No, no, no. Effort equals reward. Never, ever violate that. You pay the plumber after the job is done, yeah. not before. And it's the same thing when anybody else has got a job to do. And wow, to violate that, but if that all that money wow. is guaranteed, the Cardinals ain't going anywhere. Is it we talking about the Cardinals here? The Cardinals, yeah. And okay, Cardinals aren't going anywhere. Yeah, and on top of that, they're missing their number one wide receiver. Yeah, now he doesn't have to work for it. Yeah, so just rewarding reward before effort. Really? Yeah, yeah I disagree with that at all. And and it should all be in contingent upon, you know, you get five million dollars this year, man, and then. And then if this and if and if and if and if and if and if and if, checkpoints along the way, and what is it, 11 and 6, you're going to get so much money, so many touchdowns, and this, and you're just adding these things on there. These are all worth money to you. You give us, you know, uh, the white walls and the cruise control and, and the GPS and all the other additives that go along with it, and we're going to pay you for that after we get the performance. That's the only way it can be. It's the only way it works. Well, for him, he's he has been performing. The injuries have really held him back. Okay, like, he's been performing. He's proved. I I, I can kind of say he's outplayed the contract he was on. I think it's a little early to be giving him the extension because he hasn't gotten yeah. them to that next point. Yeah, you know he's yeah. he's close. He's like you were saying earlier. He's gotten them. They're there. Yeah. You know, but I think I think they would have been better suited to do a, a year of healthy play. Yeah, get us to that next stage. I'm not, we're not asking you to win a playoff game. We're not asking you to win the Super Bowl. Get us to there. You know, you you've proven you can get us a winning record. Yeah, great. Win the division. Yeah, get us in the playoffs. Show me, show me the progress. You know, he's been showing the progress, but I think at this point he's gotten to a point and he's not really pushing it. And his thing is, I can get you there, and I want my money. And they're to the point of they think yeah. he can get them there and they don't want to risk losing him, you know, so they threw him the money. I think they threw well, it a year. Are. I think they threw it a year early. Yeah, and, and yeah, another thing, too, too he's not there. It's just... Uh, Oh man, uh, I'm just uh, just violates everything, and then basic principle of performance: <clears throat> effort equals reward. Yeah. Well, and, the thing is, I mean, with the quarterbacks now, you, you know, because now they're all structured contracts. You know, your contract is based on where you're drafted. It has nothing to do with your ability. Holy shit! You know, you're you're, yeah. you're you get you get a four year contract with a fifth year option, and based on where you are drafted. This is what your contract is. So you can have a quarterback who might be the best quarterback. He's the greatest quarterback ever to come out in college, but because he didn't get drafted with the first pick because they didn't need a quarterback. The, first team, the first team that needed a quarterback doesn't yeah. pick till like eight. So he doesn't go till eight. So but he's deserving of the first pick, but yeah. his contract puts him at eight. So he's already underpaid in his mind. And, yeah, in, and in a lot of people's minds. So when he goes out, table. So you got Tom Brady. You got a hundred thousand for his first year. 
Uh, at least well, minimum, it's, whatever. Dan, that was, Dan yeah. Marino. Dan Marino's. See, Dan Marino would have, um, because he fell in the draft. Now, this is back in the days when you negotiated your contract. He got paid. Yeah. He got paid yeah. a boat ton. Yeah. So he, Dan Marino, if the, if the, the contract structures were then the way they are now, he would have gotten not been paid like a top five pick. He would have been paid like someone who fell into the twenties. Yeah. You know, and obviously the way he played, you know, two three years into his contract, he would have been massively underpaid. Yeah, he was. You know, he, he lost the Super Bowl in his rookie year. Damn, you know, yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of where Murray is. You know, he did he didn't have the ability to negotiate his rookie contract. So what he did was he played and showed results, and now he's saying, "Okay, I've shown you I'm better than this contract. Pay me." Okay. I think I think the Cardinals bit a year too soon. I think they should have. Okay, yes, you've shown progress. You're winning yeah, record. Yeah, You're this too. and this. This is the hill we want you to climb right. before we give it to you. Right. You know, but because of his injuries or whatever is why he is why Murray was forced to force the issue, you know, and then it left it up to, okay, I think, I think this would have been his third year going in. So uh, next year would have been his fourth year. And then you get into the option year. So, yeah. you know, they, I think that, like I said, they probably would have been better for it to be next year, but they, they were afraid, so yeah. so they so they bent. Yeah, they or, were afraid to lose them. Yeah, or another example to your point um, of the the money is uh, Laramie Tunsil. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's he's a tackle, and he was like uh, he was like one of the best tackles to come out of college, out of Mississippi, in I think like up until the point maybe ten, four, maybe like five, six years, one of the best tackle prospects. Like, um, and then a video came out with him. Like I think it was like smoking weed through like a one of those. It was like a gas, gas mask. mask. Yep. Yeah, and he went from being a consensus top th- top five, top three pick to falling to like twenty five or something like that. And I think in all he lost like fifteen million dollars because a consensus top three. I think the top three picks get like the same amount of money, and then oh. you, you, it drops was, off. You saw him smoking pot. Yeah, because a video came out of him sm- so. Uh, like the top three make the same, make the, a similar amount of money. Then maybe the next three or four, it drops off and then it drops off again. You know, you, you do that kind of stuff when you're creating a bargain for the for the team that that drafted you. Yeah. If they can get you for fifteen million less, they'll do it. Yeah. So they're yeah. looking for stuff like this. Yeah, and he he was a good he was a good player when I think he still is pretty solid. He's like a solid tackle prospect. Or a solid tackle in the league, rather, but, um, but no, uh, he's may, maybe it was kind of a, a gift and a curse. I mean, it's never a gift to lose fifteen million, but in the broad scheme of it, like he's just he's like a solid tackle. He's a he's, it reminds me of like a Taylor Taylor Lewan or um, something like that. He's just a guy that is really good at his job. He's gonna protect you, but he's gonna give up maybe a, a sack or two, you know, when. When at the inopportune time, kind of thing, but he's he's a good player. But is he top three in the league? Like he was prospected to be? No, he's probably somewhere in, in the middle of the pack, um, which is still good. But you know, yeah. not not where he was projected. Um, but yeah, it, it, I don't know. I think I think the Cardinals and, and another thing to the point of the Cardinals is Cliff Kingsbury. Like if you look at his in, in college, his teams had a tendency to start hot. And then it would die off towards the end. Like I mean, Cliff Kingsbury coached Patrick Mahomes. 
you know, and he wasn't able to like really do anything with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was throwing nine touchdowns in the game against Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma. Then he's he's lighting up the you know he's lighting up the league right or lighting up college football, and Cliff Kingsbury just couldn't do anything with that, you know. So it's like you and you look at what he became and what he got. He got a good coach, and look at how, how he grew. And then now it's like, is Cliff? Can he take another step as a coach? Can he, you know, look around the league and say, hey, maybe this air raid system is working, but maybe I should have a nice run game or run by committee or, you know, I should maybe be designing more things or calling more things or trusting my defensive coordinators to give me tough situations that I have to think through and work through. Um, so, I I mean, I, I like Kyler. Um, I think, like, like you said, he's, like, right there, but – uh, I also think that oh my bad. I keep pulling on your the little thing there, um, but I also think that Cliff Kingsbury can kind of make it a little bit easier on him, um, as well as we were talking about. Um, oh my God, Pete Carroll, and then the big reason why I think Russell Wilson left is Pete Carroll wanted to run the ball. You know, Pete Carroll wanted to run the ball thirty five times a game, as if he didn't have Russell Wilson. You know, and um, I think that that's a that's a good recipe to win. Like you know, twenty years ago. But now if you want to, it's almost reverted. You know, now you want to do the sort of running back by committee and then you want to throw off of the play action and you want to keep throwing and throwing and throwing. And Pete Carroll just wanted to do that. He was a, you know, a defense, run the ball first kind of guy, which is why I think Russell Wilson left. And, and I'm seeing, maybe seeing that a little bit with yeah. with well, Kyler Murray and, and Cliff. According to the Eagles analysts and Seth Joyner and Barrett Brooks, and uh, yeah, they, they feel that you should run the ball 30 times a game, you know, and – and if uh, Eagles don't run the ball thirty times a game, they're not going to win it. But yeah, well, I mean that, that's this the year. Look what they did. You know, they have a good, good running back core with with Sanders and Huntley, and maybe Brooks if he makes the team. Yeah. Okay, from what I've seen. Okay. With Kenny Gainwell uh, too. Yeah, but uh, it looks like he's he's gearing up for an air ball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think you kind of have to do that this year. Right, like you have to air it out to see if Jalen Hurts is going to be your guy, right? Because yeah, that yeah. that's the way the league's going. You know, Tom Brady. I mean, even and every defense out there knows this now. Yeah, and so you have to have a quarterback. Like the earlier you expose him to that, then you know, which, which is what the argument was. I was actually listening to. I saw a yeah. Steelers guy talking about this. He said, like, you want to expose Kenny Pickett to as much of the the hard stuff as possible early mm-hmm. on because as he grows and as he gets better it's going to yeah. be he's going to be able to diagnose that stuff a lot quicker and he's going to yeah. catch on to the new age and i think that the eagles kind of have to do that with jalen hurts like they kind of they made it a little bit easier on him last year where it was it was very even it was a 60 40 split in favor of the run the the passing game at the beginning of the season then it was 60 40 in favor of the running game so they didn't tweak it that much like it yeah. was sort of twenty percent in either direction, and when they um, ran, when they ran, they won. Yeah, and so I, I think you have to sort of go and, and throw the ball and see if Jalen's going to be your guy. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're going to have to do that. You're going to do that, and you're going to leave Miles Sanders in the backfield, yeah. even during pass plays, as yeah. as a decoy. You take him out, they're going to throw. Yeah, you put him in, they're going to run. Man, you can't telegraph that and expect yeah. Jalen to do the job. So. I hope this comes up in the meetings. Yeah, I hope you know? so. Yeah, and and I think that Nick Sirianni, um, one at least one of the things that I, I like coming out of the Eagles camp was last year. Like we can even go, you can go back to 
the Eagles pod I was doing last year, um, and I talked about the penalties. Through the first, like, six games, the Eagles were the most penalized team, holding, um, you know, illegal block in the back, just playing not disciplined. Yeah, the and, 15 yarders. Yeah. yeah, they were just not playing disciplined ball. And to Sirianni's credit, when when it came down to, like, the nitty-gritty parts of, mm-hmm. you know, when you're going and playing the Broncos and you're going and playing these teams that are sort of on the cusp of being good, you know, not a lot of penalties. You know, guys were squared away middle of the season, towards the end of the season, into the playoff games. The guys got squared away. Like, they were able to – they said they cut yeah. down on the penalties. They played disciplined. And I, I, I had to tip my hat at that, and that's something to build on going into next, going into next yeah. season. And next year, Rihanna, he went fourth – he went fourth down plays, and he and, and he got four out of five fourth down players. Yeah. So he's working on his fourth down plays. Yeah. But what he needs to do, he's got to work on ten seconds to go in the half. Okay. Uh, yeah. Eagle, Eagles got the ball on on the kickoff. That close. They're on the forty yard line. Okay, and 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 it, Minshew comes in and takes a knee. Uh uh-uh. uh There's two plays. Yeah. What makes you think you're going to win this game? Yeah. That's two plays. I guess on Nick. You haven't improved that from last year. I mean, yeah. I like the four out of five fourth downs. That that was yeah, that was good, pretty yeah. good. That was ballsy. They're working on that, but yeah, you know, don't give plays away, man. You yeah, know, you never know what's going to happen in play. You know, the cornerback's going to fall down and leave the guy standing out there to catch a touchdown pass. You never know. You'll never know until you play the play. Yeah, that's two plays anyway. I'm done. I agree. All right, is that everything? I'm good. Right. I'm good. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. No problem. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you guys for yeah, being on here, taking yeah. time out of your day. Thanks for um, No, thank you for <laughs> right. helping me set up everything and buying the gun. God bless, God <laughs> bless me everybody out. out there. Be well. Be safe. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Fly Equals Fly Pod. Thank you, Uncle Chucky. Thank you, Pop. Uh, Zach, we're gonna, we need to get you back on um, whenever you're back in the yeah. in this region. <laughs> uh, yeah, we need to get I, you back on. I do like Zachary's read on a few things. Yeah. As well as his dad. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. All right. Well, see you guys next week. See you.